Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. And welcome into a massively special and packed edition of Around the Hearn. As tonight, it's the biggest uh, endeavor that I've tried to put together on this show. And you'll hear from 19 boys basketball head coaches coming up in just a few. One coach. And Kevin Sensiball, who's got his season already underway. He talks about his season already going on. The other coaches all preview with it. Uh, I'll be honest with you, with football, basketball, and uh, a small human. Last uh, week or so, I've been trying to put this together, and it is a big, big undertaking to put this show together. So I really hope that you enjoy it. You'll hear from a, a pair of head coaches and Kurt Gottemiller and Corey Stevens, who, uh, well, they both have the uh, same problem, quote-unquote, so to speak, in that they have to wait another week to get their boys with advancing to the uh, state finals to bring them to Marion Local in uh, football, finishing up the season this week. But these coaches are, are, are so gracious, and a big, big thank you to Corey and Kurt and Kevin, along with Corey Britton and Ross Kaufman, Ryan Sexually, Nick Fisher, Mike McClurg, Mike Tabler, my. Matt Tabler, Mike Lee, Jason Vermillion, Frank Kill, Keith Utendorf, Eric Rosenbeck, Doug Billman, Chris Sauter, Brett Hammonds, Aaron Elwer, and Tyson McLaughlin for hitting a smattering of conferences in the area and also getting uh, a lot of teams that should be very good. One of those teams, I would believe, I don't know which one yet, is potentially a uh, state title contender. We'll find out. A lot of these guys will see each other during the course of the season as well. All of those guys coming up here in just minutes. Thank you so much for listening to the Boys Basketball Special Edition preview show of Around the Hearn. Enjoy. Lee Kinsel Sales and Service, 650 West Urban Road. New Chevys, Buicks, GMCs, and all your pre-owned vehicles. We've got an award-winning service department and an award-winning parts department. What a great team. 866-LEE-KINSEL, LeeKinsel.com, 650 West Urban Road, Van Wert, Ohio. Come see us and you'll leave happy. There's nothing like a Kinsel deal. We've been in business for over 50 years and looking forward to the next 50. 650 West Urban Road, Lee Kinsel Sales and Service. Come on over, Lima Land. Green Meadows Conference basketball now on a tap in the first conference, or the first coach that I've actually gotten to interview from the conference. We start with the Antwerp Archers, and if you're going to start with the GMC, it's a pretty good place to go. And Doug Billman, now uh, I have to ask you, outside of the Route 49 tournament, which it's not like that's far away from home, you guys don't go away from your house until January. Whose bright idea was that? You know, it looks really smart this year, uh, but, uh, you know, you look at the schedule last year or even next year, uh, you're thinking, uh, when will we play a home team? <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, uh, that, you know, that, that may look a little bit different, uh, for sure. Once we get things rolling, finally, you know, we get, uh, we got the whole football scenario that's kind of playing out with our guys right now as, as they prepare for the, uh, for the regional championship. So it may look a little bit different, but it's certainly when you look at the schedule on paper, it looks like it's, uh, it's uh it's a good it's a good way for the archers to get started, but um, you know we'll see how everything works out once once we get our football guys in there. Well, except for on paper, you're taking on pretty much uh, with Holgate already postponed. You're taking on the non-football schools. Maybe you can just meet them in a parking lot. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seems to be what it what it's what it's looking like to be. And 
you know, I don't know if we want to get in the parking lot right now with this, with this cold weather that seems to be out there, but, um, you know, it, 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 our guys are in there. The guys we have are trying to do some things and get some, some things done while we wait for these guys to happen. But, um, you know, taking everything in stride right now. And uh, like we've been talking about, we'll cross roads when we have to. And um, we're just kind of in a waiting period right now. Well, and I'm always fascinated by, and I've probably talked about this too much for people on this show, of schedule construction and that after the Route 49 tournament, you have six of your next eight games are on the road. You finish with four in a row at the end of the season. It's just weird how it all kind of evens out. It all flips out. But, I mean, some of those places that you guys have to go this year, you go to Lincoln View, which is not an easy place to win in mid-January, and the one game you get to come home, oh, yeah, Wayne Trace is going to meet us there. So, I mean, it's not, yeah. there's not an easy day on your schedule. Yeah, and, you know, we, we do play a pretty uh, highly competitive schedule, and, you know, we feel that, that that certainly does benefit us, you know, and then, you know, a newcomer on our schedule, for example, this year is Patrick Henry, and, you know, with the tradition that they have at that school, and, and I know they got things going over there, so that's, uh, you know, we you add another good one, and then, um, you know, last year we picked up a Blackhawk Christian who's, you know, across the state line, you know, 20 minutes from uh, from us, but um, a, a state powerhouse in Indiana, and, you know, it, 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 it's pretty competitive, and, you know, uh, the road games, the home games, um, you know, th- those, those, those do tend to even out, uh, for sure. But, you know, you, you're hoping you're getting some of those, those big games at your place. And, you know, unfortunately it's, it, it, it doesn't really work out that way other than the Wayne Trace game, uh, especially there in, in January, uh, being in our place. But, you know, like we talk about it all, all the time. It's, it's, it's about, you know, preparing. It's about doing those types of things. It's a little bit of coach talk, but, um, just, do what we have to do and play where we have to play and, and, and go to battle whenever we, you know, whenever we need to. You have 10 Saturday games, but the last two are the ones that jump out to me. What, what's the thought process on St. John's and Blackhawk Christian of playing them early on in the afternoon? Was that them or was that kind of a, a culmination of both sides? It's kind of a culmination of both sides. The St. John's, the St. John's scenario ended up, you know, that was supposed to be our opener there after, um, right after uh, Thanksgiving here, and uh, just ended up where um, we we had a Saturday in February that was open, and you know that and that scenario turned out to be it was an afternoon game. So um, that's just one where uh, it, it was uh, kind of on 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 their side to, to schedule it that way. We played a couple afternoon games before. Um, it's it's a different look for sure, but uh, our, our guys kind of like it, and um, you know the Blackhawks scenario was also on on their side, and um, you know it, it's it, it's it's a unique because it's a quick turnaround and it's not quite what we're used to, but um, we have had a little bit of experience that we can lean on to try to prepare for those games. Well, because the Blackhawk Christian game, you go from Thursday to Saturday, but the first time you do it with St. John's, where you go to the Vatican. You had a, a tough Tenora team the night before. I mean that that can't be an easy uh, flip on that turnaround. And, and the second part of that question is, how do you prep for that weekend? Do you go more towards Tenora and let St. John's take care of itself because it's a, uh, the Tenora game is a league game? Yeah, we I mean, we we do we put so much emphasis on on uh, on that league game during the week. Uh, now with that scenario, it might look a little bit different where we we try to. Um, you know, sprinkle in some St. John's stuff that we may see, uh, especially something that, that may be unique that we may have to go through 
um, you know, in, in, in practice time rather than right before we get on the bus on, on you know, it would be a, essentially a, a late morning scenario if we're tipping off at one thirty at St. John's, you know, so, um, you know, it, that, that will be a little bit unique just because of that whole scenario where it's a, where it's a Friday game, late game, and then you have a quick flip around and, and play a Saturday afternoon tip off. So, um, that will be a, a little bit different story, but uh, again, um, that's where you, you, you lean on your coaches and you lean on some of those things and, um, you know, so, somewhat of a situation where you may not even tell the kids that, Hey, you know, this is a St. John's thing that we're working on for Saturday. You may just throw it in and, and say, we're going to talk about this. We're going to defend this. We're going to do this. Um, and then once, once you get to that Saturday in St. John's, then, then they'll recognize it and say, yeah, this is what we were working on. So last couple of years, you guys have had a tremendous talent on this program. You lose going out of last year, those same young men who are now playing college basketball. This year, is it built on a youth movement or is it just reset and reload? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both, honestly. You know, I, I, we do have some really quality that's coming back. It, there's only three returning letter winners, uh, but we, you know, we do have some quality in Landon Brewer, who's a, you know, a junior and a two-year starter, and you know, a really talented player. And his role will certainly uh, change a little bit more, and we'll rely on him. And Carson Olmus, uh, you know, a, a, another junior that did some really great things, especially down the stretch in, in our tournament run last year, and has some great experience going on in Parker Moore, same type of thing, where, you know, one of our seniors doing some of those things last year um, and getting some really great experiences. But we also think that what our junior class has some, some talent that's coming up from the JV from last year, um, and some of those kids have played in some big moments or, you know, already in football or even in, in baseball in some scenarios and as, as sophomores and even freshmen. So they have some, some experience in some varsity competition against high-level competition that they'll just have to be able to lean on as, as they gain some of that, that game-time experience at the varsity level on the basketball floor. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of both that we feel excited about what we do have coming back, and we, um, we also feel that uh, we, we have some pieces that will fit into place with uh, some of our younger kids that will be getting some, game to, uh, some varsity game experience for the first time. When you look at the GMC as a whole, obviously Antwerp, hopefully at the top of that as well. But who is it that you see in the standings and go, they're likely who I expect? Wayne Trace, for sure. I think a lot of people will, will, will say that and will tell you that. They're really talented. Um, you know, they've got they've got a lot of pieces. They've got size. They have great guard play. Um, um, they've got they, they've got shooters. So they're, they're really well coached. They're, 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 they're probably the top of everyone's list. And I, I, like, I love what Ayersville has. Um, Israel's got size, um, and, uh, you know, something that you know, a lot of teams maybe don't have as much size as what they, they'll be able to put on the floor. And then each and every team, I think, uh, as you look at the league, has some really interesting pieces back from last year. They're a player or a couple players that fit into, um, you know, something, you know, things that they started to do well to the end of last year. You know, you have Tenora that has Harris. Yeah, um, Edgerton has got a lot coming back. You have Fairview that's got some size and, and some guard play that, that's pretty good. And you know, so there's a lot of things in there in, in the GMC that um, will be interesting on how everything fits with some teams. But when you look at the league, I think you, you know everybody's going to point to Wayne Trace, and, um, and rightfully so. You can say nice things about those programs now because it's November, but those will be all the same guys who will be giving you headaches and a lot of gray hair coming up in about two months. 
Absolutely. That's why I can say I can I can kind of chuckle and smile about it right now. <laughs> so I say I got it out of the way. I didn't say I didn't give them any kind of bulletin board material. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I, I thank you so much for doing this. I wish you guys the best of luck this season. Appreciate it, Mike, and I do appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk. So thank you. That's the head coach at Antwerp and Doug Bowman back in just a couple of minutes. Are you ready for an adventure? Experience the Midwest's only drive through safari park located in Port Clinton, Ohio. Go to www.africansafariwildlifepark.com for more information. Shelby County basketball on its tap now as we talk to Corey Britton, the head coach of the uh, Fort Laramie boys. And as we tape this, we don't exactly know what the uh, foreseeable future is going to look like with football being in action this weekend and a lot of things being wrapped up in that is that that's kind of a cool thing but it's an oddity to have to wait for your own team uh it's it's 100 percent exciting um we're waiting on 17 kids right now from football uh but to be honest i wouldn't want it any other way Uh, our football team's playing for regional championship uh you know we're probably missing at least four starters if not all five um on the football team um, but it, there's nothing better than a community support along, um, along tournament run. Um, and you, we have a bunch of winners on the football field. Those winners will be in our gym here soon. But outside of the obvious of missing those kids, I mean, you know what you're getting back, right? Cause you're, you're saying four out of five starters, you know, the, the quality of kids you're getting when you get your 17 kids back. Yeah, I mean, we we returned seven of our top eight from last year. Uh, we we went right around five hundred last year. We lost quite a few close games that um, our youth and inexperience showed. Uh, we only brought back one letter winner going into last season, so bringing back seven of our top eight this year is a good starting place. But we have to make a bunch of leaps and leaps and strides and, and leaps and bounds going into this year. So we're excited about what we have coming back. It's just about getting healthy and and when we come back i mean it's we're gonna be put put to the fire in a hurry uh we're probably only gonna get five six practices before we play if we're lucky so um we'll we'll be it'll be trial by fire and we'll do our best but with being able to return a lot of guys this year like you're saying does that make it it takes a little bit of the pressure off you i would think because other than getting them in basketball shape they know the system, so you don't have to go in and, and have a ton of install days because you've got a, a completely new group that doesn't know anything you're doing. I, I wish it was that easy. Um, yeah, easier. Right. No, I, I agree with you to some extent. Uh, they do know uh, what we like to do. We did have a really good summer this year. We probably did more this summer than we have in, in years past. Um, but you, you do lose four weeks when you compare it to everybody else. So, um, I mean, you're just behind the eight ball. So you just feel like as a coach, you feel like you're just playing catch up all year long as a player. I mean, shoot, this is the best case scenario for a player football team's going to play. And, uh, hopefully they'll, they'll play for another three weeks. And when football's over, they're going to practice five days and they're going to play 22 basketball games. So, I mean, shoot, there's no preseason anymore. So, I, I, I mean, as a player, it's a dream come true. For me, as a coach, it, it's, it's hectic, it's chaotic, it's stressful. 
Um, but we'll, we'll do our best getting our kids in the best situation and uh, put them on the floor. And, and hopefully as the season progresses, we'll, we'll play better um, by January and by February rolls around, we'll be playing our best. So perhaps the uh, conspiracy of it is, is that the football players who you have on your team have uh, worked up a way where eh, we don't have to spend as much time with that guy. Hey, yeah, I mean, they're playing, they're playing week four of football season already. So, uh, yeah, that's one way of looking at it. I hope they don't feel that way. I really, I really enjoy our group. Uh, it's, it's, this is one of, from freshmen all the way to seniors, this is, this is one of my favorite years going into it. Uh, we have a bunch of great kids, great listeners. They work really, really hard. Um, really looking forward to getting them in the gym. We had picture day today, so it was finally basketball season for the, for the 20 minutes that we were all together. And it, it, that was, that was a great feeling, but, uh, they, they went off to football practice and we went off to basketball practice and we went back to normal. So, uh, but it, it, you know, it, in the long run, it's been really good for the eight or nine kids that we have in the gym right now too. We have a, we have two seniors that are getting a lot of work in right now that are going to be big pieces to our, to what we're going to do this year. And then we have three juniors that are really working hard that, that have gotten a lot better. And we had a couple sophomores that, you know, we're going to be banking on maybe, maybe not this year, but definitely next year. So a lot of kids are getting a lot of individual attention and a lot of reps. So it's been beneficial for our program in general. When you go five on five, are you suiting up and throwing down some hook shots? Nah, those days are long gone. We, 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 uh, luckily for us, we, uh, we, uh, we, we, uh, have a great, alumni system we really do a couple text messages early in the week i think last week we had 12 alumni come in so we scrimmaged our alumni we uh went to lima temple christian on tuesday coach bowen was nice enough to have us up there that was really good for us just to just to see another team for the first time so uh no the days of the days of me uh playing are, are long over with i'll play a game of knockout or a shooting game every once in a while but uh I'm no longer getting up and down. Well, you just get a red jersey and you tell them they're not allowed to touch you. <laughs> Problem is, I, I go from probably the volleyball spike line to the volleyball spike line, so they don't have to do anything. <laughs> you should just pick. You're the you're the you're like the all time quarterback when no when you don't that's have right. players, right? No, that, that's probably the best way of putting it. I, I was I was looking for a nice way, you know. I, right. It, hey, it, it is kind of fascinating with the way your schedule is set up right now i mean you've got anna and botkins in new knoxville for the first weekend in december kind of hanging in the wings right now depending on what happens coming up in a couple of days but not that long after a bremen team who kind of decides your future on the gridiron you've got them almost right away on your schedule on the basketball court yeah, we we've actually uh, we've actually moved back our Anna and our Bakins games. Uh, with those being league games, we've moved those back a little bit. Um, the plan is is to play the New Knoxville game as it stands right now, but a victory on Saturday night, um, and that one will get moved too. So, uh, just sort of in a holding pattern right now. Uh, luckily for us, a lot of teams in our area are very flexible more than willing to work with us and understanding and pretty supportive about it all. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll play, but, but like I said, it's going to be a quick turnaround. It'll be one of those things where our, if our football team end, season ends, uh, they'll come back to us on Wednesday or Thursday and, 
and we'll, there's a chance we could play the following Tuesday. So we, we could talk about practicing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, and then playing on Tuesday. So they could play Saturday night, get one weekend off, and then play that following Tuesday. So it'll be a really quick turnaround. It, it might not be the prettiest thing in the world early, but hopefully we, we can uh, have some stamina, uh, great mental toughness, and and compete really, really hard and play really, really well down the stretch when it matters the most. Luckily, you've got a handful of teams who have had that quote-unquote problem over the years. I mean, you've got Mary on your schedule. You've got Coldwater on your schedule, St. Henry, Anna. They all understand of, you know, we've had to do this for or maybe the other way around, so let us help you out. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think everybody in our area, um, for the most part, supports the the other schools that are still competing nowadays. I mean, we're all rivals when it comes to on on the quarter on the gridiron. But uh, when it comes to things like this, everybody wants the best interest of of the kids. So uh, everybody's really flexible. You guys have something really cool in your second year now that I'm really excited about uh, getting to be a part of it this year. And that in January you go with the MLK Classic, you get Shawnee. Not Lima Shawnee as a uh, write it down Preble Shawnee. Uh, how did that come about getting them to be your opponent? Well, un- unfortunately, uh, that has actually gone by the wayside. Unfortunately, they uh, good they Lord, got someone before. needs to update the county website. Yeah, they, well, we just actually found our replacement. So they got they got invited to play and flying to the hoop. Um, so they dropped us about a month ago and put us in a rock and a hard place. So we were able to find a game, luckily, um, for our own showcase. Um, we're going to play Yellow Springs now um, out of the Dayton area. Um, it, another another Division Four program out of the Dayton area. We were really excited to play Preble Shawnee. They have a really good player, Mason Shrout, but uh, they decided that it was in their best interest if they went to fly in the hoop and not our event. So... Um, we would have loved to have them. Maybe that's something we can explore again next year. Uh, but they, they got invited to play flying to the hoop, and their game is that, that morning, the same day as our event. So they got double booked there. So that was unfortunate. But I, I'm really excited about the lineup in general. Um, Anna and Liberty Benton, Rushi and Willard, uh, St. Mary's uh, Memorial playing Lexington. Uh, obviously, St. Mary's has the, the Austin Parks kid going to Ohio State to, Really, really good player. And Lexington's got one of the best freshmen in in the state of Ohio. He's got offers from Arizona State and some really, really high Power 5 conferences, Texas A&M as well. Then we're going to play Yellow Springs. Marion Local, who will be one of the best teams in our area this year, is going to play uh, Springfield Shawnee. And uh, Minster is going to play Miami East. And both those teams will be very good as well. So it'll be a great day of basketball. Six games all under one roof. I truly believe it's one of the better small school events in Ohio uh, with the competition and, and our facilities. It'll be a great day. With Yellow Springs, have you reached out on Twitter to Dave Chappelle and see if he'll come? Uh, you know what? I, I mean, I'll uh, be great if we could have him over. Uh, I know he's from that area. He, he lives there, so uh, maybe he'll make a farm guess down there. Yeah, I know he does. I, I knew during COVID he did some shows on it. So, I mean, that's um, nice. Yeah, you don't even have to leave your own property, right? Yeah. So that that that'll be it'll be a great day. Uh, 
it doesn't matter really who we play. I mean, we're, we're trying to put on an event where kids can get seen a little bit. And, uh, I mean, we got great sponsorship already, uh, t-shirts for the kids. Um, everybody will get fed and it'll, it'll be a really good day. Hopefully we get a, a lot of support and people come out and, and, uh, really, really show, uh, love for the event. Just asking for a friend. You're feeding the media that are covering all six games, right? That's right. Hospitality room will be back again this year. I, so. I'm going to see how quick I can eat between games. Hey, 15 minute warm up. We're going to try <laughs> to start them every hour and a half. Well, I'll need like a, a butler or something then. I'll just be that guy. I'll just ring a buzzer and I, see what I, happens. Yeah, how about you, you send me a text message and I'll, I'll take good care of you. I was like, what happened? Uh, we'll be back with the second quarter. We're not, we're not doing the first quarter of this game. I, I'm excited, though. You guys have really built that up and kind of on an idea of being able to do something bigger. And I know there's a lot of buzz about that, especially with all of the local teams playing and not only what it is this year, but what that's going to eventually evolve into. Yeah, we, we're just really excited to, to showcase some of the, the local small school basketball teams in our area. Um, I mean, we're we're not trying to rival an event. We're just trying to be our own event. And I truly believe that our area is the best in Ohio when it comes to small school basketball. All right. We, we have so many good teams and, and just having six of them doesn't do it justice. I mean, we could have a, if we had time and enough and enough facility, I mean, a, a 10, 12 team event would do it more justice. But, uh, there's so many good small school programs with, with unbelievable communities in our area to, to put on an event and just to showcase a few of them is just a real pleasure of mine um, to do. And I really have to thank our administration, uh, our superintendent, Mr. Holland, principal, uh, Mr. Hollenbacher and our athletic director, uh, Mr. Wester Heidi. They, they sort of let me run with this idea three years ago prior to COVID and, uh, you know, we, we had it set up during COVID and unfortunately it was sort of wiped out. And then last year was our first event and I thought things went really, really well. And, and sort of a credit to that was we had about seven or eight schools reach out to us to try to play in it this year. So, uh, sort of tells you what other schools thought of our event. So we're, we're excited. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to this event. I'm, I'm starting to put together the schedule for the following year already. Um, we, we have some of the same teams coming back again that we've had in the past, uh, added some new local teams and, and trying to get some more teams from not too far out of the area, Northwest Ohio area, Finley area, up into Toledo a little bit. So uh, really looking forward to what the future holds of the event as well. Well, I'm always excited to cover it as long as they still keep letting me in the front door. Hey, more than welcome all the time. You guys do a great job of helping us out, and uh, you do a great job of covering our local athletes as well. So we appreciate that. With your uh, Shelby County League schedule this year, obviously Fort Loramie at the top. Uh, that's that's the hope there. But who is it you expect to be kind of those top teams that you've got those games, whether you admit this to me or not, marked on your calendar of, all right, we know these are the games I'm looking forward to, and these are the games – that we need to get to be the league champion. I know this is going to sound like coach speak, but I, I truly believe that our league is such a grind. Every night, night in, night out, we have a really, really tough league. Jackson Center, Rushi, Bakken, 
those, those guys are going to be really, really good. Anna is going to be athletic and talented and young. Houston and Fairlawn were really young last year, bring some kids back this year. So I, I, I truly believe the 12-game league schedule this year will be really, really difficult. Uh, I mean, I thought last year the schedule, our, our league from top to bottom was really, really good. And, and there's some teams this year that bring back their entire roster. So it's just going to get even better. So, I mean, Bakken's is, is two years removed from a state championship. Last year they were in the regional finals. Jackson Center was in the district finals last year. Rushi was really, really good and won 15 or 16 games, and they bring everybody back. Anna was young last year, and they bring back some good some good core pieces from that team. So, I mean, if you don't come ready to play, you're going to get beat in our league. And so we, we have to have that mentality of that competitive excellence and, and ready to really strap it, strap it up and, and go play. And, make sure we're ready to go because if we're not, we're going to drop one and it's going to hurt our chances to win the league. Well, I hope that whenever it is that you get started, that you guys have a great year. Yeah, hopefully it's not any earlier than December about 16th. Uh, that'd be the goal. It means our football team won a state championship or at least are playing for one. So, like I said, it's, it's, it's the best case scenario. I mean, you got a, got football kids playing still and you got some young kids that are getting a lot of work and get some individual attention. So, we're excited about where we are. Uh, hopefully the football team can win a big one Saturday night. That's Fort Lorby head coach Corey Britton. We've got some more coming up in just a couple minutes. If you're planning a special event, why not hold it at someplace special? This is Aubrey Markward from Moose Landing Country Club. If you're planning a rehearsal dinner or family gathering, or you're looking for a place to hold an outing for coworkers or the public, I invite you to call us first. Our restaurant will comfortably seat groups as large as 300. We have a number of food options to fit your needs. I'd love to get to sit down with you as you're planning your event or outing at Moose Landing Country Club near Kaleida. Give us a call at 419-532-3434 or message us on Facebook today. Heading back north now, talking about Arlington and boys basketball and the head coach in Jason Vermillion. And I joke with coaches about this all the time, but the schedule makers don't like you. You guys open with four straight away games. Uh, yeah. Um, when uh, we were putting this together a while back, we got on a cycle where uh, things just happened to be like this year it's four away. Last year was four at home uh, as the person involved with scheduling a few years ago myself, I kind of set myself up for this. So it's my own punishment. Well, at least you don't have to go far. No, that's right. Everybody else says, no, you see what happened. It was one of my assistants and that guy didn't get the memo. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. Um, but it, it, it's big in that you open with a double weekend and that's a kind of a rarity. I think I've only had one or two coaches on this show that have had that uh, just Kind of, how did that come about? I mean, you normally maybe, you know, a lot of teams have their their first games moved. You play two non-football schools, and you're joining the PCL apparently, so you don't have that yeah. problem. Right. Um, you know, we always, we've, uh, it's been a while, we played Fort Jennings as the first game as the opener for a good while. And we used to have, in years back, with Nita, well, then when both of us were involved with the playoffs and going fairly deep, we were kind of having to choose with playing that first weekend. So we relocated to eight again, and we was trying to get And it happened to be by the time we can get them in. Then there, we just kept it that way. 
you almost qualify to play for the Putnam County League title. Well, we do. We do. I mean, yes. five teams with two of them right out of the gate. You kind of can decide, you know, give some people a look at what the PCL is going to be. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, the course of your uh, tournament or the course of your run, obviously, uh, with conference play getting started pretty early. I mean, do you are you do you like how that works out? You say with getting ready for the conference? Yeah, with having your conference kind of kick off in your third game. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's why it's really been a positive to play the Fort Jennings and the Clydes out of the shoot to just to play some physical games and teams to the west of us are always pretty solid. So I feel that that prepares us for jumping into the leap right away. How cool is it for you to, uh, you guys play in the McDonald's tournament, and that is always such a big thing at Bluffton to early on in that season, if you've got a young team, you've got some young players, and, and you have teams, obviously, that you go on. You've got Grove and LB and Wayne Trace right before that, that uh, you get them in that kind of atmosphere of, all right, when we get to February, just kind of remember how we played here. You're very right on that uh, thought because um, our schedule, our cover schedule has increased over the years, and I just I like the preparation. I like the um to figure out what we got to do as a coaching staff to beat the good teams and uh, hopefully down the road it materializes to some good success postseason. And you go from uh, just uh, an absolute murderer's row stretch from Columbus Grove, I mean, all the way down through, you go to Cre- you get Crestview, you go to North Baltimore, you go to Spencerville, PG. Uh, it just the, Your grind doesn't stop, as they say. Yeah, and, you know, I mean... I some look at it like, what are you trying to do to them? But I just feel like it keeps our guys engaged on a weekly basis that you can't just kind of just take a breath. You're going to have to give me the every single day. And I think that's the point of us as a program. And we want to be able to go play and uh, prepare to our highest level. And uh, I just feel that that'll help us out down the road. Is it still... Does it mean a little bit more to you maybe than the boys uh, when you play Corey Rawson because of your connection there? Yep. I, I know a lot of coaches have said... Say against Corey Rawson? Yeah, I know a lot of coaches have said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty far removed from that. It's neat, but all I care is that we win. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, when I came over here uh, 25 years ago, uh, it's always it's, it's an enjoyable time to go play them, and I know they like to try to come over and beat us. And so it's, it's one of those fun games. You've built your program from, uh, obviously over the years from the bottom up in terms of, uh, your youth program. What does it mean to you when you're able to put up things about, you know, your boys in the eighth grade, win these tournaments or the youth and, and not just to see what's coming, but to kind of see the entire program pay off. Yes. You know, we've had, in my time here, our, our uh, youth coaches have done a tremendous job with uh, their teaching and instructing of the fundamentals, and we've been able to get a bunch of players over the years that have been successful with those in those youth years, and they enjoy playing, and we just hope it continues as they get to, our, to us in high school. Immediate game that jumped out to me on your schedule, Saturday, February 11th. I've done this game a couple of times. And it is just an absolutely amazing thing. Hoosier Gym in Indiana, you play Lincoln View. 
How does that one all come about? Uh, well, we noticed some teams around here had been doing that in the past, and we've kicked it around. And Coach Hames and I talked, and we thought it'd be fun to do that sometime. So we each talked with our ADs to see if it's something that uh, we'd be interested in. And um, it's our home game, but we're going to go down there and do it, and we're looking forward to that to be a good time. I mean, if you're going to sacrifice a home game, that's a heck of a place to do it. <laughs> you're right. I mean, we are we're we're really low on home games this year, and it takes away uh, rev, uh, some revenue. But um, we can we're we're really excited about just this opportunity, and I think that it'll be great for the kids. It's going to be fun for the individuals in the community to get to go, and heard nothing but good things from schools around the area have done that. Like I said, I've I've done it twice, and it is an absolutely amazing thing. I'm a huge fan of the movie, anyways, but. Did yep. you have to explain to the kids, like, I know, I'm sure a handful of them have never seen the movie. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, we definitely are showing our age here with this movie. Uh, a lot of these kids are not uh, very familiar with it at all, so I'm sure we're going to have to probably show it some night here before we go, just to give them a kind of a background of what we're going to go see. Maybe you could just have a community popcorn night, and you could raise money that way. Yeah, we might do that. I mean, you know, just bring everybody into the gym. It's a Sunday afternoon. We'll do a matinee. Yeah. I'll expect my idea. percentage of that, too, by the way. <laughs> okay. The form of a check. Um, but you end that regular season. You go to Lima to take on traditionally a very uh, strong Central Catholic team. Again, I, I really just marvel at you guys don't duck anybody. You play what's on your conference and then reach out and try to find the best teams that are available at the end of the tournament. Yeah, you know, uh, we have a nice relationship with Coach Kill and respect everything he does at LCC, and that final game after our league scheduled over with is a great uh, one, the last game prep for the postseason. What are you looking forward to this season? Oh, I'm looking forward to our guys competing hard for the whole 32 minutes. Um, you know, we have everybody back from last year. So the expectations are going to be placed on us as a staff and the players. And we just want to, I mean, we don't know what the outcomes are going to be, but we want to make sure we have fun. We enjoy the journey. Um, it's not going to be easy each week because of the schedule we play, but, um, get to coach another one of the sons as a senior is going to be in the point, uh, part of it. And we just want to make this thing, uh, as enjoyable as possible. Well, I, be, I wish you the best of luck every night. I appreciate that, Mike. That's the uh, head coach at Arlington and Jason Vermillion back in just a couple of minutes with some more. The Fort Jennings State Bank, with six 24-hour ATMs for your convenience, introduces eCheck. eCheck lets you pay your friends and family from your bank to theirs with no fees. The Fort Jennings State Bank, your bank of choice, member FDIC. Equal housing lender with six Putnam County locations in Ottawa, Fort Jennings, Ottoville, Columbus Grove, Lipsick, and Continental. The Fort Jennings State Bank, your bank of choice. Taking some turns and talking about basketball in the uh, PCL and the BBC and uh, Pandora Ball head coach Mike Lee. Coming off of a 16-8 and eight season last year, a lot of uh, positive momentum, I would think, coming into this year. Yeah, Mike. Um, you know, it's like we addressed when we got uh, all of our kids together. Um, the fact that we've 
finally turned the corner. And but ultimately, the as they say, the job's not done yet. But ultimately, it was a, a, a definite step in the right direction. Now, I'm always curious because I always ask coaches this: that coach in two leagues, you came from Minster and had obviously a lot of just we're going to play teams once and see what happens. But with kind of the oddity of some of the crossover games, what's that that like having a league game every night and the possibility of you're going to see a team twice? <laughs> No doubt, it is definitely different. Uh, typically, in the in the uh, MAC, you've got a pretty much a full week of preparation because again, most of your league games fall on Friday nights. Uh, that is de- that is definitely not the case when you're playing in two legs in, in two leagues. So it is what it is. But ultimately, you know, we're playing. We could be playing Putnam County games on Monday night. We have uh, PCL games on Tuesday night. Most of our BVC games are on Friday. So. Um, throw in a couple Saturday league games here and there. So ultimately, yeah, it's a it's a definite challenge, and it's and it's certainly different than uh, what I was used to in the past. Do you at the beginning of the year, you guys go nine and zero with the BBC last year. You go five and two in the PCL. Is there a target for one or the other? I mean, do you sometimes have to? I don't want to say sacrifice, but kind of maybe lean one week towards one or the other because of just kind of the, how the calendar works out and who you're facing. Right. I understand what you're saying. Typically what happens, uh, again, if we're playing league games, uh, BBC Friday, PCL Saturday, uh, most of our preparation, just because of, just because of who it is, the upcoming opponent goes into that Friday night game. And again, a Saturday night game, league game, uh, where hopefully you would get a lot more pre- preparation. Yes, we'll talk about it a little bit during the week, but it's definitely scaled back. Uh, a lot different, and I I can't really say that there's more you know more uh, emphasis put on one particular league, but naturally it just pre- it, it just presents a challenge again just because of the odd scheduling sequence that takes place in the Putnam County. When you look back at last year, you go through it. Obviously, a very strong Audeville team ends your season. What do you take away from last year of where you started, kind of where you guys ended? Well, again, there were a lot of positives. Um, I, I, I think last year's team, um, mid to late January, kind of hit a stride where, okay, um, uh, again, week in and week out was always a challenge, but it just seemed like things started to fall together for that particular team. And actually, when, you're, when your kids are playing with, with, with confidence, um, it, it just makes a world of difference. And I think that particular group got to that level uh, again, late January, early February, and then we rode that throughout the pretty much the last portion of the regular season because we did um, we we did beat some quality opponents during that stretch. And as you alluded to, naturally, it didn't it, it, as tournament basketball goes. Uh, you know, you can't have lapses, and we had a couple during the Ottaville game. And to get give credit to you know to to Keith Spun because you know. They, they didn't have the lapses in, in, in ultimately the actual final game. No, no, no. Let's let's not start this podcast by saying nice things about Keith. <laughs> that's, a, that's a precedent that I he, – he's the uh, the guest that's appeared more than anybody on this podcast. Oh, is that, is that right? Yeah, and Will for this preview. So we I can't have – I can't have the nice things being said about him. <laughs> oh, gosh. But it is, uh, no. it, it is fascinating to me – because you had uh, a game last year that 
she said that too. I feel like it had to be something big for you, maybe more so than the kids with playing Minster. Yeah, it was our second. Uh, it was our second year. We went down there uh, a couple of years ago, and it, it, and again we had a kind of a non-league. Uh, it definitely felt different, uh, especially making making the trip back there where you're you know you're in the visitors' locker room and you're on the visitors visiting side of the bench and so forth. But again, just just very good people uh, still down there. Uh, Michael McClurk's the head coach now has done an outstanding job there. And, uh, again, it was it was very good to just to you know throw there. Again, it just worked out scheduling wise and so forth and. Um, again, it was a two year deal. So again, they, uh, they handed it to us pretty good. The first year we were com- much more competitive this, this last year, but just didn't get the job done. Did you make the wrong turn of just kind of, are you far enough removed now where you, you went to walk down that hallway and went, Oh, wait a second. I gotta take a, I gotta wait and take another left. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, I spent a lot of time in that building as a, uh, as a middle school principal and, uh, during that particular uh, time frame was also the head basketball coach and yeah not not too many trips in the visitors locker room so yeah it was it was definitely different uh you look at this year kind of the way that you guys start out a handful of scrimmages before you get started against perry always a highly competitive team uh, coaches go one by one but being completely honest is there a game on your schedule where you look at it and go okay this is my target game in my head of this is how I feel like I'm going to be able to gauge if we're pretty good or not. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of coaches do that. I'm going to be honest with you. I do not do that because again, we are so focused or I'm trying to trying to get honed in on, uh, you know, week one, this is a little bit different. We've never uh, here at Pandora. We've never opened with a double. We, we start on the Friday. We have games on Friday, Saturday, and with the short turnaround, which uh, which again was outstanding for our football kids, I gave them some time off, and <laughs> we're trying to get those guys into a basketball uh, conditioning playing factor, whatever you want to call that. And so again, our focus uh, will be first weekend and first weekend only, and then again, it'll be step by step. Ultimately, uh, if we can get through that first you know, seven, eight, nine games, and we'll, you know, hopefully headed in the right direction. There may be a situation like, okay, let's, let's look into that January schedule because I'm sure there's going to be some big hitters out there forthcoming. I would think that at the end of that weekend, either someone's a genius for putting that together and giving you the competition, or it's, who was the guy that put that together? <laughs> Yeah, you definitely. Uh, we we in the in the small number of non-league games that we have, and again, being in two leagues, we don't have very many. But again, we have uh, pretty much upgraded um, our non-league portion of the schedule. And although we uh, will not be playing Minster because again, we played them the last two years, we did uh, we did add Delphi St. John's a year ago. So uh, we need to make the trip to the Vatican uh, sometime in the middle of January. And uh, so again. Our, our non-league schedule is is pretty heavy as well. Cool place to play if you're St. John's. I've heard it's horrible for visiting teams. <laughs> uh, yes, it's uh, it, it, it'll be an experience for our kids and our fans as well if they uh, if they make the trip over to Delta. So again, it's uh, it, it's definitely different. Let's put it that way. Well, that and it's an afternoon game, right? 
That is correct. That is correct. That's coming off of a league game on Friday, just like in their case as well. <laughs> this is again goes back to the scheduling guy. It's great if you win, but if it doesn't yeah. go your way, you're just kind of who's the guy that put that together? Honestly, no doubt. The only the only positive I can see thus far is the fact that if it doesn't go into about a quadruple overtime, I'll be able to get out <laughs> the scout that night. You probably just jinxed it. <laughs> <laughs> You probably just manifested that into the world. Exactly, exactly. So I can't wait to hear that night about how you broke the state record for overtime. <laughs> like, what happened? Like, they got done after a bunch of games that started two hours after theirs. Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. I've heard it's, it's, this somewhere. Yes. yes, no doubt. Uh, when you look at uh, coming up on this season, what's what is it about these kids? What is it about this group that is going to have people talking? Well, right off the top, we've got uh, we've got some pretty good guard play coming back. Um, we had seven seniors a year ago. Um, I think we ended up starting three seniors last year, predominantly. Uh, but I had, you know, pretty much a couple kids, and then a, a six men off the bench or seven, just depending upon the situation. Long story short, I've got three kids back. Uh, that are, that are two year letter winners, and the best news is they're still just juniors. And a couple of those kids, um, matter of fact, they're twin brothers, the Harris brothers. Um, you know, they they put a lot of time into the game, and definitely um, have gotten better uh, even from from a year ago. So, and again, that just equates back to like you know, like any other situation, when you're willing to put in the the amount of time. And these two definitely have done that. But I think, you know, right now we're searching for a supporting cast, but I, but I like the makeup of the fact that we've got some pretty good basketball IQ people, and I'm hoping uh, that that will equate into some situations where, again, on the floor, in stressful, difficult situations, you know, they, they've been there before. They know how to handle it. And the good news is, is that you don't have to face Mason Brandt anymore. That, uh, that is a that is a definite plus. Yes, that is uh, one tough character character that's uh, that it's nice just sitting in the stands at the University of Finley games and watching him watching him from you know from a different perspective. Let him give somebody else a headache for once. Yes, exactly, no doubt. When you look at the BBC and the PCL outside of. Outside of PG, who's the uh, teams maybe you see being at the top of the conference when the year's over? With you, of course. Well, I think. Well, I think you know from the BBC perspective, and again, I can't speak for all you know all all of the all the basketball teams, but I knew I do know this. Uh, Jason Vermillion over at Arlington's got predominantly every kid back in his program. Uh, they were young and uh, very. You know, he had they had a very nice year. Um, you know, last season, uh, Liberty Benton is going to be in a situation. Yes, they've got a coaching turnover, but uh, they've got some personnel back. And, 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 and again, when you have uh, the athletes that they'll put out there, I think those are two of the teams um, that just come to mind like, okay, they, they, they've got experience um, back on the floor. And I think, I think there'll be a couple other, you know, two or three other teams, uh, you know, Van Lu brings back the player of the year in the league, um, along with a couple other good kids supporting cast. I think Van Buren, even though, again, they went through another, or not another, but went through a coaching change. Um, 
I think they'll be much more competitive here this, this year. Um, again, I think w- when you look at the Putnam County League, as balanced as it was a year ago, I think you're going to see very similar to that uh, this year. Um, there were some quality players. You mentioned, you know, the Brant kid at Lipsick, uh, the Rui kid at Miller City. You know, he's gone. Um, but but even though some of those kids have left, I think there's, you know, there's, there's definitely – um, you know, a, a pretty good nucleus, let's put it that way, because the Kaleidas and the Ottavilles of the world are always going to be consistently good, you know, year in and year out. So I won't even talk about their coaching. <laughs> okay, we'll just leave it at that. Just kidding. He knows I'm kidding. I also know that he listens back to all of these. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you. I've always been a big fan, uh, even back – Way back in the day, what it feels like at Minster, but uh, I, I'm excited to see. I know I have you guys a couple of times, and what you can do this season. Well, thank you. Um, again, it's been a it, it, it's been a pretty good ride, and naturally, uh, you know, when you got good kids, you know, good kids to work with, and in the various programs, you know, it's. Uh, but it's been it's it's been a pretty good perspective, and again, it's just you know, is <laughs> for as long tenured as I've been. Um, Again, I still enjoy, um, you know, week in and week out, the preparation, the work that has to be, you know, that, that has to take place. That's the head coach of the Pandora Bowl Rockets in Mike Lee. We've got more coming up in just a couple of minutes. Ted's Market at 311 East Washington Street in Pandora has a full line of groceries and meat products, including Big Bologna and Ted Hots. Ted's also has produce, frozen food, and shell gas. While you're there, stop in and get your favorite beverage, as well as snacks and chips. Ted's also caters. Give them a call at 419-384-3407. Ted's Market at 311 East Washington Street in Pandora, serving the Pandora area for over 25 years. Continuing to talk about the uh, Putnam County League and a lot of the uh, coaches that we've already talked to, now uh, talking to Miller City's head coach and Ross Kaufman, You've got uh, kind of an interesting thing in that you lost a leader in Austin Rui for your program. You've got big guns coming back, and a lot of the other coaches tell me you're going to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we we, we got some good pieces back for us, you know, um, starters, uh, some good bench pieces for us. Um, finally, it looks like, you know, we're going to get a little um, some good guard play. So I'm, I'm excited about this year, and I, I think our guys are – you know, they're, they're getting antsy to, to get out there for the first game. And unfortunately, the football team didn't cost you the ability to work with your kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for us, you know, not having football, um, you know, we have to make sure our guys are getting in the weight room and, and doing those other things that those football schools get to benefit from. Um, but for us, it's, it's rude with tournament, uh, with soccer and everything. You know, we, we're still able to – how important is that with the fact that the uh, soccer kids, a lot of the same kids are able to make a run and they're able to stay together. And I know a lot of them play spring sports together as well of being able to, maybe you don't have to say as much to them as you go along during basketball. Our, our soccer coach, he does, Kevin, he does a really good job. You know, he, um, they get to play soccer and, and, you know, even big, you know, small community, they get to spend a lot of time together in and outside of, um, so they get to build those bonds. 
And and it really helps with the chemistry aspect of, you know, they, they feel each other, you know, and baseball, um, and, and they bring that into basketball too. You open up uh, with a, I, traditionally a very strong Crestview team. You get just that one game before you start your back-to-backs. Uh, is there something special about just kind of the way that goes of a Friday night and a Saturday night of getting to go and just dig in and see what happens? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when when you get that one long game back on it, um, whether it's a good or a bad reflection, um, depending on how that game went, but you know, it's it's nice to have that Friday Saturday to where you know if, if maybe you did lose that Friday night, you get a quick turnaround, you know, a chance to kind of bounce back, get the guys positive again, um, you know, quit thinking about the past and, and moving on to that next present game. Well, and you've got a little bit of a different thing in that all of your PCL games are not necessarily Friday nights like a lot of leagues. Or I mean, you get Lipsick on a Saturday night mainly because they also play in two conferences, but. I mean, you get a Monday night game against Pandora Gaboa. How different are those kind of games coming off a Friday where maybe you get some extra time? Yeah, I, you know, this is something that's, that's a little bit newer for us um, these last couple of years, you know, with, with Pandora and Lipsick and, you know, Grove being in, you know, double leagues and stuff. Um, you know, we don't have this at night, like you said. Um, so we're just, you know, trying to fit those games in where we can. Um, trying to keep guys healthy, you know, with a lot with COVID and things the last couple of years, um, you know, a lot of things have been shifting around. So, you know, it's, it's definitely different for us, but I think the guys are starting to get used to it. And, um, you know, it kind of gives us a little bit more realistic sense. And, you know, when it comes tournament time, you're playing, you know, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, um, you know, all over the place. So we, it just kind of prepares us, I think, for that long run. Your schedule sets up a little bit different than a lot of people's where, you don't have a giant, I always call it the rodeo trip because the San Antonio Spurs have that every year where the rodeo in Texas kicks them out for like 15 games. But you never really go either home or away more than two or three straight nights. Is that a benefit for you? Yeah, I think it gives our guys, you know, the opportunity to kind of, you know, like you said, give us a little bit of a road experience, um, get away to some of those teams. But, you know, it also gives us a chance to come back home, get comfortable in our gym, um, you know, with the fans here. Uh, you know, we, we really like having that home court advantage with our student section behind us and, you know, all the fans and stuff. So I, I think it's nice to be able to, you know, have a couple games, but it lets our guys, you know, don't don't get too content with where we're at, right? We're not going to have all these home games when it gets late in the season. You know, mix things up, um, keep them on their toes a little bit. Your non-conference the last handful of years has really – build up with the contracts that you guys have. I mean, you play terrific teams like Toledo Christian and uh, Wayne Trace in the same week in January. What is it about looking at your schedule that you thought, all right, we feel like this is a pretty good group. Let's try to ramp this up and see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, you know, these first couple of years here, um, you know, as, as I've been coaching varsity, you know, we really haven't had a lot of upperclassmen. You know, we only had about three seniors each of the – last couple of years, you know, maybe only a couple of juniors to add in, but you know, now we've, we've got some good, strong numbers. You know, we got seven juniors, you know, six or seven sophomores with a couple, you know, probably going to get some varsity experience. Um, you know, Thomas coming back with some great experience as a senior, you know, I, I think these next couple of years are going to be really telling for us and, you know, playing these tougher teams, especially non-league for us, I think it's really going to be a huge benefit um, just so we can see some different, you know, divisions, see some different play, 
um, you know, great coaches out there, great players out there. Like, let, let's go see what we can do against the best. When you look at the landscape of the PCL, who stands out to you this year that, you know, maybe you, you guys are going to have a tough battle or they're going to probably be sitting at the top with you, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, Audeville is looking really good again this year. Um, you know, Keith does a really good job getting those guys prepared. Um, they've got they've got some really good athletic kids over there, super quick, um, you know, strong, you know, very, very capable of winning with some good experience. Um, Pandora, you know, they knocked us off twice last year. You know, we got to go on the road for a big PCL game this year. That's, that's going to be tough early January for us. Um, but, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of good teams in the PCL. And the, and the nice thing for us is it's, it's always competitive every year. And, you know, we've always got a chance. It's just we got to make sure that we're focused on that night and, you know, be able to get some, some big wins and big key crucial moments. As we sit inside 10 days before your opener, way that the preseason has gone, how do you feel your team is progressing going into that Crestview game? Um, you know, we've had some really good moments, you know, with some of the scrimmages that we've done. Um, we're starting to see, you know, some some pieces that, you know, are starting to fit in a little different than we expected, but in a, in a good way. You know, we've got some young guys that are doing really good things. Um, you know, we've got a couple guys that, you know, maybe are being a little tentative, you know, trying to feel out that chemistry, but, you know, we, we've got 10 days to, to work those things in, and you know, we had a tough scrimmage the other night with Liberty Benton. You know, they got some good size and strength. And, you know, they beat us up a little bit and kind of brought us back. And, uh, you know, we get the chance again Saturday to go play them again um, with Parkway. So, you know, our guys are looking forward to that challenge. And, you know, they're 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 ready for this week. And, and you know, hopefully Saturday we can go over there and, and end our scrimmages on a good note and go into this last week ready to go. But probably it's the old joke about we get tired of playing ourselves, but at some point they'll get tired of playing LB. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our guys, you know, I, I think for them it's, it's a good competition. You know, new coach over there, new system. Um, you know, some of the things that they do are some of the things that, you know, we want to do and implement. So, you know, for them to execute it, you know, against us, it's like, okay, guys, you know, this is what we're looking for. This is how it can be done. You know, now we now we got to be able to put it in and, and execute on that level. What are you most looking forward to during this season? Um, just younger guys step up, you know, some of them, they've got a lot of talent here and I think, you know, they've just, they're not quite sure, you know, are we able to do it? And for us as coaches, you know, we just want to, you know, encourage them, keep pushing them, you know, outside their boundaries. I tell guys all the time, you know, you, you think you're done, you know, we're only 50% away, you know, we, we can keep reaching, we can keep growing. Um, don't stay content, you know, and, you know, our guys have really bought into, you know, Hey, we got to do a little bit more a little bit more, you know, whether it's, you know, shooting or whatever drill we're doing, hey, you know, let's get a few more reps before we before we end this and uh, get done for the day, so. Well, I wish uh, you and the boys the best luck this season. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's Miller City Head Coach Ross Kaufman. Some more coming up in just a couple of minutes. The Miller City Sportsman Club at State Route 108 and Miller City, supporting the community of Miller City, offering fishing, Horseshoe, Cornhole Leagues, NASCAR Pool, and much more. They sponsor very many worthy causes, including Boys Little League and Girls Softball. The Miller City Sportsman's Club, with over 500 members. Call for information on how to be a member or go to their website at MillerCitySportsmansClub.com. The Miller City Sportsman's Club on State Route 108 in Miller City, wishing the best of luck to all our area teams. 
back into the Putnam County League now as we talk to the head honcho of the Clyde Wildcats and Ryan Stecksholdy. Coming off the 12-13 and 13 a, year, a year ago, you guys had some up and downs throughout the course of that, but there was a, a seemed like a big stretch where everything just sort of clicked. Yeah, I you know, last year, Mike, we didn't have a lot of experience back. And, uh, you know, in January and February, we, we definitely played a lot better. and uh, We lost a few teams off our schedule last year and had to replace them with better competition. Uh, you know, anytime you're adding a couple of WBL schools and a roster to your schedule, I don't care how good we are as Tiny Kaleida, it's going to be really hard to win those games. And, you know, they made us better towards the end of the year, for sure, having to play those games, but obviously it doesn't reflect well on your record when you're, when you're playing schools like that. And I got to imagine that Wapak one was kind of a heartbreaker because you guys lose by two, and it, it, it was a game that went back and forth and just kind of seemed like, all right, cool. You know, this is a, a D2 team that we can play with, and we've shown we're kind of on the right path for the future. Yeah, um, and, you know, anytime you go anywhere on the road in February and January, non-league, uh, for us, it's, it's a good team we're playing, and you know it's hard to get a win. So anytime you can, you know, you kind of you're kind of scratching to get one. It, it doesn't matter what year it is. It doesn't matter if you're having a great year. If you're trying to find your footing, uh, you, you definitely want to finish those off to give yourself confidence. You know, going into the next week, going into the tournament as as that comes closer every year. We were just talking about your travels. You finish off. It's not an easy drive, but you get to go to Fort Recovery for your last scrimmage. And then you get a young man who knows a lot about driving, and Derek Vorst, who's going to uh, go play at Indiana State in your opener against Rossford. How, before we get to him, how nice will it be, though, to be able to open up that Wednesday night where there's not a lot of other teams playing, so you're kind of the showcase game? Well, yeah. With the 22-game schedule now, you know, to, to open up that Wednesday, you know, to get the season started, to get games in, um, you know, I kind of I do like it because uh, then you know we can turn around and play on Saturday, and you know we've got opening weekend we've got two games in and not, didn't have to play a back to back, so that's that's the first thing that I like about it. Secondly, yeah, uh, being you know playing a, a really quality team uh, with a, with a kid like Derek Horse, uh, where you know a lot of people are obviously talking about him. He's a D one commit. Um, you know, get your kids some exposure, and you know to get to go up to that gym, I've heard it's unbelievable. Uh, to play in that place is going to be fun for us. Well, I believe he's the greatest player in the history of their recruitment. I don't think anybody else ever came out of Indiana State, right? I, I don't think. That's, that's, that's pretty darn good for any kid. I think it was just some hick from French Lick or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He ended up okay. But, I mean, you, you have a very, very uh, varied schedule. I just talked to Mike Lee of Pandora, and he talked about one of your early games is having to go to St. John's. Not an easy place for visitors to go in and try to come out with a win, no matter what kind of year St. John's is having. Yeah, it's another another tough place to play. Uh, it's one of my favorite gyms, I think, because it's still original and old. I mean, everybody's right right on top of you. Fans are on top of you. I mean, it's, it's just loud. It echoes. It echoes like an old gym. It's it's just a fun environment to be in, and, and they're going to be very good. Uh, I don't I don't think there's any question about that. They just, they they return a lot of their core, and then they add their uh, you know the young freshman, the older kid that's excellent. So yeah, that's going to be a, a difficult game for us in December, but. You know, we're, we're challenging ourselves early on, and you, know, you kind of see where you stack up, and it gives you uh, time, and hopefully, you know, next couple months before tournament starts, you know, because I'm assuming they'll be in our district at the end, St. John's movie, uh, to see, you know, see where you're at and see where you need to get better. See, I love going to that place. You sit high above, you get to see everything that's going on. 
but I don't have to try to stop whatever Coach Elwer has drawn up. So it's probably more <laughs> fun for me. Yeah, it, I think it's a neat place to play a game. Uh, you know, just just like I said, the, with the, the way the acoustics are, there, everything echoes, everything seems a lot louder than what it is. You know, the new gyms that, that most of the schools have now are, don't get me wrong, they're gorgeous, but they're nice, and they, they're very easy on the eyes, but the, the atmosphere at a place like the Vatican is just different compared to most places that we play at. I was just curious to know when exactly you guys became a member of the Northwest Conference, because... Mid-December, you go three straight. Spencerville, Lincolnview, Crestview. Yeah, it, <laughs> we uh, Crestview's one we picked up recently as well. I, you know, when I when I came to Clyde, Spencerville and, and Lincolnview were on the schedule, but Crestview is one we added. Um, it just works out, you know. I, I, you know, with the way scheduling is, with everything being crammed tight, um, you know, you try to find dates against quality opponents, you know, like a like a Crestview. And it just just kind of worked out that like Christmas and the holidays fall right now that it fly it in between Spencerville and Lincolnview and you know kind of get a game in during the week and avoid the uh, dreaded Christmas wall uh, that that coaches just love. So yeah, we try to play a lot of games over the holidays to try to keep us in some kind of routine and to keep our focus. And it's you know if you go six, eight, ten days without playing a game and kids are at home, not in school, uh, you can get pretty complacent pretty quick. I gotta believe if I'm uh, able to include the back-to-back with well, they're Saturdays, they're a week apart with Grove and Lipsick as NWC members. You guys almost have enough to qualify for a chance at a league title there and in the PCL. <laughs> I, didn't, I guess I never really thought of it that way. I guess we do play five of them. Was there? I think what the NWC have now nine. Yeah, eight or nine. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. So yeah, we play over half. It's like a batting average. You you've had enough at bats, and I think you're good. Yeah. Yeah. No question. When you look at kind of the bumps that this team took and what they learned from last year with being a younger crew, how are they looking now getting ready to go into the season and how much do you anticipate that they've uh, maybe now when they get in those situations, they've seen them and go, okay, we saw this. Coach told us how to get out of this last year. Yeah, you know, I think it starts with our our point guard, Drew, first to be a third year, uh, second year starting. So anytime you, you know, you start a point guard with that many games under his belt, uh, I, I feel like, you know, you're kind of ahead of the game a little bit. You know, we're going to start four other seniors with him. Uh, Jaden Smith started for us last year. and Our other three-letter winners were all three guys that came off the bench and, and played quite a few minutes. So, you know, starting five seniors, you'd expect to start a little quicker. But uh, these guys are still kind of growing into their bodies, still learning their new roles. And, you know, we, we just got to hit the, round, hit the ground running next week. So, you know, I guess if I could talk to me in a month and I can give you a better idea of how I feel <laughs> about things. But, you know, honestly, Mike, with this – Tonight's our seventh practice. Um, you know, we've had three scrimmages. Uh, I had to cancel one practice already this year because uh, we got a bunch of illness going on in school. Um, strep throat, flu, that kind of fun stuff. But I guess, you know, if you're going to have that run through your team, I guess mid-November is a lot better than mid-January. So, uh, as try we've learned the last right couple now. of years. Yes, as we've learned that the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, without question. But... It's it's a little bit different with you guys in that being a smaller school, a lot of your basketball players also all play soccer together. They're multiple year starters there. They all play baseball together. Same deal. How much does that help you in that you maybe don't have to say as much to a group that they don't play all those sports together because they know each other and they know what, especially what their expectation is. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's twofold, Mike, for sure. 
I think as a basketball coach, you, you wish you had kids that would spend more time in the gym and be more skilled. Um, but on the other side of things, the flip side, which I think is a, is a major advantage is, you know, these seniors, uh, you know, they played in six or seven, eight, I don't even know, maybe more district finals uh, through, through soccer, basketball, and baseball. So, you know, they've, they've been in the grinds of, of, of heated competition and they know what to expect. Uh, they've been there before. So uh, there, there's definitely something to say about kids who play multiple sports. And, and for these guys, they've had a lot of success. Uh, you know, obviously, this winter season, we'd like to take it a notch further and, and get over the district cup at some point. But, you know, they, they've been there. Uh, they're, they're hungry. And I think they know what it takes. You know, they've, they've been on that silver side enough, you know, just this fall with, with soccer and Annabelle. And, uh, you know, we they played in the district tournament the last couple of years. Uh, on the basketball side, you know, they did it. I think I think we were just run up for baseball too. So I mean, they've they've been there. Success breeds success, and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there's there's a certain. I don't think expectations the right word because. Well, I was thinking of themselves because they know they know the hard work that it takes for them to be successful. Yeah, they 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 know they know that there's certain things that have to be done. Um, you know coming together as a team from a team standpoint in order to get team wins. And I think for the most part, and this group especially, they they want wins over individual success because there's a there's a group of kids here that, you know, they've, they've been fortunate to play a bunch of sports in high school, and none of them I don't think are really looking to be a next-level kind of kid. They're just really good competitors and really good, you know, high school athletes. When you look at your schedule, and you can opt out of this, but outside of the Putnam County League because – I know all of those jokers, and I, I can only imagine the answer to this question, but is there a coach on your schedule, not necessarily the team, but a coach on the other side that you look forward to facing because you just know that it's going to be an extremely high challenge for you because they always have their team prepared? Oh, wow. Because um, there's some good ones on your schedule. I, I I think most guys that we go up against have really good coaching staff, to be honest. Um, you know, I, there's you know, I, I off the top of my head, I just I really can't think of anybody that we play, Mike. And you know, this could be the cliche answer, but that we go in saying, "Oh, they're not going to really prepare for us." You know, they're not going to have a clue what we do or anything that goes on. They don't, they don't work at it. I, I think every team we do really, you know, spends a lot of time breaking down film uh, of us, making sure to try to take away our strengths, um, kind of like we do. But you know, and you know, then they self evaluate as well. So I, I feel every game. You know, we're going to get a team's pretty good shot. You know, I guess the only the only different is, uh, you know, your, your double weekends. It's just harder. You know, everybody's playing a league game on a Friday. I just and know, I feel that no, you've the got, weight you've got on a handful Friday. of guys like that on your schedule that it seems like uh, a handful of coaches, Frank Kill and Kevin Sensiball back-to-back in one weekend, and then you go to Brett Hammonds, and it just it doesn't get any easier. But that guys over the years have gone – you know, just this one guy, he, he seems to know me or seems to have my number. Oh, yeah. Well, that guy's retired now. So, <laughs> <laughs> JB gave it up a couple years ago. He, he was he was a kind of a thorn in my side. But, um, you know, I, I think Aaron, I think Aaron Elward does a fantastic job. Uh, you know, I, you know, Frank, obviously, for years, has done a really good job of being prepared. You know, obviously, obviously when you play league games, you're going to get, team's best shot but you know i can just go up and down the line and know that 
you know, just look at the, look at the schools around here that have really solid programs uh, with good players and, and good, you know, good results. They, they, they have good teams that they, there's good coaches behind them. You know, I think, you know, Kevin's another one. Kevin's going to have a, they're going to be fantastic. I think I'm, I'm all looking forward to them come to our place in December and, you know, hopefully we can give them a heck of a game because typically it just seems every year we play them guys, it comes down to the last two or three minutes. Some kid making a play, whether it's one of ours or one of his. So, you know, you do. We are, as, a, as a coach, you look forward to playing good programs and good coaches and good teams like that. Well, that's the one game that I always say I hope you guys have a good night, but not a great night. <laughs> Understandable. Being a Bearcat alum, you know, I, I got I to gotta hold on to that. <laughs> I said they were so yep. good, but it just – Somebody got mad at me for saying that one time. I just said, look where I'm from. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do, though. I wish you the best success in every single game. I love seeing what your program does. And I know that uh, other coaches have told me in the most flattering way to your program that when they strap up against you guys, they know they're in for a long night. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. Oh, I didn't say it. They were being nice. <laughs> I, I, well, we try to give it our best. There's no doubt about it. I'm <laughs> I, it, it's one of those deals where, you know, you feel if you, you can get your kids best effort on the practice floor every day that you should give them, you know, you should reciprocate that and and and, and breaking down film and, and doing everything you can to get your kids number one prepared to, to play an opponent. But well, I thank so. you so much for doing this. I appreciate you. Absolutely, no problem, Mike. That's Ryan Sexton, the head coach mm-hmm. at Kaleida. Back with more in just a couple minutes. For custom screen printing and personalized designs, come into Countywide Design at 103 North 4th Street in Kaleida, across from JJ's Carryout and right next to 3D Pools. Countywide Design can design whatever you might need to promote your club, school, or business. And while you're there, stop in, see Jackie at Countywide Design, 103 North 4th Street in Kaleida, and stop in to 3D Pools and find out about their pool supplies and installation of new pools. Countywide Design and 3D Pools at 103 North 4th Street in Kaleida, 419-532-2540. Staying with the uh, Putnam County League now, talking in Columbus Grove basketball with the head coach and Chris Sauter. We were just joking about, we don't know how far we can get with this because the uh, Columbus Grove football team still in action as we record this. It's both a good and bad problem to have, I would imagine. Oh, it is. Like I win as many games as you want to win or as you can. Just please try to stay healthy. <laughs> you know, as long as those guys uh, can stay healthy, we'll, you know, once they're done, we'll give them a little bit of time off, get them in the gym. And um, obviously we're not going to be in basketball shape at all to start the season, but um, hopefully we can, work into shape as the season goes and the goal is just to be playing our best basketball by the end of the season. Well, hopefully by the end of the season and deep in March, you can keep these kids long enough to maybe make it that baseball kids problem. <laughs> yeah. He, he's used to that too. So yeah. Yeah. They don't, and you know, really they don't want them in March too much anyway, because they got to go outside and try to play baseball when it's, you know, 35 degrees out and possibly snow in and 20 mile an hour winds. So they, they don't mind if I keep them in a nice cushy gym and where it's heated for a, for an extended period of time. Well, I would imagine as an assistant coach for baseball, you probably don't mind either. Oh no. I, yeah, I do not like being outside if it's cold. Um, I don't know if that's an old age thing. I used to love it. Now I, 
I do not want to be out there if it's cold and windy and rainy. And um, I guess I'm just turning into a fair weather person. Can you just assisted coach from the press box? Is that how that works? I would love to do or just from the car. I'll just sit in the <laughs> car with the heated seat on and do it that way. Say, so I was just listening to the game and just, just text Braden. I just noticed yep, that. Uh, did you really try a hit and run there? Yeah. <laughs> I could do that. Like I don't, I don't know that that worked. It just he probably just would ignore it anyways. He would probably ignore me. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy though. I mean, the success obviously the football team has had. I talked to Andy earlier in the year, and he thought, you know, the way that things have been building the last handful of years that this could be a very special team, and they've kind of proven that so far with a big chance with Colonel Crawford this week. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that senior class. Um, has done a great job uh, of getting better and kind of just continuing the success that has been um, part of the football and basketball programs for the last four or five years. So, and that's what we're trying to get out of our kids is uh, we want them to see the success that, or be part of that success, but also to learn from those guys that have put in the time and the work to, to get us to this point. And hopefully they can kind of carry the torch and keep things going next year and the next year and, you know, for many years to come. So um, you, you, you're kind of hoping the kids just learn from each other. And uh, you have some special classes or, and some kids that come through, um, but you hopefully that their work ethic will rub off on the younger kids and, um, you know, together the, the teams can keep being successful, not just in football and basketball, um, but like you said, baseball was successful last year. Track's always successful. We've had wrestlers go to state. So our boys' sports and, and cross country has been at state the last couple of years. Our boys' programs have been um, very successful here recently, and you know, hopefully we can continue to do that. You lose 16 years from last year, obviously a big part of the run the last handful of years. How much can the group that you eventually have coming in use that football success to sort of, I guess, teach the younger kids of, hey, you know, we put the work in, the results show themselves. Yeah, and like you said, we lost six seniors. Um, Burnester tore his ACL, so he's out um, at least to start the year, if not for the entire season. So we're going to be playing a freshman, three sophomores, three juniors, and we only have one senior in the program. So uh, we're going to be pretty inexperienced, and because they're basketball inexperienced, hopefully the experience that they've gained um, this football season and the success that they've had, you know, will carry over into into basketball. Especially with the late start, you know, they're learning how to compete, they're learning how to win games, and hopefully they can come in uh, whenever I get them and keep competing, keep finding ways to win games. And then hopefully, like I said, just keep getting better every day and keep playing well by the end of the year. I would think at this point, maybe of not having enough guys and your key guys in your practices, does that mean that you and all the assistants are suiting up for drills? No, I do not do that. Um, I have two artificial hips that tell me I do not need to be out there running around playing basketball. So, um but one of my assistants has gotten in there and banged around on the kid a little bit. Um, we still have, we've had 10 or 11 kids at practice, so we're still able to do a little bit of five on five stuff, but it's a pretty big, you know, range of kids from, 
you know, kids that are going to play freshman basketball to kids that are going to play varsity. So trying to, to match them up and, you know, be productive and get some things accomplished. Uh, it's a lot of skill work, a lot of individual things, a lot of passing, dribbling, shooting, conditioning, um, some defensive principles that, you know, everybody needs to know. Um, but it'll be nice once we get everybody back in the gym and um, we can start doing some legitimate practices and having some competition against each other and putting some things in offensively and getting ready for whoever our first opponent's going to be. Well, that's kind of an awkward thing because Wayne Trace obviously already uh, pushed away Van Buren in that first weekend, but you hope that you continue. I mean, if you continue, you push out of a lot of the way, That's you don't have to deal with Keith Hoondorf right away. <laughs> yeah. It, and, you know, moving those first two games meant we were going to have to start with the, we could potentially start with a PCL game, which is, you know, not <laughs> not ideal. Um, but even if we win this weekend and have to push the Ottaville game back, now we're starting with the Northwest Conference game in a double weekend. So for us, I mean, we've gone from – we could open up with Wayne Trace, who arguably could be the best team on our schedule, to opening up with a PCL team, to opening up now potentially with an NWC team. It really doesn't matter when we start playing. It's going to be um, – it's going to be a big game for us. So – um, we're just going to have to, you know, get as much done as we can get done in the week of practice that we're, uh, we're going to have to prepare and just see what happens. You know, like you said, the kids have been competing all season long in football. So I know they'll show up and they'll compete in basketball too. I know that that's such an odd thing of the way that goes. You're essentially always playing a conference game. It feels like I, when you go back to back on those nights where I know you have a couple where you have, a short turnaround of PCL NWC. Uh, is there a concentration on one over the other? We focus on the next game and that's it. So we play, we play Spencerville on Friday and Kaleida on Saturday. We're going to worry about Spencerville on Friday and we'll worry about Kaleida Saturday morning or Friday night after the game. I can't, I can't bring myself to worry about any game that's not the next one. So it just, it is what it is. That's the way I've always done it. It's not easy. You spend a lot of time on Saturday, um, you know, doing scouting reports and getting things ready for the kids so that they can be somewhat prepared. But I, I can't overlook a team on Friday to worry about a team on Saturday. So, like you said, it makes for a short turnaround. But our kids, have, they're used to it. Um, they know how we how we operate and how we do things. So. Um, and we just try to focus on one game at a time. Makes sense. I, I Like I said, I'm just always fascinated by how coaches do that, where some will say, you know, maybe uh, I have an assistant who has a little bit of a game plan for Saturday, and I could sort of piggyback on that. But, I mean, that's there's not an easy night for you guys, especially because you're pretty much the hunted on everyone's schedule. <laughs> yeah, it's, you work hard to get to the – you know, to the point where you got the bullseye on you. And then once you're there, kids find out that, you know, that's a legit feeling that people are gunning for you and coming after you. Um, but that's where you want to be. That's why you play the games or to win and be successful. And, um, and that's a good thing. Um, but like you said, I do have my, one of my assistants will generally watch some film 
and kind of put some things together for the Saturday game. But I won't watch any, I won't watch any film or do anything on that Saturday game until after Friday's game is over. Well, I, I hope that everything works out, whatever it is that you guys get started. You have much success this year. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's the head coach of the Columbus Grove Bulldogs and Chris Sauter. We've got more coming up in just a couple of minutes. Are you looking to relax after today's game with hot chicken wraps, wings, pizza, or cheese fries? Who's ready for a cold beverage or a warming drink? Hawker's Bar and Grill in downtown Columbus Grove is open and ready to serve a late-night dinner or celebrate your team's win with late-night snacks and drinks. Hawker's is located at 209 West Sycamore Street next to the railroad. Be sure to stop in for post-game socializing or give them a call for takeout. You can also find Hawker's on Facebook for the schedule of daily specials and events. The new staff at Hawker's is ready to serve you. Taking a look at the independence of the Lima Central Catholic Thunderbirds under, uh, I'll say, longtime head coach Frank Kill. How are you? I'm great. You know, it's basketball season. Celebrate Thanksgiving next week. So, just the best time of the year. And it's not three feet of snow outside. Yeah, only if you lived in Buffalo. Which is not good. But uh, big weekend for you guys next weekend. You tip off with the uh, tip-off classic you know, you get Shawnee early on. You get uh, the second game that night. Uh, do you like kicking off with that that kind of big four way and kicking off with a back to back? Uh, yeah, I love it. Actually, I think it's great to start the high school basketball season off with. Um, I just thoroughly dislike the fact that the OHSA runs the high school football playoffs. You know, two weeks into the basketball season. Um, you know. There's a really good chance, Aaron, that we, we don't play in that. Uh, you know, our football team has has some really good success right now in the playoffs. And here we are, you know, tomorrow night they play Antwerp. And there's a good chance that, you know, if we win, um, we don't play in the tip-off. First time ever in, you know, 35 years, I think, um, that we won't play in it. And because our teams in the state semifinals, in football, um, you know, the problem is that years ago, you know, if you made it to the state championship, that was the tip-off weekend. Now it's now it's just bad timing. So I'm looking forward to it. And I've had seven guys to practice this, you know, in terms of varsity guys that could potentially play for me, you know, get an opportunity, you know, when we go scrimmages. But one of those seven guys just went down this weekend with a – just a little minor knee issue. So now I'm down to six guys for tomorrow's, you know, last preseason scrimmage. And I, we just can't possibly take six guys to a, a very competitive tip off classic. And, you know, all it takes is another tweaked ankle and foul trouble. And, you know, we're in trouble. So it's, it's, an, it's a good problem to have knowing that the football team is successful, but a basketball coach's worst nightmare. Have you checked into the possibility that maybe you failed a class when you were in high school and you've still got one quarter of enrollment? Well, I might have one quarter of enrollment left, but I'm not sure these, knee, these knees have any more <laughs> time in them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, right, like the, I'm like the 10 man right now. <laughs> well, I was, and that's what I was going to ask was with only having seven kids, are you getting uh, the coaches to suit up and just sort of at least maybe just stand uh, around and, and cherry pick and give you 10 guys? Uh, I do. I mean, like tonight, we had nine guys, and I was the 10th man. Unfortunately, my two wonderful assistants that uh, have come on this year, 
have been my eyes and, you know, they're kind of, you know, doing things, but you know, it's, it's good for me to work with the younger kids, but just right now we have five guys in one sub and it's really hard to, to get anything out of like, you know, the, the upcoming JV team. Um, cause we don't have enough for a freshman. So we have four freshmen that are practicing with us and they just, um, you know, they're just freshmen, you know, they're, and we got guys that are trying to compete at the varsity level. So it's uh, it's a challenge. I think you need to walk up and down the hallways at LCC and just ask kids if they want to maybe just come check out practice for a couple of days. That, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I should go re- recruit some kids to practice. To see no, no, hey, you I need, can't. I need, don't use the uh, word recruit because now people will get mad and it'll be a whole okay. other thing. Yeah, you never want to use that R word because, you know, you never want to get caught up in the recruiting <laughs> drama. That's what I need, a scandal, because you offered some kid jelly beans and a cheeseburger to come uh, just fill out 10 guys. I could probably get him some QP. That might work. Well, I, I mean, it is an easy sponsor, and it's pretty close. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure we could work something out. I feel like you've thought about this before. Hey, I've thought about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, everybody said you recruit for years, so you might as well. Yeah, if you're going to get blamed for doing something for the last 21 years, you might as well start doing it. I mean, heck, you can't go wrong. I mean, but I try to run a classy and clean program around here, so we'll stay away from that R word. Uh, Matthews and I always had a similar theory. As long as you're not getting caught. <laughs> well, that's the Bill Belichick way, right? Well, I, I believe. I would... you, ain't, you ain't cheating. You ain't trying to win. Well, uh, yeah. It didn't work out for the guy in blue chips, though, so I think that's that's pretty much where I get my, my life lessons from. <laughs> I'll stay away from that was that was a classic. That is a throwback right there. Right, and it, you know, well, it's because I've been talking to coaches about the playing in the uh, the Hoosier gym this uh, coming up this season. Yeah, so it's kind right. of those kind of things have stuck on my brain. But I don't personally think you could kick a basketball into the third level of any gym. Well, that'd be that'd be one heck of a pooch, wouldn't it? Maybe younger Frank Kill, younger, you know, angrier I, I really Frank thought, Kill. Ah, uh, maybe. You know, that's a, that's, I've always thought about, you know, going down there to to the field house there and, and playing that. But, you know, basketball season is such a long season and such a long – I mean, that's such a long drive for one game. And I don't know. I mean, it sounds fun. It's very nostalgic. But I'd rather just stay home and play a game and, and be at my house in 20 minutes or 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, and make Tabler serve you drinks if you beat Elida again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know that's a game that I ask coaches all the time and they all say, yeah, it's the next one or the first one or whatever. But I know that that's a game that you have circled on your calendar every year. Oh, absolutely. You know, January 14th, I mean, we're going to play, you know, you know, we're going to play Elida here at home. It's a you know, matinee game. We'll give away the, uh, little diamond award that, that, that uh, in honor of Mark Thompson, the late Mark Thompson. So it's uh, definitely a game that I always have on there just because Taves and I are such good friends. And, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's just a running tally. You know, he, he actually, I think, keeps more tallies than I do. I have no idea where I'm at. I think I'm winning the, the, the battle, um, but he, only because he reminds me that I'm winning by one, I think. So um, it's, but that's what that's what the fraternity is, you know, against coaches and stuff. You always you always mark your calendars. I mean, the week of December seventeenth and eighteenth is always Tyson and I. And now it's moved to you know December thirtieth. So, um, you know, those are your games. One too. I'm, I'm sure excited. you were. 
I'm sure you were. I'm excited. You I'll be there to do that game. All right. Well, a little pregame coaches conference before the game then. Yeah, we'll hit Tony's before the uh, before the game's over. You get off early, get in town early enough. All right. Uh, well, oh wait, they're close. We, they'll probably not like us making our own cheeseburgers then. Uh, it is crazy though. I want to ask you about you have been a big proponent of these early Saturday afternoon games. You you do it with Elida. You've got a couple of them throughout the course of the season. But that weekend that you do it with Elida, you have Spencerville at home the night before. Next time you do it, you go to Audeville the night before you play Salina at home. Is there any kind of hesitancy to doing that with those kind of games back-to-back? Well, I think, you know, you're dealing with high school kids. I mean, when I say that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good thing. And, you know, kids are resilient, and they are, you know, they're – you know, they're ready. They're energetic. I mean, obviously if a kid plays 32 minutes. Is he going to be up to, um, is he going to be up to playing, you know, against, you know, another team, you know, turn around in less than 24 hours. I'm not sure. So it's for me as a coach, just ready or not. You know, I hate it. I hate waiting all day to, to go play a game, you know? So, you know, so for me, it's get up in the morning, get your game plan on, Next thing you know, before you know it, it's 4 o'clock, let's go. I mean, I don't know there's a big difference between three hours. With those kind of weekends, how do you do your prep in terms of do you go all in on Friday night and a little on Saturday because you have that short turnaround, or do you get maybe a little bit of each throughout the course of the week? I mean, we're not in a conference. I mean, they're all non-league games, so it's not like you lose a conference game, you turn around to play another non-conference game. So, you know, I try to mix it up. Um, both those games are very, very important. You try to judge on which team's probably going to be the hardest, and because if you if you prepare for the toughest team, it should take care of the other team. Um, obviously, if you're you know if you're just a mediocre team, you you might maybe just focus more on what you do and only that. So, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, we've just been focusing a lot more on what we can control and. You know, every team, I mean, obviously I have a different game plan for everyone. So it's, it's really typically up to the, the horses that I'm running with. So, um, you know, typically I, I, I push my guys, you know, Monday through Thursday. And if we get to a Friday, Saturday, you know, it's, it's, uh, they should be prepared. They should be ready. But, you know, for me, it's one game at a time and whatever we learned, uh, on Friday night and we take it into Saturday. So we just try to gain some momentum and and use use what we've been using and and build off that. Um, I'm a big Izzo fan, so you know we just focus on what we focus on. And if the other teams, you know, if they know our plays more than we do, we're in trouble. I think after the other night, you can't mention that name in my house. So it's a good <laughs> thing you're on the other side of the phone. <laughs> uh, not an Izzo fan, huh? Well, not a, she's not a big fan after uh, you know the Kentucky Michigan State game, but. Well, that's because you better have some Kentucky fans. Well, so. yeah, yeah, we don't let that get out. Um, uh, <laughs> when you get your guys back, you know, obviously, what for the most part you can expect from the kids who are playing football when they come back, whenever that is, hopefully the second week of December. That what is it that you expect that this team is going to be or can be with this schedule and throughout the course of the season? I thought we had a lot of success this summer and knowing what we built on and what we've developed. I mean, we have a great chemistry. Um, 
you know, the guys that we're waiting on, I mean, we're literally waiting on 13 more or 10 more guys, you know, seven seniors, two juniors and a sophomore. Um, you know, unfortunately, DeMar Foster is out with the retorn ACL, Jake Venerella, another junior who had a great summer for his ACL. So I'm down two guys that would have been in my top, you know, eight or nine. Um, but it's really opened the door for some. So I think we're going to be extremely competitive. I like the, I think, I think the success level is high for us. Um, are we set back now that football's, you know, obviously, you know, delaying our season a little bit, maybe, but they're competitors. Um, that's what I learned this summer. I thought we competed extremely hard. We played really good competition and we went to Fort Wayne and, you know, we got, we got just, we played the top caliber teams and we didn't win. We went 0 and 3, but we played well. Um, you know, so I really like our team and I like, I like the focus that, that they have. I mean, they're excited for basketball, but obviously they're in the middle of football season. And so I'm really hoping this success of the football season carries over into the basketball, even though the basketball and the, ba- and the football bounce completely different. I think it's crazy that in your first 10 games, with everything sitting the way it is now, including the Classic, that you have one home game. <laughs> I mean, I realize uh, it pays you back I, later. I'm, but, blame, you know, bounce, I'm blaming Ron Williams, our AD that we had for years. I'm blaming him. That's got to make take, that long even, trip to you, though. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm excited. At least we finished the season, you know, with some home games. So, you know, we've become road warriors. We, we've obviously figured out who, who we are, what our identity is. So, it'll, it's a long season. And I guess if it's going to be a long season, it's always nice to be at home. It's true. You know, to finish the season off. I think there's a movie. There's no place like home. I, I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. I'm not sure. No place like home, but I'm not sure we all wear ruby red slippers either. I, you know what? With some of the outfits that you've got, you might want to try it. I got a pair of Nikes that are pretty close. I, I've seen some of the suits. I mean, I don't think you would be that far away. We'll, we'll try it. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, might as well. Uh, good luck yeah. to you guys whenever the season well, gets thanks, started. Sir. Good talking to you, and uh, we'll be in touch the rest of the season. That's Frank Kill talking about LCC uh, back in uh, just a couple of minutes. At Herring House Furniture in downtown Ottawa, we have the largest selection of reclining furniture in northwest Ohio. And that's a lot to see. Come on over and check us out. Northwest Conference basketball now as we talk to Brett Hammonds, the uh, leader of the uh, Lincoln View Lancers. Football team didn't slow you up cross country a little bit. The weather is not great, but you're just a week or two away from starting the season. That's, that's gotta feel good. It does. You know, it's an exciting feeling, uh, you know, starting a new year always is. And, you know, this preseason's obviously went pretty quick for us. Like you said, we met some cross country kids, like the first week of our, uh, season practice wise. And, you know, just trying to get a feel for things this year with a new team. So it's gone quick, but, uh, looking forward to it when the season starts for games next Friday. Have you guys gotten to go through your scrimmages? How's that gone? Um, it's gone all right. You know, we, we started out with New Knoxville, uh, had them at home, and then we were supposed to go against Minster with their success in football. Um, that one got canceled. Um, and then we just um, went against Edgerton 
last Saturday and then Hicksville and Liberty Center. Uh, Coach Badenhop brought down, I think, six guys uh, just to be in a scrimmage. And, you know, we're learning things about ourselves and, you know, we'll find out how they go. And then we got a scrimmage tomorrow against Ayersville and Holgate. So kind of our last tune up to prepare us for uh, next week when it starts game week. Did you guys miss the old Northwest Conference that you got Upper Soda Valley right out of the gate? Um, yeah, I mean, back when I was in high school, I mean, they were, them and Perry were both in our conference. So I mean, we did have them on the schedule a while ago. But yeah, I mean, it always seems like they're in our conference. And obviously they left for the NWCC. So um, yeah, I mean, it just feels like a, another game since we've had them on our schedule for so long now. Well, at least having to make that trip all the way out there, you don't have back-to-back nights that weekend. No, exactly. I mean, I think every year we've played them, it's only been a single week, and yeah, McGuffey's not not a close place to us. So, to anywhere. You know, just making one trip there, yeah. It's kind of out in the middle of, middle of nowhere, which I guess you could say our school kind of is as well. But um, That's true. Um, but making a trip there, yeah. I mean, it's nice to have a single weekend when we're going against them. I've always maintained that it's kind of like going to Defiance or – going to Kenton. There's no good way to yeah. get there from anywhere, and it's long, It's a long trip from everywhere. That it is. That it is. You've got uh, some heavy hitters on your schedule in terms of the non-conference. You nearly, I joke with this about a couple of different coaches, but you nearly qualify for enough games to play for a Putnam County League title, but you've also got Wayne Trace on there. What was what was the thought on ramping up the schedule? Um, you know, ever since I've been here, you know, this will be my 11th year coaching varsity and I did four years at JV. I mean, it's kind of how our schedule's been. Um, ever since I've been here, the Putnam County League schools have always been on there and, um, you know, St. John's has always been on there and Parkway. And, um, I know we picked up Coldwater for a couple of years, but then we dropped them to stick with Paulding. And, you know, I guess here at Lincolnview, we don't know any, any different, at least me as a head coach. I mean, it's kind of how it's always been. I mean, we've always played Wayne Trace, so yeah. I mean, we don't have any of the easiest uh, non-conference games. You know, that's always going to be a challenge on Saturday nights. And um, but you know, it's something we look forward to. You know, I think it challenges us. And when you look at our 22 game schedule, I don't think there's any easy games, no matter if it's conference or non-conference. So um, you know, I guess here at, at Lincolnview, we really don't know much different when it comes to schedule. And you know, we just got to be ready to play. Well, it's kind of an oddity because in the last handful of years with Paulding leaving the NWC, Lipsick taking their spot, that you've had to kind of make those decisions and kind of flip in and out on that. But the one that got me in your schedule was, you know, you've got back-to-back trips on back-to-back nights to Audeville and to Fort Jennings, and then you play Collider the next week. I mean, you, you guys almost, the joke of it is, is if there was a hotel, maybe you could just stay overnight. Yeah. You know, luckily we're close enough. But, yeah, I mean, over the stretch of the Christmas holiday, I mean, it is almost, I think we play three Putnam County schools in a row. And, you know, like you said, I think we have Continental, our second game of the year. So, yeah, we kind of go a string in our, to start the season early with a bunch of Putnam County League schools. And, you know, they're all talented. They're all good. And and I'm with you. It's nice that we're close enough to them that we don't have to stay in a hotel. Well, then, of course, if depending on how you count Lipsick. Right. You know, and it's like Putnam County School, but not for you. Right, right. Obviously, they're in our league, but like you were saying about getting the USB, I don't think for us there's a good way to get to Lipstick with all the railroad tracks and twists and turns and, you know, Putnam County towns we got to go through. And, you know, that'll be a, a 
a challenge, but yeah, I think the only Putnam County school we don't play is Pandora. So, I mean, we've scrimmaged them in the past, but they're not on our schedule. Uh, well, then you've got to depend on Route 30 being, you know, at least semi-accessible. Yeah. Which is, at yeah. times, just a whole other thing. But uh, another game that I'm fascinated about, you get what I would expect is going to be a huge crowd when you get Antwerp in your house in middle of January. Yeah, I mean, they're good. I mean, they were obviously very good last year. You know, they lost some pieces, but, you know, Brewer's back, and he's extremely talented, but their role players were so good for them last year. And, you know, and Coach Billman does a great job up there with them. And it is at our place, and I'm assuming we'll have a lot of fans there. So, you know, I think that's good for us. I mean, a couple of years ago when you barely had any fans in the stands because of COVID, and, you know, we were able to get more in the, the building last year. So, you know, hopefully this year we can get more fans in there to come support our kids. I just talked to Jason Vermillion, and one of the things that he was most excited about in his schedule was a game in mid-February when he plays you guys, uh, and you go all the way to Indiana, which isn't that far for you, but, uh, I mean, your kids have got to be, at least you, because we being of an older generation, as he pointed out, are maybe more excited for this game, but how were the kids about it going to play in the Hoosier gym? Um, you know, I think they're excited about it. I, you know, and they're at an age where and they hear about it, but I don't know how many of them watch the movie Hoosiers, you know, and I think they're excited. You know, we've told them about it and, and I'm with, you know, agree with Verm that it, it's an excitement. He asked me if I'd be willing to do it. And I told him right away. Absolutely. You know, just cause it's such a cool place and to be able to play a game in there, um, it's going to be awesome. Um, and, you know, we plan on sitting our team down and renting out a movie theater and getting them to watch the movie before we ever go down to kind of give them an idea of what we're going into and um, just so they have an understanding of it and the history of that building and how cool it's going to be to play in there. And Yeah, I mean, I guess you can say that game can't get here soon enough because I think it's going to be an enjoyable one. You know, no matter the outcome, I think it's going to be a great experience for these kids and us as a staff. Um, to be able to step in that gym and just say we had the opportunity to play in there. Maybe you can break out those old Frank Kill throwbacks. <laughs> Bring out some short shorts. Yeah. And, but, the, I mean, the problem is the, their jerseys back there, and their home was gold and their away was blue and no longer allowed to wear uh, the home uh, gold uniforms anymore. So, Which is tragic. We'll, we'll yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always like those. and. You know, it was up until I think a year before I got it to Lincoln View that they still wore the gold home uniforms. And, I mean, I think that would be a cool thing to be able to wear still at home. But, uh, obviously, the rules change that. See, I know Lormie did it. I did the Lormie game there years ago, and they had their old throwbacks for that game. And that was such a neat little addition to it. But uh, they didn't have the, the gold problem, which only you and Chris Kuhlman, when he was at Lipsick, had that problem of, they made up that rule, and he had just ordered these beautiful gold jerseys that they weren't allowed to use. Yeah. Well, you know, go, going back to Frank and that crew, it was one year that uh, we did pull out their warm-ups that our guys warmed up in. I think it was the night we played Parkway at home. I mean, we couldn't wear the uniforms, but we decided to wear the old warm-up uh, attire from when we ran out, so... I think our kids back then kind of enjoyed that with the, the history of those warm-ups. I think uh, it would have brought back memories for me of the old gym, which was so dark, and there's like one light that just kind of <laughs> hangs up there. I, I always said 
uh, back in junior high and high school, I was like, this is what playing at the Alamo has to feel like. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I sure. Mean, it was just crazy. Now you got that beautiful, bright building. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're blessed with the school we have. We have so many schools that come in here say they think our gym's the perfect size and they like the bucket seats on the one side, the seats on the end. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy coaching in our gym and obviously at this school. So, you know, it's a fun atmosphere to play in. I mean, because without having football, um, you know, our fans really look forward to uh, basketball. And, you know, no matter what our record is, if, you know, we have 18, 20 wins or last year, like we had five, I mean, our fans still traveled with us. They still supported us for home games. And that's a great feeling to always have uh, as a coach. Yeah, I know. I'm always happy anytime I get to do a game there because other than having to deal with your baseball coach, you know, that guy, he's something else. You have to get along with him. Right, right. I mean, you know, he just gives me what I need and says go over here. But you guys have always been so great. I mean, you treat the media so well. And uh, it's I know that when I go there, you're always going to be in a battle because your schedule, whether it be NWC or out of conference, doesn't duck anybody. No. (laughs) No. Definitely not at all. Like I said earlier, I mean, it's going to be a tough game every night and there's no games where we walk in like, you know, we, we're definitely going to get this one because, you know, it's a battle every night when it comes to between the lines and we got to be ready to go. When you look at the Northwest Conference this year, Spencerville brings a lot back. A lot of coaches have answered this question with a lot of the same teams, but what's the top of the league with, of course, Lincoln View look like for you guys? Um. You know, you, you look at the top couple teams, a lot of our schools lost a lot. Um, like you said, Spencer was returning so much. Cresty is returning so much. I mean, if you were to look at, you know, those two teams, I'd say they're probably up there. And You know, and you got the rest of us. You know, we lost some guys, but there's still a lot of talent coming back in our conference. And, you know, I think it's a, a toss-up when, when it comes to um, who's going to win our conference. I mean, there's some teams that stack are, you know, up there um, at the top of the league. And, but I think there's also teams that can surprise some people and you never know what's going to happen in our year. Hopefully no one gets injured or anything like that. And, um, but I think it's going to be tough games every weekend for teams. And, you know, it's going to be big if you have them at home and you don't like going on the road, um, to go against some of our conference opponents. And, you know, I think every team's just got to be ready to battle, but I I think it's going to be tough night in, night out. I don't think there's any easy games in our league and, um, and that's a credit to the rest of the schools and the coaches in our in our conference. So, um, like I said, it's going to be difficult. But I mean, preseason wise, you're looking at everyone returning. I think you know, Crestview and Spenceville are are probably the top two in our league right now. Do you have a place that you guys go this year that either you absolutely love going there for whatever reason, or you just abhor it because things just never seem to go the way you plan? <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of going to Spencerville. I, I mean, we, thought that seen, might be your answer. I mean, we, we've never really played well there. Um, but, you know, it's just a different environment, different atmosphere. And, and I guess the place I don't mind going, even though we've never won there, is Crestview just because, I mean, that's where it went. I'm so used to the gym. Um, and I like the environment and atmosphere there in the court. And You know, we've played well there. I mean, like I said, we haven't always come out with a win. And, but, I mean, that's a place as a coach I, I look forward to going to. Are you allowed to say that? Well, I don't know. I spent uh, <laughs> 12, 12 of my years my entire life there, so, so I chose to come over here. So I think so. I, I think I'm allowed to. 
I, to say I, that. I think at this point you've done enough winning that everybody just sort of tries to forget that you were a knight at one point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sure some people are trying to. Uh, the Spencerville thing is kind of a karmic payback, I think, for me, because uh, Frank and the boys won there enough throughout their careers that I think that uh, the basketball gods are trying to pay me back for you not being able, or your program, <laughs> not being able to have great games there. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, even when, you know, when Spencerville was down a little bit, I mean, it was still a struggle for us to try to, you know, battle and try to get a win there. And, you know, credit Kevin for doing such a good job as well. And, you know, it's just, I don't know if it's the lighting. That, I mean, obviously the gym is a great gym, but, you know, it's it's just always a battle and tough to play there. Well, it's not as tough as it was to play at the old place. Yes. Well, that's the thing. I never got the opportunity to coach there. Um, n- never did. And, you know, I heard it was a it was a tough place to play there. It's, I mean, when it's called the closet, obviously it's <laughs> – got to be tight with very limited uh seating well i'm i'm pretty sure that frank and wes and uh the boys shot well enough there that they tried to burn the place <laughs> down on multiple occasions yeah that was a very talented team they had back then i mean goodness i i said if we could never let brandon pardon in town or just the city limits just put up a sign <laughs> just says no yeah and i even told him that when i interviewed him i said hey, you're like the villain to me in that town because every time you guys came to town, something bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Said, you know, we, we played pretty well. Stop. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, I hope that your trip to Spencerville is safe. Yeah. You know, goes okay, but not great. Right. Well, that's <laughs> our, our second league game of the year, but we don't go there until, I think, January. Yeah, January 6th. So, yeah, so... That, that, that one's a ways away. That is, that is a crazy stretch, though, between when you play Lipsick on December the 9th and you don't play your next league game for almost exactly a month. Yeah. Yeah, and then we go stretch of all the PCL schools and, you know, throw Van Wert and Fort Recovery in that mix, and then we finally get back to conference play. That is uh, that is a heck of a stretch. Good luck with all that. Well, thank you. That is the head coach of the Lincoln View Lancers and Brett Hammonds. Some more coming up here in just a couple minutes. Check out the new Lincoln View Athletic website at lincolnviewathletics.org. Athletic booster meetings are held the second Monday of every month at 7 o'clock in the high school Newbrick Lecture Hall. The goal of boosters is to enhance our student-athletes and coaches' lives by providing funding and programs that create community pride by developing leadership skills, teamwork, values, and sportsmanship. That's the Lincoln View Athletic Boosters. Find them online at lincolnviewathletics.com and go Lancers! Northwest Conference basketball now with the uh, 21st-year head coach of the Spencerville Bearcats and Kevin Sensabaugh. Uh, we joke about that every year, but it just goes to show kind of what you've been able to do with the program, the longevity, and I'm really proud, obviously, uh, of what you guys have built over the years, but is it weird for you at times where people are sort of calling for your head or are you able to just kind of push that out and say, you know what, you don't see the long view? Yeah, I think it's important for any coach, you know, no matter where you are, just to be able to compartmentalize that kind of thing. Because I always try to tell people that they ask about that, like if it's tough, you know, in in your hometown, if people are on you, it's happened. And, you know, I always feel like they're not really all that upset with me as an individual, like me personally, they're upset with the basketball coach. So 
no matter who the basketball coach would be at that point, they were probably going to be mad anyway, whether it's me or whether it's somebody that's not from here. So I just try to take it that way and say, it's not, you know, try not to take it as personally as, as it may feel. And, and, you know, but I, I, I am, am actually pretty blessed to have not had to deal with a whole lot of that stuff um, over the years and especially not recently. So yeah, it's, um, it, it can be a challenge, but I, I've been pretty fortunate not to have to deal with a whole lot of it. It's kind of funny now because, I mean, obviously being from there and us being close in age and everything that you've gone from being the fiery young coach to now you're that wise old sage, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I don't know how much wisdom is here, but the experience I know for sure I've got a lot of. But yeah, it, it's it's been uh, quite the transition and I'm, look, I'm still looking forward to the season as much as I do every other season, every other year, even when I was young. So I've still got a lot of energy and passion for it. So I just, uh, I, I, I just, I still enjoy it. Like a young coach, but even though I'm not, I still <laughs> have that same kind of energy and passion. So I still want to keep doing it. When you guys are shorthanded, do you still get out there and run drills with the kids? Now that is a no, <laughs> not anymore. No, I just, I mean, I, I will demonstrate some things very slowly sometimes, but I can't. It's just it's too painful to go out and do it anymore. Well, it's because it you, you want them to, to make sure that they understand it, right? That's why you're running it so slow. <laughs> That's right. That's what I tell them. <laughs> well, it, it's crazy because to I, I actually I listened to a little bit of the St. Henry game, and I didn't I, – I, it's like I know these things, but when Nate mentioned your record, to just hear it out loud, I kind of go – you know, I guess he has been there that long for, for that to happen. And it kind of is a testament to what you're saying about being able to to watch you. And I and I kind of forget sometimes of like, well, if he's that old, that means I'm that old. Wait That's right. Let's not, let's not go that way. No, I'm not the only one aging. Everybody's aging right along with me. Yeah, you're right. I know. I don't like that. I don't like that when we can't make these jokes anymore. <laughs> well, that's why I keep coaching because – Kids that coach are always the same age, so I still feel the same age too. <laughs> but now you're getting what your buddies' kids and their kids. Yeah, I mean my own kids too. I mean, you know, it's 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 interesting, but yeah, there's it's getting to be it's getting to be fun. But I, I tell you, um, like I said before, I it, I still feel like I've got as much energy as I did when I first started doing it. It may, that may not be true, but I still feel that way. And so as long as that's the case, I'm going to keep plugging along. It's been a fun group, and I, I really do like this group of guys that I have. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a good challenge for us this year. Is it possible, though, that part of that, I mean, is kind of a, a rejuvenation in that the last couple of years you've had your son's kids or your son's friends, and now you have your kid playing and his friends, and you're kind of – maybe getting to see that through not only the coach's eyes, but a dad's eyes. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know that that's really played a huge role in me wanting to stay with it. Um, you know, I was coaching long before I ever even had a wife, let alone kids. So um, I, I don't know how much that plays into it. I, I have a nephew that I'm um, coaching as well. So, I mean, that does make it fun. And that does make it even more rewarding, but, um, I, I'm just, I'm just really fortunate that we had a couple of lean years there to survive those lean years. And then to turn around and have a season like we had last season was, 
was pretty rewarding and, and a lot of fun. And, and, uh, so I'm just grateful that I'm stay, still able to do this. Is it funny to you though, to, to look down the bench, maybe during a timeout or right before starting lineups and, and see your son and, and your brain sort of works it back to, because he's been a ball boy or it was a ball boy growing up for so long of wait, he's what, what is happening? And just for a split second, say, I, I guess he's that old now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I really didn't, I told my wife that I really didn't have that feeling. I just, you know, I just have, have really tried to make it a point to when we're at practice, he's just like any other player. And when we're at home, I'm not the coach anymore. And I guess I, I never really had time. I don't know. I just never thought about like, Oh man, this is going to be really cool. Honestly, the plan this year was was to not play him on full full time on varsity. My plans were to play him on the JV and and maybe you know get some spot minutes here and there on the varsity. But we had some kids not come out, and we had some openings, and you know he kind of played pretty well early in the season and in, in the preseason, and all of a sudden it was like, well, I guess he's playing varsity and. So the only, I guess after the game, it was, you know, after the game Friday night, it was kind of neat to say, oh my gosh, he actually played a lot of varsity and did really well. And, and that was pretty cool. But after that, it was like, okay, now we got to figure out how we're going to start getting better. <laughs> you know, it just kind of goes right back to like, we got to beat Elida now. Well, I mean, I think that's a heck of a start though, because you yeah. say Henry, Obviously, a team that Eric's got some turnover, but I mean, a lot of coaches that have been on the show have raved about, you know, he'll throw stuff at you that you maybe didn't think they might come up with, or maybe they didn't know a weakness or whatever you might have that, I mean, to beat a guy like that to start the year, uh, that's a pretty big boon for how the year could go. Well, yeah, I hope so. I mean, we we were able to score it pretty efficiently. Um, and, and so that's promising. I think we scored it pretty efficiently, probably more so than, than we have in a long time. Um, you know, and that was even without one of our, one of our better scores, not, not even attempting a shot. So that was, that was good. But I think defensively it, it was, it showed me that we've got a long way to go yet, and, which, you know, that's the way it is. It's early in the season and we've got, you know, two sophomores and a freshman coming off the bench. So defensively is always going to be where you're, you're lagging behind a little bit there. So hopefully uh, we can just continue to get better and, and, and continue to buy into the process and, and see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, two weeks from now, we've got um, a pretty big league game. So we're, we're really trying to harp on uh, trying to get better every day and especially defensively and seeing if we can, kind of close the gap defensively a little bit. Yeah, in that span, you also start your rodeo trip where you've got four away games in a span of about a week and a half, and they're not easy places to try to win. I mean, you start that run with Lipsick, you have to go to Collide and Minster and St. Mary's, and each one of those yeah. over the years has kind of been, not just you guys, but has been an issue for a lot of people. Yeah, that's not going to be an easy stretch. I mean, I know that. You know, it'll be our first time going to Lipstick, um, and it's a long trip. It's you know, so that that'll be a difficult trip, I'm sure. And playing at Kaleida on a Saturday night is never going to be easy. And you know, playing at Minster on the road on a, I think it's on a Thursday night. 
which is a little odd yeah, right um, just because of the way Christmas falls. Yeah. And then, and then we got to finish up with St. Mary's who happens to have an Ohio state recruit on the <laughs> roster and two other six, seven, six kids, six kids. So yeah, it's, it's quite the task, but when, you know, we're still really focused right now, just on trying to be delighted next week. That's, that's our main goal. You've got uh, these early Saturday starts. And again, it kind of goes back to us three or four coaches, and I know Frank Hill and uh, Matt Table are big on these, and I talked to them about this. Do you like those earlier starts that maybe just uh, an hour, does that make a big difference in your day? Yeah, I like it a lot better. Yeah, I know Coach Hagemeyer at St. Mary likes to do that too. I think he even starts them earlier. I think he starts his Saturday games at four, his home games. So, yeah, I like the earlier play i mean it just it helps you know you can get home and you can kind of get organized for the next morning a little bit easier you can see your family a little bit spend some time with your coaches you know it's it's a lot better for a lot of different reasons Plus, but yeah i like it that one at st john's in january i mean you guys started at 130 for the jv yeah i'm not sure what why that happened i don't know if they have something going on that night i i, I didn't really ask about it i just I just checked to make sure that was correct. And when she said it was correct, I was like, well, okay. I guess we're playing early then. And yeah, I it, guess we're playing early. It's kind of like being uh, where the girls play earlier in the afternoon of now. No, wait, right. that one's actually us. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm actually looking forward to it just because, I mean, why not? It's something different. It's something new and, and it'll give us a new experience. You have places that coaches have told me this as a jest, not as a real thing because it's not uh, – you can't do it on the scoreboard, but places like Kaleida, places like the Vatican at St. John's that you walk into and you feel like because of the mystique or whatever it is there that you're down 10. Are those yeah. the kind of places, uh, I mean, that for you, you feel like that? Um, I, I don't know if it's that dramatic. Um Obviously, you, it, playing on the road is difficult no matter where it is, but when you're at a kind of a historic program like a Kaleida or like a Delta St. John's or even a St. Henry or something like that, you know it's going to be difficult because those kids have a lot of pride in their program and they want to make sure that you know you don't come in there and make them look bad on their home court. So, yeah, I think that's that's probably a big part of it is just that, you know, there's really good programs. They play really well at home. That's just what they do. Because if you're a good program, you win a lot of games at home. I mean, so I think that's probably the biggest part of it. You guys have a real oddity, the way that your schedule flips back and forth, and that six of your last nine games on the road, I know coaches will say that'll kind of get us ready for the tournament with the places especially that you're going. But, I mean, you have uh, – it's like 10 of 15 games – at one point from mid-December to early February where you're on the road, did you just kind of look and go, do we ever get to play at home? Yeah, I, I did look at that. But, it, I mean, early in the season here, we have a lot of home ones to start out with. So, you know, I, I guess it's just like the ebbs and flows of the season. You just have to roll with it and prepare yourself the best you can. That's that's just the way it was because last year we it was just the opposite. So, obviously, we had a lot of home games late. And we felt that was advantageous. So, it would just be a big challenge for us later in the season. I'm okay with it because I like to challenge our guys. and I think they'll be up for it. You're in a murderer's road district in Wampanoag. I talked to Kurt Gottemiller about this, and you know he kind of is of the thought of uh, down south where they have the the different districts where they kind of split and feed into different things. 
I mean, is that right. something that you would be a fan of? Because I talked to him and I said, I remember, for instance, you guys had an exceptionally good team one year when you met them in the districts in Wampak. You were playing well in the first half, and they have two nearly seven-foot kids that just sort of took over in the second half of, hey, these are good teams beating good teams. But then when you get out to the regionals, I tend to kind of favor, obviously, Northwest Ohio that maybe NWO whacks some easier district winners. Yeah, well, uh, that's definitely been talk. That's been talked about for a long time, having like super sectional ideas and, and things like that where we're not always just beating up on each other. And But I don't see it changing anytime soon, to be honest with you. So, you know, you just deal with it like the best way you can. And this year we actually move up to Division Three. So I'm assuming I don't think I, the assignments are actually out yet. I have um, But um, I, I would assume that we're going to probably be in district with teams like Wayne Trace and um, you know Liberty Benton, Ottawa Glendorf. So it doesn't get any easier. Just just a different scenery. So it, it, it'll be a challenge. And like I said, it's it is what it is. There's only one team from around here that gets out. And, you just got to try to be the last one standing. With being around for a little bit, uh, end of the year, you guys get Jefferson at home in February. Uh, do you look across the other bench and just kind of laugh that you're you're at that point where you're tenured enough that you have coached against Jordan Jettinghoff? Or, Say that you, again. I'm sorry. When Jordan Jettinghoff was a player, obviously, at Jefferson, you kind of laugh of, uh, wait a second. Wasn't this kid just playing not that long ago against me? Yeah, it it does feel a little bit weird that you know as you as you get old older you start to see a lot of I, I've actually seen a lot of assistant coaches that I coached against more so than head coaches, but you know obviously if they're assistant coaches that's probably not not too far down the road that they'll become head coaches. But I've seen a lot of coaches and I'm like. Man, I remember coaching against that kid. I remember coaching against that kid, and it's from all different schools, from all different conferences. It's happened everywhere. And so, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, there's a kid from Pauling, Alex Arellano, um, who I remember coaching against. A very good player. That was my son's AAU coach. <laughs> so yeah, it's getting interesting. It's that's the way it is when you get to be. 21 years on the job, I guess. I thought that the first time that I covered Alex in college, I'm like, wait a second. He's a senior? Right, yeah. When did that happen? Um, I just want to ask you this, uh, too. You have been a big proponent of the new regime at Ohio Northern with the men's basketball program. I saw you uh, at Northern, but what is it about that program that's so special to you that even 20-plus years removed that you go back, you go to games and give speeches to the team and kind of keep yourself immersed in that culture? Well, I think probably the biggest thing is is that you know I was I was so fortunate to be able to play there under you know Coach Campoli, who's a Hall of Famer, and play for a great program. Who you know they were just coming off of the national championship two years before when I got there. So you know, obviously there's there's tradition there, and there's a lot of history there. Um, there's great coaches, like I said, and and um, you know I think. I just had so much, I just had so many great experiences there and so many great people I met there. I always tell people some of the, some of the best things in my life came as a result of that, that experience at Ohio Northern. So 
I just feel a great deal of uh, gratitude to the university and to the people there because, you know, it kind of, it kind of helped shape me into who I am as a, as a person and as a coach. And so I, I like to try to, you know, stay involved and stay in touch and, and give back as much as I can. And um, I really love coach young. I think he's going to do wonderful things at Northern. He's got, he's, he's very detail oriented. He's, he's got a lot of energy and intensity and passion. And I like that. And, you know, so when he asked me to come over and speak to the team, I was more than happy to do it because I was, you know, I was actually excited and honored to do it because I, I do think so highly of him and, um, you know, I'm hoping for, for good days ahead for Ohio Northern basketball. Well, next weekend, I hope for uh, big things for you guys. You take on the uh, orange and black of Elida and Fort Jennings back-to-back and all season long. Thank you uh, so much for everything and for doing this. Oh, not a problem at all. It's my pleasure. That's the head coach of the Spencerville Bearcats and Kevin Sensiball back in just a couple of minutes. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Switching gears now, talking about Mac basketball and the Minster Wildcats with head coach Mike McClurg. And, hey, kind of an oddity in that you were originally supposed to start, as we say this, in about 10 days, but with your uh, game with Botkins getting postponed, you get an extra week of practice. We do. I guess you could look at that, look at it that way. We get a, uh, extra, uh, one extra less or one less week, I, I guess you could say, than everybody else. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're getting – um, we're getting, a, uh, we'll give the guys a week off here right after, uh, obviously football just lost to Larmy on Saturday and, um, we give I them a week off. Bring that up, so way to be that guy. Well, well, um, it is what it is. They, um, they had a good season. Um, but anyway, we give them a week off and then we'll, we'll have roughly, uh, two weeks to prepare for, uh, which will now be our opener at Houston. What is that like in that, uh, you don't have control over when your season starts and you're in obviously a program for the football program that has been very successful over the years. And you guys have the opportunity to sort of, I guess, give it back to Mike Wiss on the other end where if you have a very long run, then it becomes his problem of his season starting later. But it, it's a unique situation that I guess I want to say it's a good problem to have. Yeah. I mean, if we go deep, we'd make it to Dayton now, Columbus. Um, Mike's still probably not playing games because it's 30 below zero still around here. <laughs> well, he, but, he would try. <laughs> uh, he would try. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that there's, there's a couple things I think with that Mike, one is, um, you know, Marion, uh, Coldwater, there's a lot of teams. Bremen has been there lately a lot that have had to deal with this. And, uh, prior to the previous two years, I think uh, Stokes had us in the uh, um, in the pl- pretty deep every year, and I just find like I, I, I guess I feel like the later in the season basketball goes that it's it's not a bad thing. Um, obviously, we have to force a lot in at one time, 
but over the course of the year, um, you know, I think, I think it kind of works itself out. Um, now having said that, you know, the year when we were able to win the Mac was the year that, you know, we got our guys early. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily draw any equivalence there, but, um, you know, there's, there's a give and take to it. I, I ultimately, I love seeing our kids be successful and, uh, had a really good year in football and made a little bit of a run. And, um, that's, a, that's a good thing for our community and for our kids. So, um, at the end of the day, that, that kind of, that is what it is. And you just gotta, gotta figure it all out on the other side, which we've done this enough where we kind of know, know how to handle it. And, um, the other thing you don't want to do is rush your kids back too quick, you know, in order to force a game in. Um, make sure they get time. We get a couple kids banged up right now that just need, you know, they need a week to heal and maybe a few days after that just before they start really pounding on the on the gym floor. So, And on each other. And on each other, yes, which, you know, that's, that's always a big deal when you start the season is, um, you know, not you don't want to get the physicality out of them, but you got to make sure they understand what's a foul and what's not. Well, it's kind of funny because I've covered enough of your early season games over the years to where I remember a couple of years ago there was a game you had early in the year with Spencerville, and you just kind of said, you know, this this team would be pretty good once we get to playing basketball and forget that we're, you know, three days away from football ending. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think I think that's it. It's a, you know, it's a building process, which is, you know, as a coach, it's kind of the cool – you know, thing for every year is just, you know, what's your building process look like? What's your growth process look like? And we just have to do ours a little faster. And sometimes you take a few games on the chin early to, you know, kind of figure a lot of that stuff out, but it's all part of it. You've got, and I told you this, I texted you this after the first time I saw him play last year, a young man that I believe by the, he's already good, but by the time he becomes a senior in Brogan Steffi, who is going to be, a guy that when people look, they go, Minster, oh, no, we got to stop that kid. What is it like with him and kind of his early progression as a freshman last year going into now, all right, he's been a guy, now he's a guy that people are hunting? Yeah, that's – that's uh, Brogan is good. He's very good. And uh, what most people don't realize, he's naturally gifted, but he's an uh, uber worker. Like, the dude works his ass off all the time. Um, and – He's also, as I'm sure you've noticed, a really good quarterback. Uh, so I, I really haven't – I've seen him work out. I've watched him play at U, spent some time with him this summer. But I'm excited to get him his sophomore year after the progression I, see, I saw him during season in football kind of develop and, and take more of a leadership role because that's, that's really what we need him to do. But as ter- in terms of guys going at him and you know him being more recognized and kind of being our focal point, you know, it's my job to make sure we get some pieces around him. And, uh, you know, I, although we're young, I think we're going to be able to start to build some pieces around him too. You've got the max schedule, which is its own big animal. You've got games against teams like Wapakoneta and Perry where people are going, okay, well, we'll see what this team can do. But you've got two big showcase games this year. You play the New Year's Bash against Lucas, which kudos to you on a Monday to start the year. And then you play uh, not even two weeks later – in Fort Loramie's Classic against Miami East. How did those games come about as your non-conference games? Because you don't have a lot of those. No, obviously we have our, our conference games and 22 total. And most of what we play is, you know, Shelby County League. Like you said, the North, you know, we play Perry. Um, so we get the House, then Rushi, Jackson, that kind of stuff, Loramie. 
Um, but those kind of games are come about just, you know, logistically. And then also I think those kind of, those, those showcase games, those holiday games are a lot of fun for the kids. Breaks the routine a little bit. Um, you know, kind of gives them a different setting. Uh, last year we played in the MLK, uh, deal against Crestview and our kids had a ball. Just, uh, it was kind of a neat deal and, and Fort Lauderdale did a really good job hosting that. So, um, Harvest Prep had reached out this year. Um, and just asked if we would be interested in playing. And, you know, when, when we got some guys coming up like Brogan and maybe a couple others that, you know, just want to put them around the best players that we can and, and watch them grow that way too. So uh, just to give them a little bit, you know, a little bit of a different experience. We did flying to the hoop a couple years ago, uh, tw- two years in a row. And I think those kind of things are neat for high school kids to be able to experience. I remember doing those games, the flying to the hoop game and thinking, Everybody's coming here. They're talking about ball and and all these kids that you know all these national kids. And I said you just you don't understand when teams like Marion Local and Minster and Audeville all come here. They're coming here, and you're going to see a different brand of basketball. You're going to see a team brand, and I I don't know that people down there maybe fully appreciate it, but I remember watching it and going, these kids are playing their tails off because they're not going to get maybe the opportunity like this in front of these kind of crowds. Absolutely. Yeah, it's exactly right. And in, in just being around that setting and seeing some of those players, seeing the college coaches walk, walk around, I think that's really cool for our kids. And, you know, but as you mentioned it, it is a different brand. And I think Mac, Shelby County, North, I mean, all these, all these conferences around here, we play, you know, we play a style that, you know, we share it. It's physical, it's tough, um, it's very unselfish. It's, it's different than what people are used to watching on TV. And I think local high school basketball is, you know, especially around here, is some of the best stuff to watch if you if you like defense and you like tough physical basketball. Um, you know, the first the, the one year that we played there, I think we played uh, Frank Monroe, and uh, they had a kid that went somewhere. I forget his last name right now, but um, you know, it was kind of a showcase for him. But uh, you know, we ended up beating them, which was kind of kind of cool for our kids too. So and then we played Crestview the year that they uh, they won the state championship. I always find um, those games funny because you know why they scheduled it, but then uh, the teams, that's how I always try to preface that, the actual teams kind of spoiled the party. Yes, yep, and that always happens with Centerville. Now Centerville's more of a national team now, I guess you could say, but before Centerville was a national team, they were knocking guys, you know, these prep schools would come in from California and Centerville would play them and beat them by 20. And, uh, you know, Coach Cups does, a, you know, obviously a really good job with, with everything. And, you know, that, that, that kind of proves it there. And then, obviously, from a small school side, we, you know, we're, I think there's been a lot of schools around here like, that have done the same thing. I've always said that Brooke is one of the best defensive coaches that I've ever seen at the high school level. And I remember doing those games, and he used to just piss those coaches off because he would have all kinds of crazy schemes, and, and they would just – they would kind of collide to you to where they're they're okay beating you forty thirty two, and he doesn't care if he's the villain. No, he doesn't care <laughs> at all. He doesn't care at all. He's a, you know, he's a. I think he's really good coach. I think a lot of coaches have kind of you know consulted with him. He's done things the right way, and um, you know, obviously developed a really good really good program down there. But yeah, he's um, coaches around here. Just uh, you know, being able to share information with and you know, talk as a as a as a normal human being. Well, and I remember also. seeing him before he got to Centerville, and just watching him build programs to where 
when Centerville started becoming more of his identity, it was, all right, watch this. You guys are going to hate this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yes, but sir. A really neat thing uh, you talked about giving these kids kind of different situations is you'll play on a, a Monday one time this year in the New Year's Bash, and then you'll play on a Sunday on the MLK. I mean, that's that's about as different of a, a thing as I think you can get. Yeah, yeah. So we have Miami East. Um, in the in the Fort Laramie one, and then yeah, we have you know obviously the Harvest Prep, and I think um, again it's 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 different for our kids, mixes up their schedule a little bit, which I, ultimately I think is a good thing, you know, for them just to you know challenge them mentally. The middle of that first week, though, in January, not only are you going to be tired by the end of it, but I mean you face three terrific coaches. You go Monday Lucas, Friday with St. Henry, Saturday with Fort Laramie, and then a break before you have to take on for sales. That's, that's not a uh, murderer's row part of your schedule. I don't know what is. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be tough. There's a couple sections of our schedule that look like that, where it's a, you know, week, two weekend stretch where it's, uh, you know, it's going to be bloodbath. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to that. We think, you know, we think we've got um, enough firepower where we can compete at a higher level this year, obviously coming off of, you know, a young team and kind of a rougher season last year, but I think we could. We feel like we've got enough skill. It's just a matter of how how mature we can get fast. You know, we got to grow quickly um, here throughout this year. We need our sophomores to become juniors quick, and some of our freshmen to become sophomores pretty quick too. So, uh, how big is that for the development of a young team to be able to take on Marion Wapak Parkway and a Spencerville in that run? and Rushi as well, but to be able to get that group at home in front of their own fans and kind of, I would think it maybe slows down the the mistake process a little bit because you're you're more comfortable being at home? I would think so. Yeah, I don't know that I've really thought through that all that much, but, you know, I, I do think there's a, there's a comfortable side of being at home and not being on the road and having your fans there and, you know, our, our – Typically, our student section does a really nice job of just coming and supporting their their classmates. So, you know, I think that's a comfortable side for them. But, you know, I think we've also, over over the course of the years, done a pretty good job on the road. Um, But, you know, getting on your home turf, does it give it a few extra points? It always does, Um, especially when you're Delphus. Just don't get caught. When you're you're Delphus and playing at home, that's that's an extra 10 points (laughs) to coach Tell Coach Elwer I said that. <laughs> right. Uh, say, I've heard you guys start out 10 nothing. It has to feel like that. Uh, but what is it about this team that, as the season goes along, people will be talking about when they talk about Minster basketball? Well, I hope that they're talking about how hard we compete and how tough we are. And then I hope that they're talking about how, you know, how, how we're starting to come together. And, uh, I don't think anybody's going to want to play us, you know, in the tournament. And that's where I'm hoping we're at. Um, the kids got to buy into a, a few certain things in order for that to happen. And we've got to come together as a group. But I feel pretty good about, you know, what we have, some of the pieces that we have. Um, again, it's just our youth and being able to get our youth old. Um, and that's kind of what we're, you know, what we're kind of focusing on a little bit. We've got a couple seniors. Um, we've got three seniors this year that we're really going to look on from a leadership perspective and to try try to help guide that process and um, compete at a high level and do things the right way. 
So um, combine all that together, and hopefully everybody saying that we compete really hard. Um, we're tough. We're physical, and uh, you know we got some we got some guys that can shoot it. Well, I hope all of that mixes up into a lot of wins, and I wish you the best of luck. Mike, I appreciate it. It's always good to talk to you. That's Mr. Head Coach Mike McClurg. More coming up in just a couple of minutes. The Spencerville Athletic Boosters are a 501c3 organization committed to supporting the student-athletes at Spencerville Local Schools. All donations made to the Boosters go to the athletes for new jerseys, huddle equipment, and much, much more. To learn more about the Boosters and to help our athletes succeed on the field with your generosity off the field, please visit facebook.com slash Spencerville Athletic Boosters. Or if you have questions, please contact Sean McFerrin at BearcatBoosters at Outlook.com. Let's go Bearcats. Sticking with the Mac, talking uh, cold water basketball now with head coach Nick Fisher. And uh, Nick, you're in kind of a different position where you get your guys a little bit earlier. Unfortunately, the football season ended earlier than we would have liked. But is that an advantage now that maybe you can work on? Well, Michael, you know, we always root really hard for those guys, and uh, some of them are a little bit banged up from football yet, so they're going to take a week off, and uh, we'll get started next week with everybody. And we started with, uh, with the kids that either didn't play football or uh, freshmen and some of the younger guys. So, yeah, we're excited. I mean, they're excited to get started once we get rolling, and I know we'll be a little bit different having, uh, we'll get a couple scrimmages in and um, having a couple weeks practice. And before our first game, instead of a couple of days, will be uh, will be refreshing for us as a staff. It's odd, and and again, because of the success that the football team has had, to sort of have a normalcy of having the ability to have ten or twelve practices before your first game with Kenton. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's always something that's obviously you know better for for our kids and our program. Um, like I said, we will, we're always rooting for them. Um, to go as far and do as well as they can. And uh, I think this team had a heck of a season this year. And, again, we're just looking, looking forward to the opportunity to get started. Coldwater's been pretty good at everything lately. Uh, the, the success of the volleyball program, though, kind of mixed in with everything that's going on over there. Uh, I know the fall sports season has been a really big thing. It's got to have spirits at a pretty big high right now. Yeah, and the school just—it's you know, been super excited with everything going on with football and the volleyball. Um, so yeah, you know, we're, we're uh, excited to hopefully piggyback and springboard off of that right into the winter season. I know the girls are excited too to get started. I asked Mike McClurg about this with Minster about kind of how you almost always—it seems like—have to have three coaches that are totally in sync with the football, basketball, and baseball programs and the success that they've had and that you guys have had over the years. Is that an important thing to you that obviously you guys get along because you're sharing these kids and, and kind of for a lot of times overlapping seasons? Well, I think it's huge, you know, and, and Chip and I have been together for a while. I was on his staff as a junior high coach and, and uh, you know, Harley and I knew each other since childhood. And, um, just, just having that, that relationship could talk to them about, you know, what was best for our guys and, um, they truly felt, <clears throat> excuse me, um, what was best for our guys is similar to what we felt. Um, so it was, it, I think it's, you know, again, in the in a program where we're going to share so many kids, um, I think it's huge that, you know, we as adults talk about things 
and get things straightened out so the kids don't have to be put in tough spots um, or make tough decisions. And I think uh, um, those guys have done that really, really well. And, and I've already been in contact with uh, Corey Clark. He's going to take over uh, for Brian. He's already, you know, we've already reached out and talked to each other about um, things that, you know, they're going to do this summer, um, you know, with acting and, and with baseball in general and, and what we want to get done. So, yeah, that's it's truly refreshing. And I don't think it would work if it wasn't that way. Well, it'd be a lot harder anyways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it would put the kids in a tough spot. Yeah, and that's that's. I'm always just fascinated because I don't know that people maybe necessarily get how that works in that, you know, yeah, you, you know, one coach go from another season or whatever, but you really have to kind of be in sync as a, a staff to just be able to go, okay, here's what we're thinking. We want to keep these kids – not injured. We want to make sure they do the best, but we need to kind of make sure we're all kind of on the same page. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's, it's unbelievably huge. And, you know, at a school our size and most of the schools in this area, I'm sure some of the athletes, it's just vital. You know, we're getting some of the bigger schools. I got some friends that put your band, uh, yeah, you know, they'll have guys that, you know, just focus mostly on baseball or folks on football or basketball or whatever. And the, the sharing of athletes doesn't happen. About the same level, but it has to happen at a school or side. So, yeah, it's like I said, it's vital. I want to say we've talked about this before, I know, but uh, congratulations to you. The Bob Arnson Award, obviously, something that very special to uh, people in Northwest Ohio and for you to have picked that up in March. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, it, it was a nice award and um, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time here and um, we'll continue to enjoy it and, and hopefully the kids will. Uh, uh, keep working hard and keep going in the right direction. Uh, kind of a, a thing, though, that kind of makes you laugh at a little bit when you look at it and kind of look back a little bit because they don't give that out to a coach unless that coach has spent 20 or more years at the same school. Kind of a way to look back and go, yeah, we've been at this for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, it goes so fast. You know, you know, you don't, again, it's a nice reflection to look back, but um, it does happen fast and you truly appreciate it. Um, all the kids and coaches and parents, I mean, you've had, you've had contact with over those years. It's, uh, it's just a, it's a good, good ride, good experience. I've heard, though, too, that it's one of those things where you kind of look at and go, you know, it kind of did go by pretty quick. And I've got to imagine, you know, because it seems like forever ago that uh, last year they wanted to honor all the coaches that had been at St. Mary's that that happened before you got to Coldwater. Yeah, and like I said, I I'm I'm just thoroughly enjoyed it, and, and hopefully we'll continue to enjoy it. Last season, the four wins. Uh, it just seemed like you guys never could completely gel, and then maybe get those fifty-fifty plays like you had been in the years prior. Yeah, we, we struggled, you know, and, and it, it was a tough season on, on everybody, kids included, coaching staff, and community in general. Um, but you know, I, even even with all that, you know, I remember telling the kids in the banquet, and even telling them at the end of the season, I, I had a good time. You know, um, our kids worked hard. You know, and, and uh, did what we had to do. We could just, like you said, we could never really get over that hump. Um, we were in so many games; it was so close. And, you know, and that kind of season can go either way. And I don't think it was from lack of effort. Um, I don't think it was uh, anything. You know that that the kids. You know, could have done, should have done different, or even us as a staff. It's just, this is one of those tough years, and, and uh, 
we had some young kids that got some good time, and, and hopefully uh, we'll use that to you know get going into this season. Is it frustrating, though, a little bit because you play in your first four losses, three of them are by seven points or less. Shawnee's in there, Ayersville's in there, Elida's in there. They're all home games in which you're you're supposed to get, I don't know, five or six points, unless, as I've been told the story, you play at St. John's, then they're up ten. But to to kind of have that go and look at it back and go, all right, we were in these games, we can take a lot of good out of it, but just one, two, three possessions maybe just didn't go our way. You know, that's something, you know, and a couple of those possessions do go your way, you know, it, it, can, it can change the whole reflection of, you know, um, what follows after as far as the season goes. But again, um, I applauded our guys all year long, you know, even with the, the, the season we were having and, and the struggles we were having um, to finish games or, or just get that W. Um, I, I just felt like we continued to work hard and get better. Um, and again, um, that, that's a tribute to our kids. Tournaments, you guys always seem to fall into an oddity in kind of where you're located and what division you're in. You had to gas up the bus after you uh, went to Elida and, and kind of get those teams like Ottawa Glandorf and Riverdale where you're not necessarily close to them. What What is the oddity about the size of Coldwater that kind of puts you out there on your own island? It's kind of it's kind of twofold, you know, our size and we're in the you know, further, further southern part of our district um, for the fact that we go north so much and, and uh Having the opportunity to play those teams, you know, that are up there. And again, um, with Huddle today, you know, you can get a good pick on, a uh, good look at a, at a lot of different teams. So uh, um, sometimes it's kind of refreshing, too, not to you know that, you know, be in this area where you got MAC schools, you know, um, beating each other up in the, in the sectionals or districts. So sometimes it can, it can work both ways, um, playing those different teams that you're not, you know, really used to can be a good thing. I've joked about this with other coaches, but the way that, uh, the MAC, the WBL, the Shelby County, the Northwest Conference all kind of interact with one another, that you nearly play enough teams to qualify to play for a WBL title. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. I know some teams up north play in, in two leagues, but uh, um, we, try, we try to keep the schedule a little bit fresh too, playing some teams like Ayersville, you know, somebody that's kind of out of the area, but yet, you know, has some common opponents um, during our during tournament time. So, uh, um, I, I'm content with the Mac. It's tough enough to, you know, to join the WBL wholeheartedly would be um, brutal. How hard is it early on in the season with the way that your schedule breaks out? You play St. Henry in your third game, and then you have the possibility that you can always see them or Marion or Salina with the way it is with the AAA Holiday Classic at your place of trying to get – I mean, is it easier to, to do that early in the year, the first 10 games to get it out of the way? Or would you rather maybe the schedule flips and you don't see them until later in the year? Um, I, I think it makes it tough. I mean, it makes it tough on everybody, and, and uh, I'm not a big fan of that. You know, the scheduling in that situation, and that's something that we're kind of looking at. Maybe, uh, maybe making an adjustment too, so that you know, especially if we get late start, it just makes it tough to play. You know, let's say Henry within two week time window or Salina. Or, or Marion, it's just it, it, it's tough, and I know some of the leagues play, you know, uh, home and away with everybody, and, and I've never been a, been a big fan of that at all. I guess it depends on how the first one goes. <laughs> sure, uh, but I just uh, I think it makes it tough. You know, as competitive as it is around here, 
um, to play somebody twice uh, in a season, let alone twice within a two or three week window. It's just tough. Well, I know there's a lot of teams, uh, especially with football, the way it worked out this year, where between the end of basketball last year, going into the tournament, and then coming into football this year, where they play almost back to back against the same team, I can't imagine how that would work. Of all right, the first one all right, has to, I guess, just kind of give us a look for the second one. Yeah, you know, you can look at it a lot, a lot of ways. I know some teams will keep it real vanilla the first time they play. You know, with the possibility of playing them again later and maybe the tournament, um, I just think you got to put your kids in the best position to win every time you go out. So um, playing playing that close together just it makes it tough on everybody. You've got some pretty smart coaches, both on your staff, yourself, and on your schedule that bring so many different ways. I mean, there's teams that will want to get out and run with you. There's teams that uh, Eric will throw every defense in the world that he can find at you, and he might make a couple up. Uh, what's that do to you once you get to tournament season? Does it make it easier to kind of go into the the postseason of, okay, I've just got to think back, but we've seen every kind of morphing defense or any kind of offense people want to run? I think it's huge. I think it's great, you know, for our, for our kids later on. It makes it tough at the time, again, especially getting a late start. Usually year in, year out, um, it, it makes it a little bit more hectic uh, for us to you know, just get our kids prepared. But again, a lot of times, I think some of the success we've had in the tournament and some of the tournament runs we, we, we've made um, are a large part due to our schedule. And the fact that, you know, like you said, the teams we're going to see and the coaching uh, experience and the high coaching abilities that um, are in our league and in our schedule um, just help prepare. We talk to kids, all the parents, for um, a good opportunity to get, uh, get things done in the tournament. So that's something we're always uh, excited about. You know, that time of the season comes around. I like everybody else, but I think uh, our kids are, are, are very well prepared. You guys go to some different places this year. Is there a place on your schedule, nothing to do with the game, but maybe as far as the atmosphere goes, that you're looking forward to visiting? Um, I, you know, I'm. I, I, I enjoy our schedule. I enjoy the the Mac, just the rivalry in the Mac, and you know, there's just about every gym that you go to um, in our league schedule. Where there's you know, not only people that you know and relatives that you have, and the kids have, just on the atmosphere alone um, is second none. Just makes it fun. Makes it fun for everybody. When you go through the course of the season, obviously winning is a an easy answer. Every coach has given me that, but. What is it that you're hoping that people are going to be saying, let's say mid-January, about cold water basketball? Um, I, you know, I think we as a coaching staff and our kids just pride us pride on the fact that you know, we're hard-nosed and um, a team that will give maximum effort and, and uh, um, get better every week. So, you know, by mid-January, hopefully, um, we're uh, playing some of our best basketball. Yourselves included. When you look at the Midwest Athletic Conference, who stands out to you that'll probably be near the top this year? Uh, I think Marion's, you know, with the size that they have, and you know, I'm sure they'll do the job in the guard played kind of well with them. Um, I think they'll be a tough, uh, tough team to deal with. Um, I think Minster again um, will, will be solid. Um, you know, Eric will do a heck of a job at saying his kids prepared to play. Um, Aaron Elwer's got some young kids in my adult St. John's that'll be solid. Um, 
Like Hughes does a great job Parkway. He's got things going in the right direction. And then Bob Brett's new, um, sort of new to the position, but I'm not sure how he'll have the 42. Every kid's playing um, extremely hard and extremely well. Um, so, again, it'll just be a, it's a tough gauntlet to run, but it's a fun one, too, and I think our kids uh, really enjoy it. You're the second coach that I've had that's pretty much said, you know, this is a year where I believe everybody's going to be pretty good and anybody could come out on top. I think, you know, it, it, there's always a lot of parity in the league. Um, and, and again, that's what makes it so competitive. Um, and I, I don't see this year being any different for that matter. Um, I just hope, uh, hope we get things going here um, with a little bit you know, earlier start than usual, usual and, and uh, get things rolling. Well, hopefully the extra practices pay off. Um, you can only hope, you know. Um, it, it's really uncomfortable for them to the last couple of years, we've won the games with you know, literally two or three, two or three, four days of practice max with, with our guys. And you know, like last year playing Lydon, know that they probably you know with uh, Coach Tabo, they're probably going to come press. You know, we work on a press bigger. You know, one day or one and a half days, it's just it's uh, it's kind of nerve wracking, um, and it makes it hard on the kids. So with the extra practices that we'll have this year, um, even though we still don't get that month or those five scrimmages like. A lot of teams do. Um, it's a little bit more, uh, um, I don't know what I would say, rewarding that we'll have a few more days to, to get ready. Well, I wish you guys the best of luck uh, in the entire season. Hey, Michael, I truly appreciate it. Appreciate all you do. That's the head coach at Coldwater, Nick Fisher, whose checks in the mail. More in just a couple of minutes. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Contact Earhart Stick Shoulder Insurance in Kaleida at 419-532-3343. Talking to Eric Rosenbeck, the head coach at St. Henry Eric, a lot of things on tap coming up in uh, just a short period of time, about a week as we talk. But coming off a 12-10 and 10 season, you guys have to replace quite a bit at, at the top. What do the young guys look like? Uh, there's quite a bit of them. We only have one senior this year, and that's John Hardings. And behind that, there's 10 juniors. So um, they're, they're a talkative group, which I really like. Uh, makes practice a lot of fun. They've worked really, really hard for us so far. Um, through the first 10, 15 practices or however far along we are. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're trying to piece together um, who fits where, what they do. It might take us a little while. Our, our schedule is very, very difficult this year, especially the front end. Um, so we're going to have some growing pains along the way, but uh, we're hoping as we head to 2023 that we are ready to go and, um, and, and really playing good basketball. Is that – I would think one of the absolute hardest things with those young guys and having those 10 players who I imagine a good portion of played JV last year that of just kind of watching them become a puzzle and put themselves together and see how they fit. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of that way every year, but obviously when you have this, this much of an influx of inexperience and trying to see who who's developed, who fits where, who plays well with each other, all those are factors and trying to get playing time and, um, and we're pretty even across the board um, as far as talent-wise. And so it, it's going to have to be different guys stepping up every night 
for us to reach some of the goals we have for ourselves. With a lot of these kids, and I've asked a lot of coaches this because I'm always kind of fascinated on how this works, playing multi-sports, playing together, is there any kind of, I guess, cohesion that those kids that, that play those sports together bring in for the rest of the group? Yeah, I, I absolutely believe that, that they, they've known each other their whole lives and they've played together and they understand each other and what they're trying to get accomplished um, at the same point. Um, other teams in this area are in the same boat. So then it comes down to execution and fundamentals and things like uh, checking out, which um, we've had some, some of our scrimmages where I've been pretty happy with and other ones where I'm like, we're getting killed on the boards, uh, taking care of the basketball. We've had some quarters where it looks pretty good and others where it gets away from us a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think that cohesion is definitely um, is definitely there. But around this area, I can't really – say that one team has an advantage over the other because I guarantee all the Fort Recovery kids have been playing together their whole life, the same way the Spencerville kids have and the Marion local kids and you bring in whatever team you want to bring up. You guys have shown over the years that you don't really care who you play or where you play them at. What is it about your schedule this year? I mean, your first five games, including Versailles and Shawnee in terms of higher division teams, that how much does that help you later on in the season, especially when you get to the tournament? Well, it, it definitely shows us where we stand and, and what we're made of. Th- this year is different to me on the front that we're the inexperienced team and uh, about every single team on our schedule is returning uh, a full house, it feels like. Um, sales is actually returning maybe about the same we are, but they have Stonebreaker, who's a, who's a scholarship kid, so he'll be a loading of himself. But, but yeah, just there's, there's a lot of talent returning. And I really like our kids, and I like the way they battle. Um, we're trying to make sure we put ourselves in positions at the end of the game um, to win some of these close contests and, and to fight and scrap uh, with teams like Shawnee, like Spencerville, like Rushi, um, like Coldwater, et cetera, who are at the, at the beginning of our schedule. It's, um, you can learn from losses, but it's much more it's much more satisfying to learn from wins. This may be, whether through dumb luck of – uh, your opponents, uh, unfortunately, not going as far in football or you guys not going as far this year. One of the rare years where it seems like you don't have to move a lot of your games at the top. No, not yet, but um, Mary will probably end up getting moved. I would assume that. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with Larmy and New Bream as well for football, et cetera. So, yeah, we'll get a couple weeks in. Um, last year, worked to our advantage on that. We, we, um, we went pretty dang far in football at the regional finals. And then uh, we were really beat up and had uh, some sort of sickness, whether it was COVID, flu, I don't know what it was, but it was bad. And we just got annihilated and pasted by St. Mary's and Shawnee. And luckily for us, the next week, some football and some of the scheduling, we didn't play the following week, which gave us like two weeks to kind of recalibrate, get our stuff together. Um, and we started playing better basketball after that. So. Um, yeah, sometimes it works to your advantage, sometimes not. Um, other local teams and then making runs in uh, football playoffs, uh, including us on, on various years. Well, you might be one of the lone teams this year that I've come across, or at least coaches I've interviewed so far for this, that actually opens up the season the way you'll play throughout the course of the year with a back-to-back and both on the road. Yeah, it's kind of been that way for a while now. When we went to the 22-game schedule, um, added Rushi and Hannah from the Shelby County League, and they're both um, really, really strong opponents. And 
uh, yeah, Spencerville, um, they had some years there where they were fighting and scrapping and calling, but, but they're, they got some really, really nice pieces some really nice talent. And Rishi's one of those teams I feel like is a full deck too. Uh, they graduated a couple of pieces, but, uh, I would say six or seven of their top eight or nine are back. Um, so our, our opening weekend is going to be, we're going to find out who we are in a hurry. In your first six games, you traditionally, at least this year and kind of every couple of years with a schedule play, Coldwater, Salina, and Marion, the same teams that you potentially turn right back around at the end of the month and play at least two of them in the assets allocation tournament. Is there any kind of, I guess, big advantage or disadvantage with those kind of games of just kind of getting complacent? No, not at all. I, I've been on both sides of that coin. I love playing those games as, as local teams, and then you got aunts and uncles and cousins and family members and rivalries, and um, you know, not that's um, not fun to go play. Um, I don't know up in Columbus Grove or Fort Jennings or something like that over the holidays, but over the holidays you have some some of that rivalry and and whatnot. Um, yeah, it, and then I, we've seen it in all aspects. Like I, I've seen. Um, Marion, where they come out the first game versus Salina after they've made like a state run in football, and it looks like nobody's going to be in the whole year. They look like the best team I've ever seen. I've seen, or we've personally ourselves come out of like football, and we look like we never touched a basketball in our life. It's kind of happenstance, and um, I don't put a lot of stock in it. Um, mostly just are we competing and playing hard, and if shots are falling, then as you hit January, you hopefully start hitting your stride. I've talked to a lot of coaches over the years, and generally when I ask them, who's a coach that you guys have in your schedule or you meet up in the tournament or you see the brackets and you kind of pull a couple of hairs out and realize that guy is going to throw everything at me. And the answer is generally you. And I've taken this to mean that they mean that in the most flattering way, but what is it about you that from a schematics perspective, do you watch a lot of college or NBA and just kind of, maybe pick and choose different things there because it's been told to me that you come up with things that maybe they haven't seen at the high school level. Um, well, uh, yeah, we'll take it as, <laughs> we'll take it as flattering. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it just comes down to belief in, in our guys and what gives them the best chance to win. Um, and so sometimes that might mean a triangle and two or a box and one, or that might mean, to uh, throw a random one three one that we haven't shown all year, um, just because our energy is low. So it's a lot of gut. It's a lot of um, seeing different guys. The problem with that is, is, I would I would argue against myself is we've done that quite a few times, and in the end, we've had so many close games there. But there's been more times that we've taken the L than the W. That I'm like, maybe we should just play with who we are um, and go back, and then you question it. And I think that as a coach, that's that's really tough. And so. Um, when we do some of that stuff and scheme up, I, there's a lot of dialogue with the players. I, I like to let them know, like, hey, I'm going this route. This is why I'm doing it. This is why I think it's a good idea. But if you guys don't believe in it, we'll, we'll scrap it and we'll, and we'll go with more of our, our traditional system type stuff. So, um, yeah, all those factors and, and what we think, you know, gives us the best advantage. But that, that's like the shot clock. Like, people bring up the shot clock and whatnot. We're, we're, we're known for going, like, four corners and holding it and stuff. And that's why we. That's why I want the shot clock. That's why we need the shot clock to take people like me out of the game because <laughs> I'm going to hold it because I think it gives us the best advantage on a certain night, and nobody's paying money to watch us do that stuff. But I got to do what I think is best for our kids. So if you force my hand with a shot clock, well then 
I got to learn to coach a little bit differently and just give our kids the best chance to win any of those rules. So, um, yeah, some of those types of things, I think, could be helped with, with something like a shot caught. But, I don't know, that's my little tangent, I guess, on, on such things. I think that uh, somewhere Dean Smith is smiling, just at the, the usage of the four-corner offense. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that he is. It has been good to us different years, uh, just depending, again, on personnel. Like when we have somebody like Mitch Stommen, who who's an unbelievably explosive athlete, and you get him out in space, then it looks pretty dang good. If you get somebody like Eric Rosenbeck up there at the top, then don't run it because you're going to look foolish and they're going to cut you off and it's not going to go well. So a lot of that's the same idea of like personnel and like, okay, they got Eric Rosenbeck trying to guard Mitch Stommen. Well, that's, they, he has no chance. So yeah, we'll go four coins just to get the matchup we want and kind of scheme it up. Well, it is fascinating because are those things that you guys work on earlier in the year and you just sort of pocket them so that maybe when you talk about it later in the year, you can go, okay, we've at least seen this way back in the day. Both. Like, we, we'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll have it at the beginning of the year and maybe it's not hitting home the way we want and we can come back to it. We don't ever really throw it completely away. Um, at least usually not. Most of the time, it's as we're scheming up and we have you know, three or four days, it's like, all right, we're going to try to go at it this way just to see how they adjust or don't. Uh, that, that was one of the things I didn't like in our season last year versus Marion Local. We, we played them traditional. We were man-to-man. They're really athletic, long, and strong. And I didn't, I didn't have the, the guts to, to go into a zone just to kind of see how they would respond. I didn't want them to hit, like, back-to-back threes or for us to not know how to check out in a zone. And then there was like two games later, they play Antwerp, and, and Antwerp just really stifled them with their with their one three one. Now, obviously, um, they were a really really good team, and they're really but long, still, really long. Yes, and, and I would like to have seen us try that though. So, um, yeah, like you know, we we didn't run much zone last year. We we did some at the beginning, but you had to go back to your question. Yeah, like at the beginning of the year, if we haven't, it's there. It's like, well, remember we did this, so. Our main focus here is to double down on Kanaf gear to make sure that we take Hess from getting in the paint, whatever it might be, and, and hope that it works and roll the dice. I take it from listening to you that you sat with that Marion game for quite some time. Yeah, like uh, they got us in uh, the district finals in 18, and they went on to win state. We got them the next year, and they lost in the, in the state semis. And so that was kind of a, uh, a district, you know, a little breaker there and uh and they got us um in the semis and at the end of the third we had a three in the corner that didn't go and then they hit one from about half court so it goes from possibly being four points to ten and then we had to you know scramble and they got us and, and there's another team like they are bringing back a load of talent they're going to be a really good ball team um so we're going to have to get our act together in a hurry if we're going to be able to beat somebody like that whenever we play them well, hopefully the football run continues for quite some time, so that just keeps getting pushed back and back. You get your season in, and they're kind of scrambling at the beginning of the year. Yeah, whatever it takes, man. I I can see Kurt both happy and uh, not so much about that. Yeah, he's down. He's got that system down. He does a, he does an unbelievable job because you're, you're losing 20, 25 practices, 30 practices, whatever it turns out to be, depending on the year of skill and install and everything. So, so that turns summers and off-season stuff really, really important. Um, and, and he's been doing it a while, as of many different 
um, schools in the area. So, um, yeah, he, he does a great job. He knows um, how to utilize his athletes, and they hit gaps really hard, and they defend as hard as anybody you'll see. Um, and they got that identity, and they kind of roll with it. Um, uh, with that being said, we can't just be like, well, Marion's big and long and talented. Let's go get our butts kicked. That's not St. Henry basketball. So, um, yeah, we got them circled. Like, that's, that's the team for us to beat last year we had. Bremen circled as the team to beat if we want to get out of district. Sure enough, we saw them in the sectional finals. We were lucky enough to beat them. Um, but then Marion got us in the district semi. So this year, it's, uh, I think Spencerville is going to be really, really good. Uh, I think Marion's going to be really good. There's a lot of teams like us that are rock solid that we're going to get through. You have a weird ending to your season in that you end on a Monday night in February. I, I don't know that I remember anybody ending. I mean, I've seen the the Tuesday night games, but I don't know that I've seen anybody end on a Monday night like that. Yeah, I don't understand why the OHSAA doesn't step in on this. I'm sure there's reasoning um, that I don't understand. I've never asked, so I can't really complain about it. But the Southwest District starts a week before we do, and Versailles is in our league, and so we have to roll them up to the front of the schedule because obviously we can't play them on a Friday night when they're in tournament. Like, uh, it's mind-numbing to me that we can't get the tournament to start for everybody at the same time. Um, like, everybody's going to have start the earliest tournament game you can have is on Tuesday, February 24th, whatever it might be. I, that, that doesn't make sense to me. But, again, I'm sure there's a whole lot of factors. I never really looked into it. The only time I really get concerned is a situation like this, which happens about once however many years where we're playing somebody from the South and they're already in tournament and then we're not and we're trying to like stay sharp for tournament it, it's uh it's a good challenge but again we've had that when i've coached long enough now that we've had that where that's been a positive for us where we kind of need to recharge and refocus get away from it before tournament we've had it where we're on a roll and we're like the last thing we need is a break like we want to just keep playing so i'll let you know how i feel about it when it comes to <laughs> mid, mid right because especially because you go friday saturday monday that week <laughs> yeah I know, and it's like, it's like Bath, St. Mary's, and I don't even know who the other team is. I'm like, holy. Yeah, so, yeah, we're going to have our hands full, three out of four. And then, yeah, I mean, if we play really good basketball, if we can win two out of those three or, or, or all three, then, um, you know, we'll probably want to keep playing. If we, if we take it on mouse, maybe it'll be good for us to, to take Tuesday, Wednesday off before we get ready for tournament. So, <laughs> right. We'll see what happens and, and go from there. I think the uh, I think the Northwest-Southwest District conversation is a whole other podcast because I've had – Coaches in every sport and from uh, every place kind of bring that up, and it always ends with, yeah, I just sit and complain about it. Nothing gets done. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I would think that I'm not known for not voicing my opinion, which sometimes hurts and sometimes helps depending on who you are and what it is about. And some of these different matters, I've tried to express our viewpoint, but there's always a, a, usually a pretty solid argument on the other side. That one I've never really looked into, but now we're talking about maybe I should have. Like, well, how does this work? Who's making the decision? Is there anyone to complain to? Or is it just this is the way things are? Uh, but then again, I might not want to complain because it might be the perfect thing for us. Right, so right. Let, let, me, let me stand back till uh, February, then I'll decide. You could be the old man shaking your fist at the cloud at this point. Yeah, just like Grandpa Simpson. Exactly. I just watched that episode the other day, too. I'm glad that, go, that's the go. first time someone's actually made a Simpsons reference that wasn't me on this show. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could appease you. I, I enjoy the jokes every day, by the way. Yeah, well, 10-4, we're, 
We're getting ready to recycle back to number one. There's like 900 of them in there, and people kind of give them to me, and I keep adding them. I'm literally at like the last one, and, and some of them accidentally get go twice anyway because people give to another guy. I said like four years ago, but yeah. So we've been we're like however many years now, always adding them, and and then we'll uh, we'll start fresh again from from day one. And you got to really be a JOD connoisseur to to know what I'm going to say, but we'll try them out and we'll go from there. Well, I can tell you that I am maybe the only person who's ever done this, but sometimes. When you go to timeouts, I read those as the joke of the game. So, I mean, they're at least, <laughs> they're at least getting exposed to a handful of people. <laughs> well, hopefully they're rolling their eyes the way my students do and then just get really depressed that uh, on their principal. Denny just sort of looks at me and just goes back to what he's doing of, did he really put that out? Like, yeah, that's what he's, I said, that's what he's down there telling the kids right now. You're dang right. We try that out, and uh, Deb and I always laugh, but I don't think anybody else does. Everybody else is pretty much annoyed with it at this point. But yeah, you know, I, I got to keep it going now. It's got like ten years in a row, so can't stop it now. I like I said, it's always one of my favorite things when I see it in my feed. Of oh, what's this one going to be? I tell my wife, and uh, she doesn't think you're as funny as I do. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> Your wife's a smarter person than you are. Right, right. Well, that's that's a whole story for a different day. I think. Uh, I wish you good luck this year. Uh, I always joke, I tell every coach this, except for your opener when you play my alma mater. Well, yeah, that's uh, absolutely true, and I, I don't I don't have a good comeback for it. Other than <laughs> I just, I'm hoping that we continue to grow as a team. They're, they're a really fun group. They, they, they play their freaking butts off for us. I love them, and I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping the players can get rewarded for all their hard work with, with some W's on the left side of the scoreboard. That is uh, St. Henry coach Eric Rosenbeck. We're back with some more here in just a couple of minutes. At Herring House Furniture in downtown Ottawa, we have the largest selection of reclining furniture in northwest Ohio. And that's a lot to see. Come on over and check us out. Sticking with the Mac and talking about Delphi St. John's basketball, the head coach in Aaron Elwer, you've got, uh, I would think, pretty high expectations. A lot of coaches I've talked to in the Mac this year say you guys are one of the teams to beat. Yeah, I, I guess in the time you get a little bit of positive um, publicity from you know your peers, and especially in our, our conference, um, is a good thing. Um, you know, and I, I guess that probably speaks of our six letter winners back from last year. Um, and, you know, having that experience and, and all of those six guys played big roles, um, won big games, were in, in tight competitive games towards the end. Um, so, obviously, having that big of a number back, I, I think, you know, sets the bar for us high. Um, you know, we have some young guys, you know, currently here at one of the preseason that are battling for positions, you know, around those six guys. And um, so it makes for good competition. It makes for good practice. And, um, you know, back to, I guess, your original question, the expectations are always high. You know, we hold our program um, to a high level, and uh, and we're ready and excited to get our year started. That seems like that's a compliment to you and what you've been able to get out of the kids over the years because it's not a real real big secret. You guys are not a very big school in terms of you sure. have 59 in your enrollment this year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we ask our guys to – um, to be prepared, um, to work extremely hard, to give great effort. And, and I think through those three things, we give ourselves a chance each night to be competitive. Uh, we know that our, our league is very difficult. We know our non-league is, is very difficult as well. And, you know, our players understand that. 
Um, but we also feel that if we can really defend at a high level, you know, compete, play hard, and are really, really prepared, that has given us a chance to be successful over the past, um, you know, several years. And, and our guys understand that. Uh, that's our expectation again this year. And, and now you, we do all those things coupled with some experience. Uh, and hopefully our young guys can help us out. Uh, and then we just continue to hopefully, you know, continue to win and be highly, highly competitive. Well, luckily for you, Kaleida's football team didn't make that long state run that they're used to over there that uh, you don't have to move any of your games, it seems like. Well, it's funny you say that. We actually were supposed to open up with Antwerp, um, and Antwerp just lost last night, and, and we're supposed to play them next Friday. So we are not going to open up with Antwerp. We actually will open up with Kaleida. Um, at our place, December the second. Oh, see, that's weird because of course the schedule yep. I'm looking at already has that game in February, so I didn't even think about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, we just moved it the other day, so um, that schedule is up to date. Well, the guys at Davy One are on top of it, apparently. Yeah, I, I sent him an email, and he's good to go. Because I I saw it, and it already says uh, Saturday, February 11th. Yeah, yep, that is the correct date. That's kind of crazy, though. And I joke yeah. uh, about Kaleida's football team, and Ryan reminded me, he said, well, you know, soccer did pretty well. Is, yes, they did. splitting hairs. <laughs> That's good. I mean, you know, you gotta you got to get the humor where you can get it. That's right. But, uh, I mean, you guys have you know, that big schedule outside of the MAC. You look at uh, – you play the heavy hitters, obviously the Holy War on that Sunday. How much right. do you still enjoy that game? Because you know it's the only game in the area – and pretty much everybody is looking at it going, man, I don't know how I feel. I, both of these teams are so good that it's produced mm-hmm. so many great matchups over the years. Yeah. yeah, you know, obviously being from Delphus and being a graduate of St. John, I've been around it, you know, really my whole life. Um, and, you know, I've played in it, uh, now coached in it. And so, and, and like you said, so many great players, so many, you know, Hall of Fame coaches, uh, so many great games, you know, I, um, you know, since I've been here, you know, overtime games, triple overtime games, buzzer beaters, um, having a shot at the last second, them hitting a, a shot at the last second to send overtime, um, just keeps adding to, I think, the uniqueness of a Sunday afternoon, um, two-story programs. Um, it, it's unique. It's fun. Um, our, our guys enjoy it. And uh, we've had a lot of great battles uh, for a long, long time and, uh, and even in my tenure as well. I know that uh, I've not actually gotten to do one, but my good friend Aaron Matthews would always tell me that that was his favorite day of the year because he gets to go to work, and in some cases, depending on the weather, he would get to wear shorts on a Sunday to call basketball. But uh, he just marveled about how great that rivalry is. Yeah, yeah. He would always – we would always do our pregame show um, and talk a little bit about that. And like you said, he always talks about him wearing shorts on a Sunday and allowing himself to go to work. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, I guess adds to um, the uniqueness um, of that Sunday um, and, and a lot of how many positive things can come from, you know, the rivalry and being at the only game in town. Do you like these early starts? I mean, obviously, Sunday is obviously a different thing because it's uh, right. the 1 o'clock. But, I mean, you've got a handful of times. You play Pandora Gabo, you play yeah. Spencerville, you play Antwerp, where you get these early afternoon starts. Yeah. Yeah. So some coaches have, have really kind of went that direction. Um, so in talking with them, they've really, really enjoyed it and liked it. Um, and so we kind of thought, well, let, let's give it a try uh, for no other reason than that. Um, so I, I guess maybe ask me next year, uh, you know, <laughs> if we liked it and how it went. Uh, but if we're going to give it a shower and get something different. Um, double weekends are so difficult the way they are. Um, 
you know, and, you know, so why drag out the day if we can get our guys in and allow them to sleep in and, and get our game plan in mid to late morning and um, see where we are late, late Saturday afternoon rather than late Saturday evening. Um, so, you know, all those coaches agreed to it. Um, we're going to see where we are. You know, we've, we've got a lot of questions why we did that. And really the only reason is to try something new and um, we'll talk to our players how they like it. And if it doesn't go well, we'll re- we will readjust for next year. I've asked a couple of coaches that I know uh, Matt Tabler and uh, Frank Keller, yeah. big proponents of yeah. those. And, and both of their quotes were, you know, I hate waiting around all day to play a game. Yeah, Let's right. just get it over yeah. with early. Yeah, there's Samaritan. Actually, funny bringing up Matt's name. He's the one that kind of got in my ear a little bit about that. Um, and, you know, obviously got me thinking about it. And, you know, we kind of obviously went that direction this year. And, um, yeah, there's Samaritan sitting around all day and dragging the, the double weekend on as long as possible. And um, we've talked to our guys already about that. And we hope that we're going to embrace that. And um, we'll, we'll see. Um, see how everything goes but how does that work for coaches because i've asked a couple of of coaches this that have those kind of double weekends that are are late and early as far as scouting goes do you put one guy on the second day opponent because it's not a Um, league game yeah yeah you know all of our coaches have different roles um you know you know some of them will start looking at that game a little earlier than me um you know if, if, if a week is going really well and we have a double you know normally by wednesday um I feel really good about what we're trying to do on Friday in our league game. And then I'll start to turn my focus and and preparation to Saturday's game a little bit. Um, And then a little bit on Thursday, Uh, Friday, I do really don't mess with anything because it's a game day. Um, We'll go in early Saturday and make adjustments for, you know, the game the night before and then really start preparing for that night. Uh, We bring our guys in mid morning, um, clean up last night's game. And then we start to prepare Saturday's game and have a walkthrough and, and that's really it. So it's not going to change a whole lot. Um, if anything, our guys will probably sleep in longer. We'll bring them in later, and we'll do everything uh, leading up to that one thirty tip time. When you get to the beginning of the season, with you've got the double weekend with Kalida and Elida, one with a K, one with an E, as the saying goes. Uh, yep. How how do you approach that? Do you just early in the season, you guys just do you because you can't necessarily rely on tape from last year because there's so much turnover. Sure, sure. Um, you know, the, the first game, especially the first weekend, especially is, you know, you, you really never know what you're going to get. It was always, you know, when I first started to become a head coach, I'd reach out to coaches, like, how do you prepare for the first game? And, and they said, you, you, you really don't, um, you know, you got to be able to make in-game adjustments. If you need to use an early timeout or two, you know, to, to set things up, cause they're showing you something that you haven't, uh, you know, wrapped a lot in the preseason. Um, that, that's, that's kind of how you go. Um, you know, fortunately for us, um, you know, like I said, we're not playing next weekend. I know the Elida tip off is, is happening. So, you know, we will have a chance to see Elida. Um, you know, we did see that Kalida plays two early games as well. So we'll, we'll see a little bit on them as well. Um, but you know, in some situations, coaches don't have those opportunities and, um, you prepare your guys as best you can and you got to be ready to make some game adjustments. Well, that of course the tip off classic kind of being an oddity this year and that LCC won't be able to be part of it. Right. Yeah, I did. I did hear. You know, actually, I talked to Coach Taylor and Coach Triplett a little bit last night, um, and they were kind of reaching out to find teams to to fill that slot. So, yeah, it will be definitely, obviously, very different. One of the big things I always love to ask coaches about is kind of a little bit things outside of basketball. I obviously follow you on Twitter, and you've been big with everything going on with St. John's. They had uh, the the neat thing of the fifty years of volleyball, and golf had yeah. a heck of a year. I mean. 
what's the culture like at St. John's right now? It's, it seems like everything is headed in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. I, I think there's a lot of really good things going on. Um, you know, with our fall sports just wrapping up, um, the golf team um, has had a great run and a great year. Um, you know, and, you know, you look at our football team and they gradually kept getting better as the year went on and they had some big injuries as well and started to get a little healthy towards the end and had some huge wins, were able to get in the playoffs and played really well against Arlington and, and beat a 9-1 and team on the road. Um, you know, so credit to those guys for continuing to get better. Um, and now you move into the winter season, like you said, with our, our, our female sports and 50 years, there's a lot of positive things going on in, in those programs. And you know, I think it, it gives just another reason for, for people in our community and school to be excited about what's going to occur this winter. I saw the scouting report on Cam and about how he's got uh, pretty good off-speed stuff for baseball. My question is, can you hit his curveball? Well, Michael... I don't want to get in the box at all, and I actually don't. Try, I don't catch him anymore. If that answers your question, <laughs> so, so gone are the days where I the dad sits sixty feet six inches and tries to catch any of his pitches. Let's put it that way. Let alone try to swing at it. See, that's how I know you've done this because I feel like that's both a a non denial and you're giving respect to your own kid. <laughs> you, you see how I did that? Right. I, I see you've done this a couple of times. <laughs> A few, a few. Uh, it's crazy, though, because, again, uh, speaking about Cam, he's a young man who, when uh, looking at the broad scope of how the Mac was going to be this year, he's one that a lot of coaches have said, he's already given me headaches trying to figure out how we're going to defend him. Yeah, that, you know, like I said, it, it's going to be a whole new experience for me. Um, you know, coaching my son, you know, for the first time, obviously it's something I've done throughout, you know, youth grades. But now to really be labeled as this head coach is going to be a unique uh, and I think really special and enjoyable um, part of our relationship. Um, to give credit to him, he, he worked extremely hard. Uh, he's been given a lot of God-given abilities, but um, we've had a lot of hard workers in our program, and, and he's right up there. And, um, you know, to hear those things from our league, you know, they, they've obviously had the opportunity to see him at junior high. And, you know, that's completely different to what's going to happen here in two weeks when um, the varsity game gets tipped up and you're playing against 17 and 18 year old grown men. Um, but we like where he is. We like what he's done. And I know I, I think the biggest thing is the amount of respect uh, his teammates have for him. Um, and they have welcomed him with open arms and have allowed this process for a young guy to, to be part of their team and, and hopefully make us better. And I know we're all looking forward to that. Have you had your thought process yet about how to kind of separate coach and dad of, you know, I don't want to necessarily get on him about a game at home or kind yeah, of how to yeah. leave those two things. Yeah. For, you know, for the longest time, um, you know, anytime that I see a head coach that has a son and is coaching them, I always find a second or two, whether it be at a shootout, you know, we, we hosted team camp, you know, even back in the day, uh, coach Omeyer continental with his son, Brock, um, I would pull him to the side and ask him and some other coaches, you know, who I've seen and, and I just talk a little bit and, and, and probe a little bit about how they handle their father-son coaching relationship. And, you know, so I take that and I also obviously, you know, know our relationship, you know, and everybody's is different. And so I've really, that's at the forefront of my mind to really leave everything at school. Um, and, and so once we get in the car together or we come home together, you know, it's strictly father-son. And so that's, that's number one. Um, and, and through, you know, through the first few weeks here of preseason, you know, I, I'm really, I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job of that. And, um, and I think he understands that as well. Um, so we'll see how this 
continues to go on, but the goal is to leave it there at school and leave it in the gym. When you look at the MAC this year, what's the top of the league look like to you? Yeah, I, I think we, you know, Versailles has, has had such a great run. You know, I always go by, you know, I know you look at who's returning, but you know, somebody's got to be Versailles first. <laughs> um, you know, with Stonebreaker back and the Player of the Year, like you know, to have that inside presence and that experience is, is tough to handle. Um, you know, you look at Marion Local and what they have returning from a regional team and the size that they have. And, um, you know, they do have good guard play returning and, and just the level of athletes that they can throw at you and how well they defend. Um, they're going to be right there as well. Um, New Bremen returns a bunch of really good athletes and you can see that occurring still in the football field and the success they are having. Um, you know, I, I think you, you go there with those three teams, um, you know, St. Henry always seems to, to, to kind of find a way to, to put seven, eight, nine, ten 10 highly competitive kids out there and make things extremely difficult. Minster will continue to be improved. I know they're, they were young, young last year and, and, and those guys are being experienced and they also have a, a good incoming freshman group that I, I think will add to their, um, their experience as well. Um, so it, it just isn't, it just isn't easy. It's very, very difficult. Um, and, and our guys, like you said, we have high expectations. We like to think if we can maintain health, get healthy, um, that, that we are going to compete and be right up there on every Friday night. With the emergence of the rivalry coming back in football the last couple of years with Jefferson, how much fun is that rivalry on the basketball court in that you know everybody in town is either, yay, St. John's, boo St. John's, yay, Jefferson, boo Jefferson? Yeah. Uh, you know, and heck, Jenny, some I- of them might be both. Yeah, for sure. Um, Coach Jenninghoff and I have I've talked about it for a number of years. And, you know, schedules are, are really difficult at times to work around. So finally, we were able to get that done this year. And obviously, with football starting two years ago and what we've seen and how it's done for our community um, and the attendance and the crowds and the competitive games. Um, <clears throat> I, I remember two years ago, the football game, like, this is a really cool thing. And um, I attended our girls' game the other night with Jefferson. and. You know, so, so you see the energy, um, and it makes for a great atmosphere, I think, for high school kids to be a part of. And, you know, so Coach Jenninghoff and I finally find a, a, a date, um, and, you know, we got a ways to that occurs yet. But it'll be, a, it'll be a cool night. It'll be a great night. It'll be super competitive. And, um, you know, I know I'm looking forward to it, and I know our players will as well. And um, it'll be something different. It'll be another rivalry game for us um, that allow our guys to, to compete and, and compete at a high level. And I think it's the one night on anyone's schedule where no matter who the home team is, the visiting team's bus doesn't even get warm enough to make it across town. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I guess I need to find out, like, do we take a bus? Do we just meet our guys there? Or how, how, this, how this typically plays out? But, yeah, you're right on the bus deal. Uh, luckily, it's home for you guys this year. You don't have to yeah, figure right. that one out. That's, that's, right. uh, that's Jordan's problem for now. That's right. Well, I thank you so much for doing this. I look forward to seeing what you guys can do this season. Hey, I appreciate you reaching out. You know, it was a lot of good questions. And like you said before, we even got on air. I, I appreciate talking about our guys, our program. Um, I feel good about where we are. Um, and now maintain health, get healthy, um, and, and lean on our experience. And we're, we're excited about to get ourselves going here. That's Selfless St. John's head coach, Aaron where We've got some more here in just a couple minutes. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things. 
like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Call Niedeck and Hilvers Insurance in Otterville. 419-453-3448. Continuing on, talking about programs that, well, don't have all their guys right now. And New Bremen's Coach Corey Stevens, and I just talked to uh, Kurt Gottemiller about this, and he's pretty much gotten it to be old hat. But for you, it's the second time in three years where you've not had all of your guys, you've had to push games back. Does that first run at all help you develop any kind of thought process on this time? Um, yeah, I mean, that first run, um, it was, it was the first time for all of us. So it was, um, a learning process, but now, um, we're, we're to the point where we have seven guys in there that don't play football and, um, coach Schmidt does a great job at, um, let me have the freshmen. So the freshmen, they attend football practice two days a week. Um, then they attend basketball practice. So that's a big help right there because then we're able to scrimmage. We at least have it, uh, you know, we have about 15 guys in there then. So it allows us to scrimmage. So that makes it, you know, um, beneficial for us. So it kind of breaks it up. And then when we hit the ground running, it's kind of, it's a sprint then um, with, you know, especially with pushing back those games, looking at our schedule, we're playing Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, um, one, two, three, four weeks in January. So it's a, it's a grind. <laughs> Well, it's kind of crazy because I joked with Kurt about have you had to dust off the uh, the shorts and shoes yet because you just want to play five on five. Yeah, um, and, and that's what those days that the freshmen aren't there, there's uh, seven to six players, and we have four coaches. So um, a lot of times it's, hey, coaches, we're going to go against them. Um, they're going to run defense. We're going to be half court type deal. We're running offense. And then they give me a kind of a, you know, a look like, you know, I wasn't planning on this, but um, they take it in stride. You know, we have fun with it, and it, I told them it's, uh, it's our exercise too. So, I'm not sure if it's better if the kids are winning or if you guys are winning. Oh, we, we, we put rules in place. So uh, the only way they can score is a lot of times on a, a tip pass, like a, a deflection, and then coaches we score by twos and threes. So it works out in our, our advantage. I think I used to play my little brother in the driveway the exact same way. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they got a lot more. Their legs are a lot younger than ours, and they have a lot more uh, balance in their steps than what hey, some of us I have. I was so. trying to give you the credit. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I got to take uh, – I, I got to be able to take um, – got to compete. You know, I, I hate losing. <laughs> well, if I, I was thinking that maybe, you know, something would translate, that if you can chase around all the kids at your house, it should be no problem chasing around the kids at the gym. Yeah, well, we play zone at home, you know. Um, <laughs> Um, there we play a lot man to man. So yeah, at home zone. <laughs> I, I have that same problem. Uh, interestingly, the way that your schedule kind of sets up, you've got a handful of games that you've had to move, but having big time games in conference games, is that harder to, to find a slot later on and, and kind of prepare for them of at the end, it seems like you would be playing all league games. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it just takes a lot of preparation now. Um, like we're, uh, our staff's going out tonight to watch games. Um, some of them are going out tomorrow to watch games and we have next Friday, but right now we're only pushing off one league game. So we're pushing off for sales. Um, so that, that's going to be tough when you got two league games in a week, especially if the team we play on Friday, they don't have a Tuesday game. Um, they can prep all week for you type deal. But, um, we just try to throw as much at them as possible, as possible now. So that way, when we do get there, the, the kids that we got in the gym, they're kind of the local leaders. And um, the kids that we get from football, 
when they get there, um, that mentality, that, uh, the winning mentality, the competing mentality that kind of carries over and they can kind of pick up quickly. I noticed on your schedule, you have uh, a couple of earlier starts in that when you play Rushi, for instance, on a Saturday, are you a fan of starting those games earlier? Because I know that's a thing in Northwest Ohio that's going around of maybe we play those sort of late afternoon instead of going into the early evenings. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be there anyways. So it's one of those, um, we can get, you know, like practice, get your work in early and then you get out. Um, we get our work in, you get your game in early and then you get out and that gives you a little bit, get you home a little bit earlier. If you have to break down the game, um, if another team's playing on a Saturday, it gives you a chance to possibly go catch a second half of a game as well. Um, so yeah, I, I don't mind the early starts. Um, I, I think we have three of them, maybe, that are a little bit earlier, like that, and they're they're all triple headers too. So that makes it nice. So you're able to see the freshman play as well. Uh, how does the misses take that when you go immediately from your game to uh, you know what I'm going to go scout this game. I'll see you guys later. Um, a lot of communication, um, and, and it's oh, it's Saturday night. Um, yep, I know where you're at. Type deal because I I think last year was the. Uh, we got done with the St. Mary's game. It started a little earlier than um, Fort Laramie played New Knoxville at Fort Laramie. So um, I got back. I left straight from the locker room, coach's office, went and watched the second half of the Fort Laramie-Knoxville game. So I was able to see that. How'd so, that go? Yeah. Uh, I mean, picked up some stuff and um, wrote some stuff down and kind of, um, yeah, got home a little bit earlier then. With uh, the success of the football team, and you look at, again, we talked about maybe having conference right away and then having uh, teams like St. Mary's. With having highly athletic teams on the other side, how does that make it for you guys to have to adjust of, hey, I'm going to need you guys to get basketball legs pretty soon? Um, it, it helps with our depth. I mean, right now we have 11 players on the varsity roster, and 9 out of the 11 are seniors, so they were around when um, for that football run back in 2020, and then the two under the two juniors on the varsity roster, um, they played quite a bit um, for us last year, and then this summer with um, Aaron Team and Hayden Zeller. So it's able they're able to pick up on some of the philosophy that we want to do and how we want to play. And it's uh, also nice that we're having the same staff now. For uh, you know, Coach Clawson's been with us for four years. Coach Elkins been with us for four years. Coach Simchek's been with us for three years. So. Um, having the system down and kind of helping implement it um, to those guys and being able to break down into smaller groups. Well, I'm glad you brought up Hayden because I wanted to ask you about him. With being six foot five, you know that he's going to face a ton of guys his size or bigger this year, just the way that the Mac works out. Is that is there anything to that in terms of you can tell a kid of, hey, you know, you haven't seen a lot of guys kind of like that coming through, but now you're going to have the the oddity that maybe you're the quote unquote smaller guy. Yeah, I mean, um, even some of our smaller guys, uh, for instance, like an Evan Ink, who's six three, he plays a lot bigger than a six three with his physicality. So being able to go against you know that every day, Dylan Bombar is the same way, David Holman, um, Alex Holman, um, all the Carter Elking, Ben Saylor, um, Kai Eason, they're all about six one. Uh, Hayden's our tallest at six five, but with how physical they are. Um, they could play a lot taller than, than what they're listed as in the program. With the MAC this year, I asked uh, Kurt about it. I've asked a handful of coaches about the MAC. Who do you see at the top when the uh, year is over? 
Uh, I think a lot of teams have a good shot at it this year. I mean, if you look at Marion Local, they bring back a, a, a ton of um, experience from last year and, and a lot of their uh, players. Um, Delta St. John's, their team, that they bring back a lot of experience as well, and, and they're very well coached over there. Then you go into um, St. Henry. Um, Coach Rosenbeck does a great job always getting them you know, coached well. Um, Fort Recovery has some kids that can play. Um, Minster, they played a lot of freshmen last year, and now they're a year older, and they got some great younger guys. You got Parkway, um, Coach Hughes over there. He's he's had them. You know, they're always tough to play because of how prepped they are. And then you go in, um, you know, even a cold water New Knoxville. If you don't bring it every night, they're gonna they're gonna sneak up on you and they'll, they'll get you. So I think the uh, the league's pretty open. It's just gonna be who can compete night in and night out, and um, hopefully come out on top then. When you have, and I've asked a lot of coaches this question because it just fascinates me from the mindset of these back-to-backs where you play a league opponent on Friday. Let's say it's St. Henry in January, and then you have Botkins at home the next night. Do you put someone specifically on Botkins in that one of your coaches of, all right, you're going to think about that because the league game is sort of more important, but we don't want to give away either game? Yeah, I mean – we, we kind of worry about Friday throughout the week. Now, as coaches, we, we kind of talk, um, hey, did you see what Bakken is going to do? So we kind of work some of their stuff in a, a shell offense or shell defense, a series, some of their actions. But uh, we, we don't talk about, you know, Saturday until Saturday mornings a lot of times. And then it, it turns into Friday night after the league game, um, sitting in the coach's office with the coaches. Okay, what's our thoughts on, you know, uh, Bakken that night? this is what we've been seeing from them. This is how we're going to approach it type deal. And then we put together our scouting report um, on, you know, kind of on Friday night into Saturday morning, because again, you're worried about the Friday night game first. I know there's a, a lot of moving pieces to this with football and with everything going on. But when you look at what Bremen basketball is going to be this year, uh, someone asked you, Hey man, what are you guys going to be? Uh, what's that look like? Um, I think we're going to be athletic. Um, and we're going to be, we're going to have depth, you know, especially with you know the moving parts and coming in and maybe getting a late start. Um, we're going to have to rely on our depth early, especially until we get those basketball legs under us. And then hopefully, um, if we do that, then at the end of the year we should be playing our best when it, you know, when it truly counts when it comes time to the tournament. Well, whenever that is that you get started, I wish you guys best of luck this season. Hey, thank you. That's Corey Stevens, head coach at Bremen. We're back. In just a couple of minutes. Lee Kitzel Sales and Service, 650 West Urban Road. New Chevys, Buicks, GMCs, and all your pre-owned vehicles. We've got an award-winning service department and an award-winning parts department. What a great team. 866-LEE-KINSEL, LeeKinsel.com, 650 West Urban Road, Van Wert, Ohio. Come see us and you'll leave happy. There's nothing like a Kinsel deal. We've been in business for over 50 years and looking forward to the next 50. 650 West Urban Road, Lee Kinsel Sales and Service. Come on over, Lima Land. Another one of these interviews that are kind of interesting because as we talk about basketball, football is still going on at Marion Local. The head coach and Kurt Gottemel are a uh, normal thing for you guys, obviously, but still kind of odd getting started in mid-December, I would think. Uh, well, yeah, certainly not really odd for us. Just uh, This is my going to be my 12th year at Marion Local, and uh, the only year we didn't start uh, – uh, in mid-December was the the COVID year, so it's uh, it's kind of the norm for us. 
have you gotten used to it? I mean, in terms of a lot of coaches with teams who are kind of developing with Columbus Grove, with New Bremen, where they've done it once or twice, but they maybe don't have that uh, kind of secondary schedule down. Have you guys gotten to the point where you go, okay, this is what we expect. We know we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, we certainly have. Uh, you know, we, we're going to start December 17th this year at Salina. And, and you have a, a pattern set in your mind about, you know, when the guys finally get done, you know, how, the, how, the, how you got to start the season. Uh, we'll, we'll start up on Friday and Saturday and take Sunday off. And then it's game week the following week. And uh, we definitely, you know, have a, a way that we go about things, uh, having done it for uh, so many years in a row. So that's been helpful. And, you know, I think it maybe helps us too. We don't peak. Uh, some teams have a tendency to peak in the middle of the year. And we we don't seem to really do that. So we kind of just play it as one year. And then hopefully we're peaking when, when it matters most. Well, and that's kind of what I was going to ask because you have – a lot of heavy hitters earlier on. I mean, you've got teams where I would imagine other coaches pull their hair out trying to figure out what are we going to do, but then you're still in that mode of what are we going to do for us? Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, you know, our schedule uh, throughout the year really is, is difficult, but, you know, we play some really good teams early on our schedule too, and that makes itself when you're on just a couple of weeks of practice. Uh, you know, last year we had a couple of really big wins over Bakken's and St. Mary's, you know, and, and, you know, those are big wins and kind of propelled us, but, uh, you know, our schedule is difficult throughout the year, but, uh, that's, you know, you learn a lot about yourself playing good teams and hopefully that'll benefit us as, uh, as we move through the year. With having to move St. Henry, obviously from that Friday down deeper into your schedule, do you look at kind of the way that the asset allocation tournament happens early on and, you're, you know you're going to see all those teams a second time. This year, it's a little bit different in that they're kind of moved to the back. Is there any advantage to that? Well, we yeah, we've moved three games thus far. And uh, the St. Henry game, if we're fortunate enough to win in football uh, against Columbus Grove here, uh, we're going to move that game as well. And, uh, yeah, that asset allocation tournament, you know, we enjoy playing that. That's actually going to be the last year for that tournament uh, with Salina and Coldwater and St. Henry. So we're not exactly sure what we're going to do in future years. But uh, playing those teams two times, and last year we played St. Henry three times in a given year uh, when we met up in the tournament, you know, that's not overly fun. It's kind of difficult uh, having to play a, a team three times. But, uh, you know, we don't really worry about that too much. Whoever they put in front of you, you prepare like crazy and you hope for the best. Especially having to face Eric three times because you know he's going to come up with things that maybe you're not familiar with or just your guys haven't seen. Oh, you're you know uh, Eric's one of the best coaches in the uh, area. Yeah, anytime you face St. Henry, there's a lot of trepidation there because you know how well coached you're going to be. So uh, not just him, but a lot of coaches in our league. We uh, you know we have very good coaches in our league, and anytime you face them more than once, it's uh, it's a difficult challenge for sure. I always ask coaches about that. If you face a guy once, okay, you get, for instance, the Shelby County League where you see him home and away. But with that third time, do you – is it just kind of a feel based on what's been going on maybe that week or the two weeks leading up to? Or are you maybe inclined to come up with some kind of wrinkle that maybe they haven't seen before? I just think it kind of depends on the situation. Uh, you know, we faced uh, St. Henry – 
in 2018 in the district final and you know they they only had three losses that year uh but they felt that you know we were the better team so they went uh to a four corner and triangle and two against us and you know it was a great game plan and we were fortunate enough to escape that uh, district final uh, one point overtime win um you know, but last, you know, that's, that's kind of atypical. Most years, you know, you, you say, are we good enough to beat you straight up? And if you are, then you may throw a wrinkle or two, but you're not going to do something that drastic. And like I said, it just really just depends on the situation. And uh, you, you just got to, you got to do whatever you, in that tournament game, whatever you think gives you the best chance to win. With playing in Fort Lormie's Classic this year in January, you guys play nearly every single day of the week during the course of the season. Uh, do those days matter, or is it harder or easier, I guess, for the kids to maybe try to get up for those earlier Saturday games and that they didn't have school all day? Well, our schedule, you know, when we lose four to five games a year at the beginning of the year and we have to find places to put those games back on the schedule, my goal is usually to try to get them uh, scheduled in over Christmas break and New Year's uh, because the kids aren't in school uh, I'm, I'm a teacher at Minster, and uh, since I'm not teaching during Christmas break, that gives me and some of my other coaches an opportunity to plan more for the opponents because, you know, we just have a run of games to play for, plan for. We're going to start out with uh, something like nine or ten games in about uh, 18 days' time here. We have three games the first week, three games the second week, and three games the third week. And you, you need time to plan for those games, and the kids, you know, that's a lot of games to prepare for. Uh, but because they have off school, you know, they do get a break. Uh, and so that's always been my goal. And I want to try to normalize the schedule uh, in January and February and, and try to avoid midweek games at all costs. See, I'm glad that you said it because I was going to phrase it as, as your schedule stands right now, you have eight games in the first 14 days of the season. Yeah, it's it's nuts. It definitely is nuts. And uh, yeah, we're, we're short on practice time, but uh you know, it's, it's just like I said, we, we try to get them over at the beginning of the year. That way we can normalize our schedule in January and February where you're not, you know, when you have a Tuesday game, it's difficult because you don't feel like you can go hard Monday in practice. On Wednesday, you just played the night before, so you can't go overly hard. And then, of course, on Thursday, you're going to play a game the next day, so you can't go overly hard. So I, I don't like midweek games at all just for that reason where you don't feel like you can go uh, – hard practice and really get after it and, and so uh once january and february hits and we've got all those games out of the way you know it probably honestly cost us some wins by by doing it that way because you know we're playing so many games earlier in the year when we don't have a lot of time on the floor yet but you know we're not really playing for a record or we're not really playing for the beginning of the year anyway we're playing to, to be really good when it matters at the end of the year with not having a ton of your guys because of the successful football team. Uh, are you suiting up for five on five in practice? Uh, I've been fortunate. Coach Goodwin, Tim Goodwin has given me the freshman uh, two or three days a week uh, in November. And that always helps to have uh, freshmen, which allows us to go five on five in practice. And this year we have uh, probably four of our top uh Four kids that are going to be in our rotation, our varsity rotation, are practicing. Uh, Jack Kanapke didn't go out for football this year, and uh, so he's with us. Uh, he's our six nine uh, junior center, and then we've got three three uh, senior guards with us as well. And 
So we actually had a scrimmage this morning. Uh, and we've scrimmaged three times. Uh, you, you know, you, you have four guys like that, and you have some other uh, younger kids that are helping out. Uh, we have a few freshmen and sophomores and a junior that are also able to fill in the cracks there while uh, while we're biding our time with waiting for the football team. So we do what we can. Every year is a little bit different, but, uh, you know, we try to make it so it doesn't get so monotonous in November waiting on the football team. So you haven't had to break out the uh, sky hook yet? I have not, no. Uh, I'm kind of long past doing that kind of stuff. And the one thing we're able to do, too, which has been really helpful, is we've got a lot of alumni that come in and help uh, go against their guys. And some of the alumni we got are just huge. When you're talking about uh, Luke Kanapke, uh, who played at Toledo, and Ryan Bruins, who played at Ohio Northern, and uh, Adam Berkey comes in sometimes. Uh, he played in college football at Pitt. And, you know, we, we got some big dudes that come in and help us out. So, uh it's uh, it definitely gives us a good look, and we certainly appreciate that those guys doing it. Well, and it's kind of a crazy thing is that over the time to go back and look at it, I mean, you had some of those guys playing together and just irritating opposing coaches because that's all I used to hear is, I swear, every kid at Marion Local is six five or taller. Yeah, we had a run there in uh, 2014 and 15. Uh, we had a lot of size uh, that year. Uh, and Tri-Village got us in the regional finals uh, in both years, in 2014 and 2015. And uh, we went through, you know, we go through our, our stretches too. You know, we one of those years we started a 6-1 center. Uh, so we weren't we weren't always big, but, uh, you know, we've kind of come uh, gotten through that cycle, and now we've seemed to have some size here in recent years, and we're certainly going to be a big team this year. When you look at what this year could be. I mean, obviously it's a little bit hard because you've got so many guys kind of waiting to come back, but you have the group that you know what kind of what they're they're going to bring in and what you have in practice. Uh, what do you expect for Marion Local this year? Uh, you know, last year was kind of a, a situation where uh, it was fun because we had a really good year, and I don't know that people seen us coming. Uh you know, twenty-two and five, and we were able to you know, three have a three-way tie in the MAC and win the district and get all the way to the regionals. It was a great year, and that was fun. Now this year is is a little bit is going to be opposite because people are definitely going to put that uh, bullseye on our back. Uh, you know, I'm sure we're predicted to do well within our league, and uh, you know, people people see us as one of those teams that uh, has a really good opportunity with some talent this year. But you know, we don't try to pay attention to any of that stuff. It doesn't really matter. I mean. You just you you just take it one day at a time. You know that first practice you have, you got to have a good first practice, and you hopefully you stack a bunch of good practices together, and you see where the chips fall. But uh, you know we don't worry about any of the preseason expectations, or anything like that. It's just a matter of uh, trying to get better every day. When you look at the Mac, kind of to flip the question, who do you put the bullseye on this year? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I I think we're talented. I mean, I, there's no question. We uh, we uh, have a chance to compete to win the league this year. But uh, there's a lot of talented teams in our league. Uh, I think uh, New Bremen. You know, they bring back both their guards from last year that are really really good, and they've got they've had a JV team that you know had zero to one losses the last few years. So New Bremen's going to be good. Fort Recovery has got a lot of talent and size. Uh, Verzales has got the Player of the Year back. Um, you know, there's, you know, Minster's young, but they're very talented. Uh, just a lot of teams, you know, then all of a sudden you're going to leave what the team out that you shouldn't be leaving out. You know, Coldwater's going to have some 
uh, young kids coming up. There's just there's talent all over in our league, and uh, it's a fight every night for sure. That's got to be both a great thing and a frustrating thing at the same time. It's good for you. I mean, it's good because your your weaknesses get exposed, and we play, you know, five teams in the WBL. We play uh, the three or four best teams in the Shelby County League, and uh, uh, we, we're going to be playing uh, the Springfield team over at uh, the Fort Laramie tournament. So we get our weaknesses, just like last year, they got exposed early in the year, and then those are the things you go back and work on in practice, and you try to shore them up as much as you can and and that allows you to be playing uh, really well by the end of the year so we definitely play a challenging schedule and uh certainly playing in the mac uh, every friday night you're going to get everybody's best shot and and, uh like i said before we have a ton of good coaches in our league and it's not like it gets any easier going kind of for round two or sometimes three in that wapak district yeah and that's what it is you know last year st henry upset new bremen uh uh, when they they played that that uh, game there at Coldwater, and uh, you know we had to play Spencerville two times. You know that game we played against them the first time was uh, was an overtime game over at their place. And so you know the teams you're going to be playing are probably teams you've already seen. And uh, that the Walpock District, we're really fortunate. That's one of the funner districts to play in. You know it's a great atmosphere and uh, a lot of good teams there with a lot of great fan bases. So. Uh, we're really fortunate, uh, not just in Walpock, but all of Northwest Ohio and Division Four. We have uh, it's it's fun to be able to compete in this area. That's for sure. My only thing that I hate about it is is that by the time we get to the regionals, all of potentially our great teams are knocked out by one great team. Uh, you're preaching to the choir here in that <laughs> regard. I definitely uh, I definitely think there's some things that could be done to to alleviate that a little bit and. You know, I've talked to a couple Northwest District Athletic Board members, and they are good people. You know, they're working like crazy, and, and you're never going to make everybody happy. So I'm I'm not going to sit there and chastise anybody. I would like to see what they do in the Southwest. Uh, they have three districts down there in Division Four, and uh, they play them pretty normal. And then when they get to the district final, they uh, they, they flip flop the matchups and. So you're not necessarily – it allows the teams like Rushi and Fort Laramie who are in the same sectional, they don't have to meet in the district final. They can actually not meet till the regionals. And there's there's thing, things like that that could be done in our uh, Northwest District too. But, you know, the one thing is we're not sitting in those rooms. We don't understand all the logistics behind that too and what that all involves. So, you know, I know those guys work hard. Uh, the, the board members, the Northwest District Athletic Board members, they work hard for almost no pay. and. So it's it's there are problems that that may present that we don't know, but uh, you never know. We'll just see how it shakes out in the future. But but for now, uh, we're we're also excited to be able to play in the in the district that we do. That's for sure. Well, I hope that whenever it is that you get started, you guys have much success this year. Well, Michael, thank you for having me. Yep, we enjoy it. We'll uh, we'll uh, get started up here pretty soon, and it, uh, hopefully have a fine season. But uh, thanks for having me. That's Kurt Gottemeller, the head coach at Marion Local. We've got more Mac coming up here in just a few. Are you ready for an adventure? Experience the Midwest's only drive through safari park located in Port Clinton, Ohio. Go to www.africansafariwildlifepark.com for more information. Turning our attention to the Western Buckeye League now in Division Two, the Atlanta Bulldogs and their head coach and Matt Tabler 
you've got to be just being a, an all-time basketball guy, including what you're doing right now, watching basketball, just bursting at the seams to get your team into a game next weekend. Without a doubt, it's unbelievable. The preseason has kind of flown for us. Uh, I mean, we've actually had you know the maximum amount of time, and we've had a lot of area football teams really excel, and they've had limited days, and even soccer with uh, Shawnee just getting their guys back this week. But it feels like the preseason has flown. Um, we're still in the process of getting everything put together. Uh, we tell our kids at the beginning of the season that we had in the preseason that we have a puzzle as coaches and we're putting it all together and we just have a few more pieces to put in place and it's hard to believe, but it's kind of exciting to be in, in the gym, gym come next Friday night with the popcorn smell and the sneakers squeaking on the floor and, and the crowds there. It's just kind of exciting time. You sound like that. You are a guy that has your entire team and has had them for a little bit though. Yes, without a doubt. Uh, our football team experienced, experienced a lot of success early on. They started out the season four and oh. Fortunately, lost their last six games, um, but they played in a tough WBL. We know that um, we had some WBL teams advance pretty far in the tournament. Still have one in Van Wert who has a tough one against Glenville this weekend. But, um, yeah, we, we've uh, had all our football guys. I gave them a couple days off uh, just to rest up a little bit. And uh, they were chomping at the bit to get into the gym and was just excited to have everyone together for a full three weeks. There was a guy that I just interviewed uh, recently. His name is Frank Kill. He's a head coach at Lima Central Catholic. I don't know if you guys are familiar. I do know him just a tad. Yeah. Uh, I see him every Thursday night and then a couple days in between that as well. He uh, actually started off his interview with quite a bit of a rant about how the football season and the basketball season cross over and how he's not a big fan of that because he doesn't know when he's going to get his team back and – I guess for him, he's in the same limbo that you guys as Elida as an entity are in that he's not 100% certain if he's going to have a team for the tip-off classic or not. Uh, without a doubt. And, we, you know, we discussed that actually last night a lot, and it's unfortunate for, for the student-athletes um, and the fact that the OHSAA will merge these. If you could, And we talked about if you could even, you know, you're giving the, the student-athletes that play fall sports, especially football, more of an opportunity when you add 16 teams, but could we look to adjust things, maybe start a week earlier for football and push basketball back to the first or second week of December and even go back to a 20 game schedule. I would never be opposed to that as well. Um, but you know, the OHSAA kind of dictate, dictates that and we just have to go with the flow and, and do our best. Your schedule is the almost reverse of his through the first 10. He's got one game at home through your first 10 games, you have just one game where you travel that long road to Spencerville that you don't play at home. That's fascinating how your schedule flips and sort of allows that. Yeah, without a doubt. Last year was tough because we had a lot of inexperience, only playing two seniors and two juniors last year. We, we had a bunch of kids that had no varsity experience and, and going on the road where you know they're in different atmospheres, it's a little more difficult for a younger team to adjust to that. Uh, we're going to hopefully try to take advantage of that, even though, you know, when you talk about those nine home games that we have, they're not easy ones. Um, so I guess it really doesn't matter where you're playing. You just got to be prepared. Um, but it is unfortunate the way the schedule sets up. But at the end of the day, you're playing 10 or 11 home games and 11 away games. And so um, it's when they fall is when they fall. You just got to play them all. I mean, you, you kind of pay for it, so to speak, in that you have that, 
that span in early January where you go away for a little bit, but you come home to play Defiance. It, it does it matter? Does it matter with a, an older crew, or are they just saying, "Hey, you know what? Friday night, seven o'clock, we'll be there." Well, I think when you gain a little of experience, that's what you get. I found that in my <clears throat> sixteen years as a head coach is um, kids will adjust, especially the ones that have the experience and. With us, we're fortunate enough to return most of all our guys, and so um, they're used to that. Um, so I think that uh, we will prepare them as coaches, but I think the kids will also prepare themselves for things like that. How different is it for you guys? Uh, I, I love asking coaches this question because you get so many different responses of the possibility that with the tip-off classic and then depending on how your schedule flipped, that you're going to potentially play one or maybe two teams twice in a season? Well, I think those four teams that match up in the tip-off classic um, is good is good competition. Even if you had to play them three times, I would not be opposed to that because um, there is a chance that you could play them three times with uh, Bath coming back to Division Two after being Division Three for a while. You could play them in the tip-off, then you play them in the WBL, and then there's a potential to play them in the tournament as well. So, there is a chance that you play them three times, but with competition like that, um, all these kids, especially with social media, know each other. It, it makes for a good rivalry. Um, they play summer basketball together. Um, like I said, they're friends on social media. So I think it's only good. We know how strong Northwest Ohio and West Central Ohio is in basketball. So, um, you know, if you're going to play three teams or play a team three times, you would want to play someone that's going to give you good competition and get you prepared for the tournament. When you play your Saturday afternoon games, you've got Brian and LCC and Finley. How important is it for you that, I mean, one of your two games each weekend is going to mostly be a conference game. Do you have a guy that you designate for the Saturday game, or do you kind of do you on the the second game of that back-to-back that you want to concentrate on Friday night's game in terms of preparation? Well, I think the league is always important. You know, um, league games, you, you stress you stress a lot on the league games. And so when you're doing preparation the entire week, um, you're really looking at your Friday's opponent. But you always mix a couple things in practice that you know what they're going to do on Saturday because we do our scouts on the Sunday before the Friday and Saturday game. And so we kind of have an idea what they're going to do on Saturday. We put that game plan in on Saturday morning. But at the same time, we've eased a few things in there knowing what our opponent was going to do on Saturday. Looking at the WBL this year, who's the handful of teams at the top? Well, the WBL is probably the strongest it's been in a long, long time. And when I talk about it, it it's deep. Because you got to first start out with St. Mary's. St. Mary's has obviously Parks um, 6'10 going to Ohio State. But he's booked in, bookend by two juniors that stand 6'6 six, six, and 6'7. Six, they made a regional run last year, got beat by the eventual state runner-up, um, and re- really had a good season. Obviously, Coach Hagemeyer has been there, done that Hall of Famer. Um, so he will have his teams prepared. And then you look at just a bunch of teams that are really, really good. Defiance returns three, four. Uh, they actually return, I think, six of their top seven guys. They were runners-up last year. And then you got Van Wert, who's really strong. They played in our summer league and won our summer league for the second straight year. Um, and they're really well coached and, and have a lot of good players and their experience in that playoff run that I alluded to earlier. And, and it's 
Pratt is just a big part of that, but they have so many peak opponents. And then you look at teams like Shawnee. Shawnee is obviously well coached with uh, Coach Triplett, and uh, I think they have 10 seniors on the basketball team this year. And then the one that you don't think about much because, well, you do think about a lot, but you don't think about them in tournament because they go to Division Three as Ottawa Glandorf. And they have been the cream of the crop, WBL, for so many years. And, um, again, Coach McLaughlin does a great job with the OG Titans. And so, you know, those are the, probably your top teams right there. And, uh, and, and then Walpock lost a lot last year, and, and Salina lost their big guy inside. And uh, Kenton was under our first-year head coach uh, last year. And then Coach Powell always does a tremendous job, but they're very young. And then, obviously, the Bulldogs, we, we return a lot of players. Uh, we're just trying to get better each day. Um, we know that uh, the reality of winning the WVL title is probably not out there, but that's uh, not our goal. Our goal is to get better each day and try to get a few more wins than we did last year because we're in the process of building something at this point. And we talked about it with our kids the other day that you have to start at the ground and work your way up. And that's what we're doing. And uh, we're probably about a third way up the staircase right now. And we want to get to that championship level. But it, it's taken a lot of work. I've asked a lot of my coaching staff, and we work with the youth a lot. Um, we're doing a lot of things with our youth, as well as the junior high. I have two great junior high coaches, and uh, they're doing a great job. And, and, and we're really going to reap the benefits you know, and it's not going to happen in the first year, two years, maybe even three years. But down the road, we're hoping to build something special here. And uh, I, I got asked that question today. How was it to win three games last year? And I said, it's very humbling because at Perry, the last eight or nine years, we won 17, 18 plus games every year. So I was just used to winning. But then I had to think back when I first took the Perry job. And I think in the first four years on a 20 game schedule, we probably want to combine the 19 games, but we were building for the future. And that's what we're doing with the Elida Bulldog program. People have to be patient. It takes a lot of work from a lot of great people. And I'm surrounded by a lot of great people, including my coaches and administration. And I got great kids and uh, they're buying in. I'm excited. But again, it's a process and we, we know we're still a ways away, but these kids have bought in and that's all I can ask of them. Do you find it overall harder to explain that that thought process to people in Elida versus maybe when you had it the first time around in Perry because the expectations of what Perry was coming into your first couple of years versus what Elida has been traditionally. I mean, they're not that far removed from the state runs of explaining to people of, you're just going to have to chill. You're just going to have to take my word for it. Well, I think that was probably a lot of the questions that were asked in the interview process because I had a great where I was. I had a great community. I had great basketball teams. I had great kids. I had a great support staff that it wasn't an easy thing for me to take the Elida job. And those are things that we discussed with the administration or I discussed with the administration about the process of going through this. I'm not just going to come in and be able to turn this around. It's going to be a long process. I think anybody with any basketball knowledge within the community understands that and uh, sees what we're doing. And I've gotten a lot of compliments, you know, from a lot of basketball knowledge people within the community say I'm doing the right things. And the biggest part is you have to do what you do, but you have to believe in what you do as a coaching staff. And I think I really got coaches that are bought in and really want to see Elida be turned around. 
And if you look at it, the longevity of the coaches at Elida, they've only had, including me, three coaches since 1986. So um, there has been that patience level. And so we're going to get it there. And when we get it there, we're building it so it's going to stay on top. It's not going to fall off. I think you have a little bit of unfortunateness that talking about Van Wert and talking about Shawnee with the football and the soccer runs that, of course, the, that's two of your last three games. So maybe by then they'll have their basketball legs versus maybe a year or so ago where you'd have caught them early. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and we're probably at this point in the program, where we're really not worried about what the opponent's going to do. We're more worried about are we doing what we're supposed to do. And we kind of took that approach at Perry as well in terms of if we do what we do and we do it to the best of our ability, then we've handled a lot of adversity that may come up in a game. So we were more about ourselves and opponents. Obviously, when you get further in the tournament, uh, there's more things that you can look at. But at this point in time, we're not really looking per se at other teams. We're just really concentrated on ourselves and our kids – to their fairness, they have not been in a system like this at Elida, the system that we run. And so they've only been introduced to this about a year and a half ago. So they're still trying to learn this too because at the junior high level, at the freshman level, and some of these kids played the JV level before I got there, they weren't accustomed to running up and down the floor. They weren't accustomed to when we score a basket, they could press up on people. And people think, oh, you just press or you just fast break. There's a lot of complications that go through that. It's a lot of breakdowns and showing kids where to be and how to do things. But again, I have great kids, and uh, I'm really optimistic about this bunch. Um, I don't know if we're going to win a whole lot of games, but again, if we're getting better, then we're doing the right things. Well, I have always enjoyed our conversations, and I wish you, and I I love your positivity. I've always said if you're going to play for a handful of coaches, that you would be one of them that I would sit the bench for. But uh, I wish you and the boys the best (laughs) luck this year. Well, you got, I must have some people fooled because if you ask my my guys, I don't know if they see too much positivity coming out of me. But uh, like I said, I, I love my kids. I love my coaching staff. I love the Elida community. Um, we look forward to uh, playing in front of – our kids have been working hard and looking forward to playing in front of the community. Um, I always enjoy uh, getting to talk with you, whether it's on the radio or podcast or whatever. But uh, thanks for everything you do for high school basketball. I really appreciate it. And that's the head coach of the Elida Bulldogs and Matt Tabler. More coming up. Ottawa's iconic Red Pig Inn is under new ownership. Anissa and Nate Musil, along with Kyle Benrow, have brought back the original award-winning rib recipe to go along with their daily specials. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., but closed on Tuesdays. The Red Pig has great drink selections and a spacious bar and dining area. Come watch your favorite sports on their 12 big-screen TVs, which includes WZOQ's coverage of select Lady Titans basketball games. The Red Pig Inn, 1470 North Perry Street in Ottawa. Back into the Western Buckeye League and now as we talk to Tyson McLaughlin, the head coach at Ottawa Glendorf, and uh, something a little bit different for you guys that you're not really used to of having all of your guys kind of from the beginning in practice. Yeah, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, usually, you know, we, we get a late start due to, you know, some football playoff runs and soccer success. Uh, you know, unfortunately for those guys, maybe the, the season's ended a little bit earlier than, you know, than in the past, but uh, you know, they came in ready to go. Uh, we still had a couple guys that were running the state cross country meet, so we didn't have our have everybody uh, at the beginning. But at the same time, you know, 
it's good to have a little extra time, maybe not jump into things quite as early, uh, but a couple guys, a couple guys that were at fall sports, maybe uh, give them a little bit more time to kind of heal and uh, just really get focused before, you know, a long drilling uh, basketball season. And kind of odd that you guys have to move your opening game, but for once, you know, kind of the same thing of not because of you, but because of Eastwood's success. Yeah, you know, it was one of those, uh, it's, it's kind of that tweener, you know. Uh, it wouldn't have surprised me if we played the game, and, it, you know, it didn't surprise me that, you know, they wanted a, a little extra time to, to get prepared as well. So, um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the part of the the adding, you know, games to the football, you know, playoffs, and then, uh, you know, basketball being such a long season with 22 games now, it, it's really hard to make games up. So, I was, you know, in the back of my mind, I guess the selfish part of me was hoping that, uh you know, we'd be able to get that game in the first week, but uh, in the back of my mind, I kind of kind of had a feeling that we were heading that direction. You had to use your AD hat to get yourself some extra football this year and have a game at your place. Yeah, you know, uh, we you know got a big stadium renovation project uh, that we're really uh, excited about, and you know, got the first phase done with the putting in the turf this year, and you know, we got just a great facility um, for for high school football, and then definitely uh, you added that with you know Division Six to Division Seven. Uh, playoff opportunities. I think uh, we're going to be a mainstay for that in the future. And, you know, that's, you know, something that's great for our community. You know, the businesses, everybody involved, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about that opportunity and where that's that direction that we're headed. When you look at kind of where you guys are, you're obviously kind of in the middle of trying to get your scrimmages and you've got an extra week before you play Bluffton. Uh, how's this team coming along? You know, it's, it's, it's coming along well. You know, it's, it's one of those things we kind of had a good idea going into the summer of, you know, areas where, you know, maybe we needed to improve. And uh, I think it for anybody and any coach, especially, you know, coaches that have been here for a while, you know, you start to, you don't want to hit the panic button. You know, it's a long season. You know, you want to, you know, really play things out and let them, you know, kind of a lot of times they work themselves out. And, uh, you know, we know we got to develop some depth. And, then, you know, our guys have done a really good job of, you know, buying into their roles and understanding, you know, what it's going to take for us to be successful. And uh, when you got a team full of those types of guys, you know, a lot of good things can happen. You guys have gone to something that, uh, for the most part, it was always Matt Tabler and Perry, now at Elida, and sort of with Frank Kill at LCC, of earlier games uh, during a handful of Saturdays. What's the thought process behind that? Uh, you know, it's a little bit different. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that want to be proactive in everything that we do. Um, I, I think it's important. There's so many things going on. And sometimes, you know, if you, maybe, you know, you know, this gives people an opportunity, you know, if you start in an hour, hour and a half earlier, um, you know, they can still do their typical whatever they have. You know, if there's some other function going on on Saturday night, they can do both. And, uh, you know, we got such a strong fan base if we can get an opportunity and, you know, have an option to give our fans an opportunity to do multiple things. You know, we definitely want them to be able to do that. So, you know, I'd rather try something. And, you know, if it doesn't work, then we can always go back to the original, you know, starting times. But, you know, I think you got to be proactive in these types of things. And if it doesn't work, admit that it doesn't work and, and you can adjust to it. But, you know, I've always, always thought, you know, it's just kind of doing the same thing just because that's what they've done in the past. I, I've never been a real fan of that. So, you know, we started it a couple of years ago and I think it worked out well for us. And I think it's something we're going to continue with. You, you guys are at a point where the way the program has been built the last 30 years that you're kind of, you never are a hunter, so to speak, and that you're always the hunted because of the success that you've had. But, what is it about this year's schedule? I mean, you ramped way up and you play a traditionally heavy schedule of, you know, we'll play anybody anywhere, anytime, but you're really taking that to heart this year. Uh, yeah. You know, you look at our schedule and <laughs> it's, it's something, 
you know, obviously the WBL is as good as it is for Division Two basketball. I know we're Division Three, but I mean it's Division Two heavy. Um, and then you know we always take pride in trying to play the best teams possible. But you know, I, I looked at it from the standpoint. I think we got you know we got some really talented kids. Um, we got an opportunity to you know to play against some elite competition and some places that you know maybe year in and year out we don't get those same opportunities. Um, and then you know the, the other part of it is. I looked at our state state run last year, and we got down to the state semifinal and state final. We played teams that were, you know, just superior uh, athletes, and uh, you know that's something that we don't see on a, on a weekly basis. And it, it, if you're ever fortunate enough to make that run again, uh, I want to be able to put our guys so they have, you know, not just once or twice throughout the year. Maybe we get it, you know, in our case this year, six, seven different times where we get to play games against that caliber of athlete. And, uh, you know, I always say the, the point of your regular season is to get you prepared for the postseason. And the better athletes, the better teams uh, that we can play, you know, it's going to make us, you know, a little bit more prepared. And, you know, our guys are going to be ready for that type of uh, athlete, that type of atmosphere, um, that type of coaching. Uh, so, you know, I think it's a win-win. Well, especially because in the early part of December, when you have all of your guys, you feel like maybe you should be able to, to play OG basketball, as it were, you go to Akron to play Lutheran West, and then a week later you play in Lima, thankfully a little bit closer to home against a team from Cincinnati. But, I mean, that that's like an early tournament atmosphere. Yeah, that's what that's what we're trying to prepare our guys for. You know, I think that's it, – it gets – I think people value, you know, obviously we want to go out there and win every single game, and that's our goal, and that's always going to be our goal. But we need to get better, especially, you know, throughout the regular season. You know, it's 22 games. You know, sometimes you get in that law. And uh, I think when you play those types of teams, and that, that type of top competition, I think it raises everybody's, you know, level of play. And you know, as long as we got the horses to compete, we're going to put our kids out in situations. And, you know, you kind of mention it anywhere, anytime. You know, that's kind of our mantra. And, you know, that's something that we kind of take to heart. And, you know, we're looking forward to playing some of those programs. Outside of Kenton, obviously finishing off the regular season in February, how important is it to be able to get – kind of a, a, a set you've got five of them in a row of home games against very good competition two of them league games that to get those kids kind of all right you know we're gonna we're gonna be good in this but it's great to have this home crowd and you guys have an exceptional home crowd before you get into the tournament yeah you know i i think it's important to play those tur- in tournament like atmospheres um you know you look at the end of our schedule just the way it, it kind of pans out you know defiance um, is going to be very, very, very talented this year. They got everybody back. They played different brand of basketball, which really make you work. You know, we got our winter classic out there. You, you know, you throw in a Lexington, who is maybe the top freshman in the state of Ohio on their team to go with, you know, a couple of post guys that are just going to try to absolutely pound you uh, in the paint. Um, you know, so we're seeing some different styles, which is, which is really important. And, and again, you got to be ready for the big moment. And, uh, and you're going to play, you know, against those types of teams. You're going to play in big, big crowds. Uh, against teams that are very talented. So you're going to have to face that adversity. And that's something that, you know, we, we talk to our guys about all the time. You know, we've got to live for the moment. And the more times you can get in that type of setting, you know, the more familiar the guys are with it. You have obviously a tremendous administrative support staff. We've talked about this before, and you talked about it at the girls' soccer banquet. Uh, but how is it for you on the day of, now that you've gone through it a couple of times, of your Winter Classic where – Everything is going on, everything is going on, everything is going on. And then at the end of the day, you have to find some way to sort of change hats and concentrate on your own team. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 
I'm very fortunate. You know, I got great people around me. You know, the school administration supports, you know, not, not just me and not just, you know, boys basketball, but all of our sports. And, you know, is always going to do whatever they can to, you know, I got people within the athletic department. Rex Johnson, uh, our freshman basketball coach, kind of spearheads um, all the – he's kind of like the liaison of everything there on that winter classic. He's taking care of the teams. So, you know, we got it down kind of to a T, but, you know, I think it, it's like anything, you know, as long as you're prepared and organized and, and, it, and it means something to you and your community and your program, you know, people are invested in it and uh, they're, they're going to make sure it's done right. You know, our food's always cooked by like a rotary club. So, you know, there's a lot of different organizations that, that chip in. And I think if you're going to do things like that, uh, the more people that you can get involved that really want to help and see it be successful, I think that pans out and that really works out for the development of everybody. Did you have kind of a hard time with that when you came up with that? I mean, everybody's kind of doing this. Fort Loramie's got one that they're starting. And uh, Corey talked about, you know, at first, I know enough coaches and it was kind of, am I going to play, you know, kind of a favorite game the, the first time because we want to get this in and we want to make sure that it goes off or because you've built, or I should say you continued such a big nationally or national and state known brand that people kind of came to you and said, Hey man, we're in on this if you need us. Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think you have to use your ties. Uh, and, and I do think, um, some of our success has, has translated. The one thing that I really wanted to do, and the goal is to, is to try to get division four, three, two, and one. You know, so, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. We got some crossover games in Northwest Ohio and then one from outside the area, you know, because I think sometimes we're sheltered, you know, in a lot of ways around here in, in Northwest Ohio, Putnam County. You know, there's some just great basketball outside of there. And I think um, sometimes we just were, uh, <laughs> we're just kind of oblivious to, to how good and how, uh, talented some of these kids are so to bring some talent outside in against some of our really good teams and programs you know i think it bodes well which i you know we wanted to do it late in the year again to, to get it ready for tournaments make it you know it's one game there's no jv game um so it's kind of like that tournament vibe uh so you know there's just a lot of things that we wanted to do uh it's went very very well so we're not ha- we've we've been very you know fortunate for the teams that want to play in it so uh, you know, we just want to keep going. You know, I think we got four games this year, and it's going to be four really, you know, really good games. And, you know, we're looking forward to another successful year. I think it's kind of a catch-22, though, in a way, because it also reminds people just how good the basketball in Northwest Ohio is. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I'm not taking anything away from that, because obviously I think uh, our track record speaks for itself. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's just different teams. And it's like anything, you know, it's, you, you get outside of your comfort zone, you get outside of your area and you, you realize, Oh, you know, those guys are, they're, they're pretty talented too. And try to get some marquee players that, you know, are going to be, maybe fans are going to see what playing on TV in the future. And I just, you know, I think you hear some of those names of schools and players and it brings a different level of excitement, you know, something different, you know, doesn't happen very often, but you know, one time a year, we're going to have those types of schools coming into, you know, into Putnam County. And, you know, we try to get as many fans in there as possible. Well, I'm not sure if you've heard this, but I, I've heard the, the name Colin White come up a couple of times. I don't know if he's he's supposed to be any good. He does a couple things all right. You know, uh, he, the thing he does best is he's just a really good kid. And I think uh, sometimes that gets lost in the, in the big scheme of things. Uh, you know, he's 16 years old, 17 years old. And, uh, you know, he's, he's working hard. He does things the right way. And uh, he's got a phenomenal work ethic. And I think that's the one thing it's, you know, people talk about the success and they talk about, you know, uh, the college offers and things like that. But what they don't see is, 
you know, him and Terrence Sullivan in the gym at 5.30 in the morning. They don't see him in the weight room. They don't see him coming in on Saturdays and Sundays when nobody else is in the gym, you know, getting in working on his game. And, you know, sometimes I think people just think it, you know, it's just a natural athlete. Well, yeah, he's a natural athlete, but he's really worked on his game. And, uh, and I think he, he's destined for, you know, obviously a bright future. But, you know, I think he's just going to have one of those, you know, phenomenal years this year. And it's got to be great, too, because, you know, as a coach, you can say things. You you were a tremendous player in your own right, but maybe the kids don't want to listen to you, but they'll look at him and try to maybe emulate him or at least try to get somewhere near his level. Well, you know, I, I think, and if you ask, if you ask Colin, one of the things that's really helped his development this past year, you know, is obviously working on his game. You know, Karen Sullivan, former, you know, Bass Standout University All-American, uh, spends a lot of time training and working on working with those guys. And Taryn and I talk, you know, uh, quite a few times a week, you know, on what we need to do and where he needs to go and where he needs to improve. But Colin's in the gym about every day, and he's in the gym with Caden Erford. You know, so he's got his best buddy in there, and they're working and they're getting better, you know. You know, leadership is not about just, you know, individual, you know, to me, that's, that's being selfish. If you're just worried about yourself, you know, he's got other guys in the gym coming in there and that teaches our younger guys and now our younger guys are starting to see that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like that domino effect, but you're exactly right. You know, coaches, coaches can say a lot of things and, you know, really improve a lot of things. But when your team is led by players, you know, those are your most successful teams. The thing that's always struck me the biggest about him is kind of to piggyback what you were saying is how humble the kid is and that he may be one of the only athletes I've ever covered that after every interview or after every game walks by me, stops, shakes my hand, and says, thank you for covering our team. Yeah, He's, he's good. He, he's a great young man. And like I said, and that's not – there's nobody else around. And it's not like me telling him to go do that. That's not his mom and dad saying, hey, you need to go do this. You know, no, his dad wouldn't – his dad know, wouldn't just, tell him to say that to me. <laughs> that's just that's just who he is. And, you know, he gets it. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, you just – you pick up and you're you're happy that he does that. And you hope the other kids see, you know, that's that's the way you go about your business. That's the way you handle yourself. Well, I hope it all translates into a lot of success this year for you guys. Well, I, I appreciate it. We're looking forward to it. We've got a lot of kids that are hungry to, to get out there and have a lot of fun. That's a look at Titan basketball with head coach Tyson McLaughlin. We've got more in just a couple minutes. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, home of the Titan Burger, and if you're really hungry, the Cow Tipper. Tony's grounds their hamburger meat each day. Each patty is fresh and never frozen and not cooked until you order it. Don't forget to add some of the great sides like French fries, pickle fries, and their great breaded mushrooms. While you're there, you can't forget to get some of their great ice cream, ice cream treats, and frozen yogurt. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, making burger history since 1962. And finally, you can't do one of these previews if you don't get the most requested guest in the history of this podcast and the most frequent visitor to this podcast and Audible Boys head coach Keith Thutendorf. I mean, congratulations, I guess. You know, uh, I'm just flattered that somehow I would be the most requested. That was a very uh, interesting choice of words. So, uh, man, some people might like to hear my voice. That's the first time I've ever heard that uh, it might have in been my your, life. It might have been your wife so that you, she doesn't have to talk to you. That's very possible. It's very possible that that might have been who that was. I joke, and people people don't get that a lot. They say, why are you so hard on Keith? I said, because I actually like him. 
that's you know tough love, right? What are you gonna do? I mean, girls don't understand sometimes. So you give your, you give your buddies the the biggest amount of crap. But I really do, though. Obviously, I have a, a high regard for you. I wouldn't have you back on this show repeatedly if that were not true. We commiserate about uh, a lot of the same unfortunate sporting events that we're uh, parties to, and it, it's just it's cool for me to be able to to have a lot of coaches like you that are. Wow, now I'm going to be the guy who's blowing smoke that you're so knowledgeable about just kind of the things that everyone complains about. Yeah, we were able to share some things and, like you said, commiserate on uh, certain uh, sports teams and universities especially that uh, some things that we like and some things that we don't and, and why that is. And It's always fun talking shop. I, I'll talk shop with anybody and uh, you're obviously one of the top people I like talking shop with. I'm just happy to else. have another Carolina fan on this podcast because I found out recently that there are way too many Duke uh, fans that are coaches on this podcast. Well, you know what we can always say now is uh, 2022, uh, Duke went away, and they are no longer a rival <laughs> anymore. <laughs> we can say a lot of things. doesn't always make them true. But uh, speaking of rivalries, you've got uh, a couple of those during the course of your schedule. You start with one that has no rivalry to it whatsoever, other than, uh, I guess, Green and Commodores. I mean, you get kind of a, an interesting couple of weeks, though, I would imagine, in your camp because of the success of the boys getting back to regionals in soccer for a second year in a row and having 15 players that you had to wait on. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, uh Something that we've talked about at Audeville and uh, some of the success that we've had across different sports is you hope over the course of time it becomes part of your culture. And uh, and when that culture is successful and it feeds into the next one, into the next sport, into the next season, and uh, we're lucky to have kids that have bought into not only our culture but our school's culture and programs, our athletic programs, cultures uh, throughout the years. And... Um, I think we're reaping the benefits of it and hopefully we're giving back a little bit to the kids and, and providing them the opportunities to continue to get better and, and be successful. And, you know, we're hoping for another successful season uh, ahead of us, whatever that means. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, to be determined, but uh, yeah, you talk about our soccer team's success and what a great run. And uh, I was there at the regional finals and man, I thought we had it. Um, would have been really cool for those kids uh, to get to the state, but you know we talk about what a tremendous accomplishment they've done. Uh, they've the seasons that they've had over the last couple of years, especially. Um, we hope that we can uh, have a degree of success as well uh, because of those uh, different success stories. When you look at the way your team is, and we joke about this, that it feels like you've recruited every boy who goes to Audible High School right now, but is that just a, a, a kind of a, a byproduct of, of success? Like you were saying that you're able to get such good numbers now continually, especially when you consider the percentage of the, the kids that go to the school that are now a part of your program this year. Yeah. You know, we've had, you know, a credit to our kids and our parents and the community overall. I mean, we've had great numbers, uh, every year since that, uh, since I've gotten there and 
Uh, it starts with that first class that bought into what we were trying to sell uh, when uh, when I got there now six years ago. And um, I think it's continued to build because of that with each uh, ongoing class. And we're, we're blessed to have 24 kids right now in the program and have some freshman games again. And, uh, you know, 24 kids, I think our OHSAA count with the competitive balance situation is 51. Yep. Um, so, you know, 24 kids, I'm thinking, uh, we've probably got, I think around 60, 62 at most freshmen through senior boys at most. Um, and so we're pretty proud that about a third of our kids want to give basketball a try for another year and, uh, continue to improve and, and work their, their tails off and, Honestly, that's all we're asking for, and they've done it uh, every year that I've been here. So we're really proud that we can at least say that above all else. You get a couple of scrimmages in the uh, now about 11, 10, 11 days before you get started as we tape this, before you get Perry, and then you start your back-to-backs and you add in random Tuesdays kind of as you go along for the first couple of weeks. But what is it about this team that when this season starts, November 26th, you hope that you're working on right now that pays off then? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to start with a little bit of late, but you mentioned our schedule ahead of us, and Antwerp is having tremendous success in football, and we'll be playing, you know, another weekend closer to basketball, and Grove is doing the same thing, and those schools have uh, a lot of accomplishments in their fall seasons and a lot to be proud of there, and because of that, there's a little bit of limbo yet. For another weekend and who we're going to play and when but um you know again when you're playing quality programs like that our kids know what's what's ahead of them and the challenges that will be there um we're excited about hopefully meeting them and and uh approaching each one of them as an opportunity to improve and uh we're uh we're excited about kind of where we're at and we had to do it last year too uh we had an abbreviated season with our Soccer, soccer team success again. And so we're beginning to kind of figure out how we need to go about it. It requires a lot of patience, which my wife will tell you I have a tremendously minuscule amount uh, of. But um, yeah, we've, uh, we've got a couple of scrimmages against really quality teams and quality opponents too that will help us get ready for the schedule that we have ahead of us. And uh, we're just going to take it day by day and continue to put together what – we feel like we need to do to be competitive enough early um, and then continue to grow and improve throughout the year. Basketball is a four-month sport, and uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, last year our guys continued to get better, continued to buy in, and we were okay at the beginning of the year. We had a lot of, you know, successes. Things continued, and I thought we improved from beginning to end and played some of our better basketball at the end, and that's all you can ask, and that's kind of what we're trying to establish and put together as we uh, begin this season, too. You've got a couple of quirky things in your schedule, and that from uh, when you played Elvis Jefferson, Lincoln View, Paulding, Van Wert, Minster are all home games in a kind of a five-game span right in the middle, but unlike a lot of teams, you guys don't really get that big block of away games. The most amount that you have is you get four – uh, well, three in a row, and you're away five of your first six, but 
I mean, outside of that, it kind of broke out nicely to where a lot of these big games where you go to other places and have great student sections, they're at your place this year. Yeah, you know, and obviously, you know, the schedule is rotated. We, we've put together, you know, a quality uh, schedule that I feel like is one of the better schedules in Division Four uh, in the state. And um, because of that, you know, you're going to play in a lot of cool places and challenging places. And, yeah, with New Bremen probably moving to later into January as we're kind of uh, getting that finalized here at this point uh, right now today. Um, yeah, it, it makes it very interesting. Uh, some of our parents and community members have always kind of saw the big lump of away or home games uh, kind of at the beginning of the year, depending on the year. Uh, this year, it kind of got broken up a little bit because of <laughs> that uh, scenario of games possibly being moved. And um, we're excited about, you know, the opportunities that we'll have at different places. Um, we go to a lot of cool places and um, we'll see. We'll see how everything shakes out. But uh, yeah, our schedule, we feel, will prepare us for some of the goals that we have ahead of us. And uh, that's all you can ask out of the schedule. So, With the exception of Columbus Grove, as it stands right this second, you're supposed to play them December 2nd. However, I would think that a win this weekend would change that, uh, moving that somewhere else, maybe into January. You have a, a six out of nine game stretch where you play almost all of your PCL opponents. Is that happened before? Or is that just, it just looks weird to me because you go two PCL games, non-league, three PCL games, a non-league, and then finish at Lipsick. Yeah, you know, the, the interesting part, like the PCL schedule really doesn't change. Um, you know, I've been coaching the PCL now of my 15 years as a varsity coach of some sort as an assistant or a head coach at three different schools, <laughs> the schedule has never changed. Uh, it's pretty well tailored uh, to the weekend and the days and, and those things haven't changed. So we always know we have that block in January and early February where most of our games are going to, you know, kind of come through that stretch. Uh, and because of that, you know, we've had to schedule some different non-conference games for us because of our, lack of what other PCL teams like Lipsick and Grove and Pandora being in two different leagues uh, have to deal with. And so uh, our December, unfortunately, probably over the course of different <clears throat> teams, whether they have dropped us or uh, we've had to have some schedule changes and whatnot over the last three or four years, we've had to really kind of <laughs> stockpile a, b- a bunch of games in December uh, to kind of accommodate some of the teams that we've had to put on. So, unfortunately, that means that we've played, like, before New Bremen moved, we had 13 games between the Friday of Thanksgiving and uh, December 30th. We have 13 games. So, over half of our season is done January 1st. Now, that'll change, and it'll just be just over half. Yeah, it's 12 right probably now. Probably 12. <laughs> but, you know, that's still... It's quite a gauntlet at the beginning of the year. And we've approached it, you know, as a, as a challenge for our kids, especially with the abbreviated season that we had or preparation preseason, I should say, uh, last year. And we'll have the same thing this year. You know, it's, it's a challenge. And we're not going to be playing our best basketball, we don't think, in the middle of December. But 
we want to be competitive and our kids are going to do everything to do to, to be that. But yeah, our schedule is, uh, is pretty challenging early. And then, you know, you talk about the PCL and, and those games in that block of, of time after January. And obviously the PCL's, uh, history and, and, uh, tradition is, is pretty darn strong. So yeah, our schedule is, uh, is daunting when you look at it, uh, from a holistic standpoint, but we just talk about our kids approaching each game as an opportunity. And they, they, they know we've had this situation for about three or four years now where we've played a lot of games early in the season. So they know how to approach it. We know how to kind of try to manage it early on and, and then hopefully get to playing our best basketball when we get a play those league games in January and February. So that's just kind of how we'll approach it. And our kids are really great about uh, being patient with the process too. When you look at your team right now, kind of as an on paper looking forward thing, I'm going to start where everyone else is going to start when they start scouting you about Kellen Slagbaum. How, how do you best maximize his talent and be able to sort of keep teams from keying in on him to he's a, a terrific creator first of all but to be able to sort of lead your offense while maybe not being able to be your offensive leader if that makes sense yeah I think Kellen's you know we've been we've obviously been blessed and I'm sure a lot of our opponents have have uh you know earmarked us for the last three or four years so we've had tremendous guard play for the six years that I've been here and and Kellen's just another one in the in the in the lineage, I guess, that we've had. Uh, all of them are different. Obviously, Will just graduated. Josh before you know him, and Nick Mormon before him, and we've had some different you know point guards that have have really been an asset and, and something that we've uh, been very blessed to have. And uh, you know, obviously, yeah, everything's going to start and begin with preparation from other people uh, with how they're going to contain and guard. Kellen and you know this year I think what's optimistic is he's a true point guard and he's going to get people involved um, and when it's time for him to, to kind of get his if he, if, if he needs to given the situation uh, he's done it before and is very capable so you know we're happy obviously and, and blessed to have him kind of lead the show but the one thing that we're really excited about is just the different collection of of other players that we have. I, I really feel like and we've had this, like I've said, since I've been there, there's such a cohesion with these guys. You know, you talk about the communities and, you know, literally they live together. You know, a lot of them are literally hanging out um, for probably, I'd venture to say, 12 to 14 hours a day, whether it's at school or at practice. And then after practice, I know they get together all the time. And this is probably as close of a group, I think that we've had. And that's saying something because we've had really, really connected and close groups um, over the course of uh, the six years that, that we've been here. And um, we're excited about the potential for some of the guys that we have there. We, we feel like we're pretty deep with guys that can contribute. The biggest thing that we're trying to uh, develop right now is understanding roles, how people can, can contribute and so fitting that around not only Kellen but just the other guys how how the puzzle pieces fit together is the fun and exciting part there's some growing pains there and trying to figure that stuff out 
but um, yeah, we're we're excited. Obviously, not only for Kellen, but for the rest of our guys that are coming back because we have, I think, more guys coming back than people realize and that have contributed. And so we're excited about the guys that are that are coming back and and what we can kind of piece together by the time uh, the tournament season rolls around in in late February, early March. When you look at Putnam County League outside of yourselves, who do you expect to be at or near the top of the, when the year is over? Yeah, I mean, I think you start and end with, uh, well, maybe not end, but I think you got to start uh, with who was at the top last year with Pandora. Obviously, the two, uh, the Harris twins are back, and their JV team was very successful, and, and some of the other varsity kids that they had are, are going to be improved, and, and they're going to be a quality opponent that uh, everyone in the league will have to contend with um, throughout the year. And, you, you know, you go down the list. Again, we've talked about the, the legacy and tradition of the PCL. There is no night off in the PCL. And, you know, outside of Pandora, as far as at the top, I mean, Kaleida's always going to be there with what Coach Stechley does and, and uh, the program that they have there and the kids that they have there. Uh, Grove is going to always bring the athletes and, and the program tradition and success that they've had. Um, and then obviously some of the other schools are, are some of the schools um, that are, are more local to us with Fort Jennings and Continental and Miller City, I think, is going to be vastly improved. Those other teams are, are bringing back key pieces that I think the league's going to be, again, it's, it's going to be a, a tough league to try to win with one loss or less, I, I really see a scenario where there's going to be a few teams that potentially could tie again for the, the top of the league. But um, there's some really good b- basketball programs and coaches. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, Pandora, Kaleida, Grove, I see as, as early favorites. And um, as the course in Miller City is somebody that can very much challenge in those situations as well. And, is probably excited with the returners that they have coming back. Um, and so I think those are probably the top ones, and, and we'll see where we fit. I, again, I really like our group. We talked about that. And we're going to be getting a late start, but <clears throat> we hope we can factor into somewhere and, and have the opportunity to uh, compete for the top of the league as well. Well, I thank you, and I look forward to at least covering a handful of your team's games this year. Oh, I would hope so. I would expect so. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I think I, I've got a couple. <laughs> That's good. We'll always enjoy having you. Though well, I've, I've, heard, I've heard several things like, I have a tab that I have to pick up for you. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, check well, the mail. Yeah, for whatever else, you know, I, I there's some things that, probably just need to get ironed out so that might require you to show up i found out there's no barbecue at games anymore so uh that guy's kind of busy so apparently i have to either bring my own food or just start charging your name at the concession stand i'm not sure if they'll uh i mean you can certainly try to do that i said we're not aware of that person (laughs) i don't doubt that at all i don't doubt they said please get your money or please go away they were very nice about it yeah that's yeah that's that's it i'm in i'm out yeah i don't i don't know so again i appreciate you as always and and you as uh, always appreciate you and and uh, looking forward to 
maybe even calling some games with you uh, alongside and, and uh, yeah, having you be around. And we always appreciate you. I'll have my people talk to your people. That's perfect. That's the head coach of the Big Green and Keith Zutendorf back to wrap this thing up when we'll I come back here in just a couple of minutes. The Geneva Creamery and Market at 207 Main Street in Gilboa. Stop in and check out their selection of cheeses, milled flour, farm fresh eggs, as well as fresh milk and ice cream. That's the Geneva Creamery and Market in Gilboa. 419-456-1801. Wow. So a lot of things to uh, kind of gather together there. I hope you enjoyed this show. Thank you again to Corey Stevens, Kurt Gottemiller, Kevin Sensabaugh, Corey Britton, Ross Kaufman, Ryan Sexholdy, Nick Fisher, Mike McClurg, Mike Lee, Matt Tabler, Jason Vermillion, Frank Kill, Keith Utendorf, Eric Rosenbeck, Doug Billman, Chris Sauter, Brett Hammonds, Aaron Ower, and Tyson McLaughlin for uh, spending some time with me and talking about their teams. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Please hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think, and uh, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're almost at Christmas. It's okay to put your tree and your lights up now. And apparently, I'm told in my house, the answer to the cranberry question is a canned and not the real cranberry sauce. I don't need it. I don't know. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that as well. Have a good one. Thank you for listening again. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.